Welcome back, guys. Three fucking weeks, man. It's been three, much needed. <clears throat> much needed three weeks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just been, you know, laying around jacking it for three weeks solid. My dick's a little rub raw, but that's that's fine. I don't have to jack it. I have someone to jack it for no, me. No, let's be fucking honest, okay? The real reason that we took three weeks off is because devastating loss of Bernard Hopkins. I couldn't podcast. I needed a month off. I told the just guys, hey, I told the guys, hey, hey. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I can't do this right now. It's Listen. too emotional. It was too devastating to see that happen to be hop. So we took some break. So let's uh, listen up. Scoop close to your host with the most. Chris Smith as he boasts. We toast as we roast. Any little problem and we'll fix it in post. Playing devil's advocate as he hits you with jokes. Who can it be sitting next to me? Adney, your baby's dad and he spitting comedy. Magically scoring out your comic book. Wannabes, you're gonna be hit with a hook or turn your face into a tragedy. Steve B with the chemistry. Dropping recipes and melodies. Restlessly, especially using dark humor as weaponry. Mentally haunting all your dirty thoughts like an entity No empathy, just credibility Discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, destiny Felonies, industry, jealousy, memories Parentheses, tendencies, therapy, heavily Bernard Hopkins, you're so cool to me Don't worry, even if you're not like by Adney Bernard Hopkins, still cool to me Yeah, nothing affects his legacy, Adney Welcome, 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 welcome It's been a while, Alkies This is the Alcoholic Cast. We are your hosts. I am Chris Smith. To my right, I got Dr. Dadney. PhD, and to the and given the D. <laughs> given the T. And to the left. Stevie August Borghese. We are back. It took us a while. We had to take a little bit of time off. Regroup. Regather. And now we're coming at you hot. And we got with some rules. 2016 best ups. Yeah, and we got some uh, 2017 <laughs> new, new, uh, new rules for 2017. I'm not so, sure if you guys noticed. The first rule is everybody. Still love everybody. That's a good one. I, I really like okay, that. Okay, okay. Well, second one, two, never assume one's gender. I, you know, I gotta never say, I'm, you're gonna have to. We're so I gotta agree. I'm about. I gotta about agree. It. Our rules have gotten never <laughs> or species for that matter. <laughs> never <laughs> assume a species. You know, Absolutely there's trans right. species people. There's people out there that identify right. with and uh, never an assume oh, yeah. someone's ha- handy capableness. If they're walking around, doesn't mean their legs work. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I saw that. It was a thing. <laughs> people, I saw uh, a normal guy parking the handicap spot. I tried to give him some shit. He came out limping, so I mean, never assume that. You know what I mean? Why so, you gotta fuck with the handicaps? Cause yeah, Stevie's making actual <laughs> handicap jokes. <laughs> Tom Segura makes handicap jokes. Handicap jokes right? Yeah, but his somebody hit him right up too about making handicap hey, jokes. Stevie differently abled. <laughs> he Please. was talking about doing a whole bit. Please, different strokes for different retarded. folks. All right. Takes different strokes. It takes. Stevie, how we starting? Let's start it off hot. Let's go with some current events real quick, and let's knock out some current events. How about, uh, since we haven't been able to talk in three fucking weeks or whatever, how about uh, Carrie Fisher's day? Yeah. That, that's kind of lame. And then her mom died the day after. Well, how about this? <laughs> how about this? It's a fucking miracle she lived this long. <laughs> okay. I've been a huge fan of Carrie Fisher, obviously, my whole life, because I was a Star Wars fan. But also, I remember a few years ago when she did her one-woman show, she did, like, the whole show barefoot, and she did tell about her crazy life story and all her crazy fucking adventures. She had a one-woman show? Yeah, dude, oh, it was know. fucking good. She was hilarious. Like, on stage? Like, she yeah. would go on tour and stuff? Okay. Yeah, like, Mike Tyson's whole one-man yeah, one oh, cool. show. Like, it was just like that. It was just getting in-deep about her life and her drug addiction and her fucking alcohol addiction and her, all her fucking actual mental problems that she had to deal with. Fucking, like... 
all this crazy shit, and it was so charming and fascinating. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to see it. I kind of want to see like, it. Did they like, tape it or anything? Do all of that. And there, this fucking, she was famous from, like, the time she was born. So, like, she had that crazy weird life. And even, even after, like, she was always high on Star Wars. She was fucking fucked up out of her mind making those movies and every other movie after that. I mean, you got to be when you're chained up to Jabba. Many people, <laughs> many people would have died. Somehow she fucking kept going. She had the heart of a fucking lion. Anuka, anuka, more coca, coca. Such a champ. She's such a champ. Such a It didn't really champ. affect me too much, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, like, let's eh, be honest. Whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, I didn't really, like, uh, go into Carrie Fisher or anything like that. I didn't, like, figure out. She was a famous uh, script doctor, you know, so. too, by the way. She would always yeah. come in and, like, help rewrite scripts. She was what? hella good at it. I didn't know that. Yeah, you could, like, look up her fucking, like, like resume. It's, like, insane, apparently. Like, it's just, oh, wow. like, she just kept coming in. Like, ah, it's not how you write a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, her like, her best role, I'm going to throw it out there, James Hellebob Strike Back. Sorry, the nun. that's her best good. role. She's pretty good as oh, the nun shit. in the car. All right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> pretty good scene. I'm just gonna say that the Bessie. <laughs> or, the Bessie. or her quick cameo in Scream Three, where she played an actress that looks like Carrie Fisher, <laughs> and, <laughs> and talked shit on Carrie Fisher, saying she only got the part because she fucked George. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> she made that joke on a speech once. <laughs> a super meta. Fucking so goddamn funny. Her I love when uh, she's cool. like. You know the book? I live my life by it. <laughs> Dude, that's my favorite part ever. What? This bitch is like, they, Jane Sabah Benson, they think she's fucking crazy. She's damn. She's down for the fucking she roadhead. The yeah, they think All right. They, they think she's talking about the unwritten book of the road yeah. that states you should blow people who give you rides. <laughs> Written she, in the movie by George Carlin, right? He's the one that created the unwritten book of the road. Yeah, it was George Carlin. And then we have another one. The Golden Globes just happened. The worst award show <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't know if it's the worst. I, I honestly think the don't MTV Movie Awards is the worst of them. That's uh, fair. Followed closely by the Teen Choice Awards. The VMA. <laughs> the VMAs are pretty bad. by the Horror Awards or something. I heard that was the thing. Horror Award. Also followed by like uh, the yeah, Comedy Awards. <laughs> that was just silly. <laughs> <laughs> But if you take comedy, but, but, if comedy is taken seriously, then it's not comedy. It's not comedy award. <laughs> but, okay, so as pretentious as the Academy Awards are, the Golden Globes are even more pretentious. God. I feel like because it's, like, just actors giving actors awards instead of, like, It's not who, fans Golden or anything. Golden Globes yeah. is, like, a spinoff prequel of a movie. You know, you're like, eh, I'm not going to see it. I feel like the Golden <laughs> Globes is for all the people that aren't going to win an Oscar. They're like, oh, so we had to make an award show for uh, all these people it's who, <laughs> like, because there's no way. It's the participation uh, trophy of movie exactly, making. <laughs> exactly. Like, Denzel got beat out by some fucking dude, and I can't remember his fucking name off the top of my head, but, but Denzel got beat out in Fences, who played a phenomenal fucking role, got beat out by this other guy, I can't remember, who didn't do much, and what I was told or what I've been hearing is basically it's because Denzel's probably gonna win a bigger award, like let's say an Oscar or, or or whatever. For all I gotta role, say is Training so. Day. That's it. That's the only excuse. That's the only argument I can um, ever say. How about John Q. Hurricane? <laughs> <Okay. laughs> all right. God, glory. How about that? Yeah, oh, Malcolm yeah. X. How about his entire fucking resume? Yeah, how about sorry. they Malcolm couldn't? X they couldn't good. fucking all of the fucking actors and the presenters and whatnot. They couldn't fucking get the two fucking movies and like separate them. It was hidden figures. And fences. Those were the two really big. You just kept saying hidden fences. Yeah, they kept. <laughs> fucking like everyone was saying hidden fences. Time out, Chris. Did you watch the Golden Globes? Like the whole. No, thing? I didn't. I I skimmed over the Golden. Globes. I didn't see anything of it. 
<laughs> it's because I listened to that Rappaport cast too, and he was talking about it. He he listened to the whole. He Hidden the Fences. Whole that's a fucking Hidden movie. That's what about Alcatraz, like dude. Because not Alcatraz. It's uh, since we're planning on doing an Oscars episode again this year. I haven't been paying attention to any of this. Shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. I just, Golden Globes doesn't mean anything. I can't remember the one that won everything. What was it like? Uh, Hidden Fences sounds like Auschwitz or Treblinka. One Moonlight. Of the fucking, you know is, that what, is that a new one? That's Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. that's the one with the gay black kid. Apparently, or Moonlight's great. It's supposed or to be something. innocent. Yeah, people were like, freaking out about it. There's like a lot of uh, Christian rat. We're gonna have to He's like fucking black guys like being gay on <laughs> film. <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's a, it's a black guy who's like who's coming to terms with the fact that he is he's having these thoughts. Homosexual urges. And yet everyone's like, This is against the Bible. You don't be going to that movie, this fucking nigger's over here. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, calm down with the hard R, bro, all right? Dude, mm-hmm. Like we're gonna have Just to you're like, Republican. Like right the week, like the when we do the out, we're gonna have to cram every one of these fucking Oscar bait movies in one week, so we can judge the Oscars for how their poor decisions. That's are. why everyone get fucked up the name because they all tried to cram all their Probably, shitty movies yeah. at the Golden Globes. Hidden fences. Hidden fences. Hidden fences. <laughs> yeah, because they all get because they get a packet of the movies they're supposed to watch, and they procrastinate just like any of us, <laughs> and they wait until the fucking night before to cram it all in, and they also all the movies blend together for these motherfucking yeah. voters. But there was one little shine of light throughout the globes that I want to speak upon and that is Donald Glover getting that nomination and winning not one but two awards he won best TV um, series comedy best comedic best comedic TV series and he also won best lead role in a TV series so, so good awesome. for in a TV series Glover. period not not a comedy uh, sorry series? you're right in a comedy TV series yeah there's always those fucking specifications on all the awards but yeah so he won two Golden Globes had to give it up to him and he gave one of them to his brother Steve G. Lover because I guess his brother was a really really big part on this who doesn't get nearly as much credit is what pretty much uh, Don Glover was saying so shout out to Don Glover once again we all know that we are huge fucking fans of Danny G aka Childish Cambino aka a DJ. Don't do all this fun. AKA Triple G. I love it. It's okay. We, we okay. can't do an eight hour episode. You're right. You're right. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about over that, like, uh, was like an. Like a cloud over all of the Golden Globes. The worst part of the thing? Was Meryl Streep's <laughs> speech. Now, everyone's talking about how it was so great. You have all these. And then what's happening is you're getting a divide. Okay, so the, all the people that are really enjoying it are usually people in, like, let's say, Hollywood or Vegas. No, okay, she, she, or these big no, liberal she, hold areas. Hold on, Chris. Hold on, Chris. No, let's be a little more blunt these here. These gay liberal areas. That's what no, you let's, just let's said. I did not say nope, that. Let's I'm be a... more liberal. We have, like, a, like, like um, everyone who call, or self-proclaimed liberals love everything about the speech because it was, like, shitting on Donald Trump and saying how... And just basically that. Like, that's what her main point was. And like, yeah, it in, was just bad. And, and in fighting that. for the press. And that's the thing that I liked about the speech was that she talked about how important uh, the press and freedom of the press. And the president-elect has openly talked about, fuck freedom of the press. That's and true. And, like, yeah. I want to silence motherfuckers that criticize me. And you shouldn't be able to criticize political leaders. And that's a horrible dictatorship type of thing to do. But the problem is, is that she was one of the most smug, just self-righteous fucking and kinds of arrogant. Speeches. It was it a was George like, Cooney speech. It was the George. She Cooney. literally. It right. was. It was so fucking like self-important, dude. It mm. was. It was really fucking annoying the way like she was so. 
like she made it seem like Hollywood, just like Stevie said, like George Clooney did when he gave his acceptance speech of like Hollywood is so important. And he she tried to make it seem like us as actors were as important as the press, which you're not. Exactly. Like real journalists, real journalists who go and, and risk their fucking careers and their fucking lives in order to get the real truth out there. That's more important than you acting in a movie. And although I love movies and I think that a lot of movies are important and they really shape the way the social consciousness is going at the time – you're not as important as the press. Stop making yourself seem like the most important thing in the fucking world. And, of course, the most annoying fucking thing with her pretentious fucking voice. She went and said, if you get rid of all the foreigners, which, nice sentiment. Hey, I got like the you, quote. I got you, the quote. Like, I got, no, I, I got, got the quote. quote. <laughs> no, let me take this, Chris. I remembered it by heart. <laughs> Here's the thing. is like, yeah, we don't want to get rid of the foreigners. I understand that sentiment of you wanting not to kick people out of the country. I, you not wanting to. I like that. Like, don't kick people out. With you there. But where she goes fucking Before nutty. you go on this, I wanted to say that, Jim, back to your point about um, how uh, actors aren't, like, the biggest, like, uh, Hollywood isn't the center that's driving the force or whatever that's driving everything. Jim Norton had a great quote, and he said, stop overrating the importance of entertainment. And I think that was a great fucking That quote. is a fucking, and I think what's important when you said about journalists, like, look at, look at journalist companies like Drone, who send people to, like, see El Chingon. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like cocaine parties. And what was the speech about? Deep, deep cut. That's a fucking speech was Bill Hader. So she starts off like, okay, so if you kick every all the foreigners out, and then all you'll have left to entertain you is football and mixed martial arts, which is not the arts. And then everybody is all, yeah. They're not everybody the arts. Was, We're the arts. Oh. We're so important. It was such Hollywood sucking <laughs> Hollywood's dick. And it's like, <laughs> like but then you, it clipped over to Vince Vaughn and uh, who was it? Vince Vaughn and like Russell Crowe. And they were both like kind of shaking their head, kind of like stoic face. Like they didn't. They're like, how it. dare you? Yeah. Like, why did, like, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Not only because I'm a fucking combat sports fan, but because I'm a sports fan in general. I also like football. And, like, the fact that she picked sports to shit on didn't really make sense. Yeah. Like, I think a much better target for her would have been reality TV. Yeah. Because they're basically shitting on what TV and movies are. It's like, okay, we're going to write a thing and we're going to have people act and we're going to do this for entertainment to send a message. And reality TV is like, ah, now we'll just throw a camera a bunch of drunk people and then we'll just do craziness mm-hmm. and it's getting better ratings than you. And that's such a more trash thing. That's a, such trash entertainment that she could have shit on that and said, if you get rid of all the foreigners, all you're left with is a bunch of douchebags and gold chains getting drunk in a reality TV show. She could have said that she and sent a way better message, yeah. had way more people on her side. Because right now she's just catering to her closest knit friends, like her, her 20 friends who don't don't watch sports and are like, oh my god, yeah, we're so important with our fucking stupid fucking. Those aren't, and the fact that you say the arts, go fuck yourself. Oh I yeah, hate oh yeah, that. you're an actor, so it's so artistic. Like be, pretending to be someone is more of an art form than learning, let's say, boxing or learning jujitsu or learning these combat combative sports where you're putting yourself in harm every fucking day of concussions or or broken bones or whatever it might or be. Or death. But you get <laughs> in front of a or death. But you get in death. front of a screen, you portray somebody, and that makes you more important or whatever. Like That's you people have garbage. won awards pretending to be the fucking sports figures you're making fun of right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, you got awards for pretending to be the people who actually live that shit. Fuck you. Robert De Niro's best movie uh-huh. rating bowl. Uh-huh. Fuck and, you. And Trevor, Noah, I think, <laughs> Trevor Noah brought up a great point. He said, you don't have to make your point by shitting on someone yes. else's thing. And that's just so, like, I'm she, was, she had a like great yeah. speech. <laughs> she was going. So it was like okay. Trevor like, I wasn't 
um, like hating it or really enjoying it, it was all okay. But then she had to keep like Trigger, bringing Chris up, got trigger warning. Yeah. Yeah. The she whole had to world keep like making it a be like about like Hollywood has to push, tweet. has yeah. to push society forward, and it's up to us in this room to make society better as a whole. And it's like. Well, really, no, it's not. It's up to society as a whole to make society better, yeah, not right. the fucking elite white women in fucking Hollywood <laughs> that have no perspective on what's going on outside of fucking LA. Well, kind of what it's like to struggle in general as a foreigner. Like, she's not, she, it's like, it's the whole stand in fucking, uh, well, I don't know about thing. Like, like, I'm not mad at her for, like, saying, like, for not in that, that angle. Like, it's not, oh, you're white, so you can't stand up for something. No, that's not. I'm, no, what I'm what I'm upset is that, like, she made it seem like only actors can do something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, only it's like, Hollywood. no, she, she could have, like, like Leonardo DiCaprio, when he gave his whole fucking, like, he had a, he could have given a speech, but he decided to talk about climate change. Right. He didn't address only actors and writers and directors. He addressed the everyone world. in the country. Like, we all need, we can all be part of, we all, that's what it takes is everyone, not just us in fucking movies. And she did, she's like, she narrowed it down to just actors. We're super important. We're super Only we can important. do things. We're the best at things. <laughs> we know things. Like, you know who you sound like. Right? <laughs> she dropped it up. She did. That's hella good, dude. Full and, circle. I think, and I think, okay, so, um, and she is a fine actress, and I think uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Joe, is she? I can't fucking hear this. Is she? I haven't seen one Meryl Streep movie. Oh, Not really? one. Are you kidding me? Never Fuck seen The Deer Hunter? No. What wow. about because she isn't that great of an actor? Series so I went series out of my way to events. watch. Series of Marlon Brando. All I could name you, ten to twelve to thirty fucking actors that I have gone out of my way and I have watched their films because I have heard how great and acclaimed that they are. Yet I haven't heard shit about Meryl Streep until she goes on this speech and oh, then no, everybody I've, starts oh, criticizing. Yeah, like, I've heard endless praise about her my whole life. But uh, what, I was, what I was trying to say was that like Joe Rogan. Series events though. Come on, she's good in that. She, she's the aunt, the weird one with that has like the weird obsession. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good fucking actress in that movie. I, 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 think, I think she's done no. one too. I, I, think, I, one, I, yeah. I definitely think she's a good actress. That doesn't mean she's qualified to say shit like she said. Uh, I think Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan tweeted about yeah. it. I think he said the best thing I've heard anyone say. I heard Bill Burr trash her. I heard a bunch of people like people, people trashing her. And I think that uh, Joe Rogan had like the most logical, yeah, clear-headed sure. thing to say of anybody, of any of us. And here's a guy whose life is mixed martial arts, and it's like he didn't feel attacked. He was, yeah. all he said was, "Do you have the tweet? I, I can no, grab you can it. bring it up. Go ahead. You'll, you can I'm gonna bring it up." This. And also, Dad, Doc brought up uh, Dak brought up a good fucking point too. She was like, "The arts, Hollywood. That's only that's been around for like a shorter amount of time than most artistic forms of entertainment." Yeah. She was like, "That's how is that even? How can you even say that? Oh, this is the best thing in the world." Well, no, we've had plays forever. We have a look at Shakespeare. Look at the Coliseum was we, literally combative. We, we've been <laughs> fucking sports. <laughs> This thing known to fucking men. It was with Rome and the rise well, of actually, fucking fall. Uh, no, and actually, yeah, the actually, Roman actually, Empire. No, exactly. Hold on, time out. We're gonna go a little farther back. Farther, farther back than Greek that. Mythology. The Olympics. Yeah, Greek, Greek mythology. The Olympic yeah, games, games were started where guys would fu- pugilism. The word pugilism comes from this time period where people would put leather around their hands and punch each other during funeral games, yep. as well as wrestling. Greek or Roman it, wrestling. In the, in, but in okay. the Iliad, sorry, in the Iliad, even in the book, it's it shows that it's a funeral and they're boxing, they're doing chariot racing, everything. And this is supposed to be the oldest fucking literature in Western right. civilization. That right there proves exactly. combat was sports. Was there plays in it? The Iliad was like basically the first play and it was about combat sports. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> Meryl's a listener too. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's listening. I like it that we're lighting her up without being mean. Like, we're not telling her, we're not saying no. she's dumb or anything. We're just kind of like, 
you know. But anyways, I uh, like Meryl. Uh, I do. I, 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 I'm, I, indifferent. I, I, I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. I, I, I think she's fun to watch. I mean, she's not like a fucking uh, Rosie O'Donnell or Matt Damon who think they they oh, yeah, know about politics. Or I, I mean, I mean, give I it mean. to Matt Damon. He did make Good Will Hunting, but <laughs> okay. I mean, Elysium was a pretty sweet movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is what Joe Rogan said. I'm sure Meryl Streep is a very nice woman who has never had the beauty of MMA fully explained to her by someone who truly appreciates it. It was so that good. simple. Yeah, that simple so is like, and that's something that like I believe forever is that like everyone, everyone in the fucking planet is deep down a huge fan of combat sports. They just need someone who is articulate, passionate, and knowledgeable about it to introduce them and get them into it. Like everyone like I've met who I've actually got to talk to about it, they've gotten into a combat, even boxing or MMA, both of them at the same fucking time. Everyone could be a fan of both. They just have to be kind of introduced to it. I mean, even like people, like I've, I've used this analogy before on the podcast. Okay, if you're at the park and a bunch of people are playing football, a bunch of people are playing basketball, a bunch of people are playing tennis, Oh. You're going to sit there and all of a sudden a fight breaks out by the water fountains. Where are you going to run to to watch? The, the fight. fight. The fight. Also, Meryl Streep. World star. <laughs> I know, like, like Meryl, Miss Meryl Streep. Okay. Uh, I, know, I know you think that, okay, it's barbaric or whatever you think. You don't think that it's artistic. I, okay. <laughs> not but, artistic. Go look at that Oma plot to rear naked choke from McKenzie Dern and tell me that's not artistic. Go on JRE and talk to him. But, uh, that would be amazing. Hey, I've been listening cast. to fight. Uh, what's it called the fight? fight, 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 fight I, was, I was even listening to that. Hold on. All over Hold on. So uh, if like even though she's like clearly against that kind of thing, but if on inauguration day, when President Obama is basically stepping down, so President Elect Trump can step into office, if out of nowhere. President Obama started serving that motherfucker one-two combos. <laughs> Guarantee she's gonna jump out of her fucking seat and start screaming and cheering. <laughs> Seriously, <gonna> fucking <laughs> love it. Cause it's visceral and exciting. Oh, that's a good one. Speaking of uh, inauguration day, Adney, I-, I thought about writing a song that sort of encapsulates, you know, 2016. But I was like, nah, fuck that. I want to write a part two to something that I wrote a little while ago. What is this, Doctor Dave part two? Nope. <laughs> No, who else got a fucking Smith Morrison? Anybody else? Uh, uh, this, Trump? This is... Trump? <laughs> this is part two to oh, my, my classic song. This is part Guaranteed two. Guaranteed Trump has had so many fucking abortions. <laughs> like, you don't go three divorces with no abortions. Oh, no, like, he's got mad abortions. This is, if he's anything like Newt Gingrich, he's, <laughs> at, he's <laughs> had five fucking abortions. This is part two from my song Imaginary Friend that I wrote about Trump and Hitler. Mm, but okay. this one is actually called it's called a briefing because it's really just Obama briefing Trump so oh, it's, okay. it's, uh, welcome to the White House president-elect glad you can make it to this very special meeting Soon you will lead the freest nation, which comes with the obligation of keeping the secrets that you hear during this private briefing. (laughs) (laughs) Why, thank you for having me here, President. (laughs) (laughs) Why, thank you for having me here. 
President-elect still feels surreal. <laughs> but Barry, I assure I'm ready to hear the government agenda. And if I could please make one thing clear, you've done great these past eight years, and I'm impressed by your success, despite you being born in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> And you, the people, must confide. So please don't try to run and hide. I know you're curious, but this is serious and extremely classified. Well, this whole thing seems super awesome. President Obama bin Laden. <laughs> Count on me. I won't even send a tweet. Or loose lips won't be a problem. Just tell me, was 9-11 an inside job? President-elect, of course it was. I knew it, I already proved it, just from the way the buildings dropped. <laughs> Did we take out John F. Kennedy? Yes, he was a giant liability. Well, that's two for two, both of those I knew. Honestly, not really that shocked. <laughs> what about UFOs? America is the hive for terrestrials. Without them, we are surely doomed to fail. I knew that one as well. What about all those chemtrails? That's a joke. Don't believe that hoax. You both know that those aren't real. <laughs> oh, shots fired. That's the end of it. I figured you uh, <laughs> Everything, every conspiracy theory is true. I was going to put something about flat earthers being true, and then like, Kim Jones, oh no, that's stupid. That's going to be dumb. Okay, back to lizard people. <laughs> so you guys, the real, they're real edgy. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you guys like them. Obviously, the kids are so people. <laughs> Aliens exist. We killed JFK. Oh, None of them was such a jump. Kim Jones. That's nah, fucking stupid bullshit. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> Don't believe in magic. The clouds, Trump. <laughs> clouds. <laughs> You're gonna be the president. You gotta know these things. In the air, man. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so we, we put the moisture <laughs> so in the air. What are we? What are we talking about now? The best uh, of. This is the best of. This is where we really get into it. This is all of 2016, right in two hours. And I want to reiterate, real fucking quick. This is like basically, well, just like mostly opinionated. Like, oh, this was our favorite thing of that subject. Yeah. Not necessarily like, because we're going to, like I said, we're going to do an Oscars episode later and we're going to talk about like best made movie, not necessarily our favorite. So, okay. so it's a slight difference. Yeah. That but let's sense. get to it. Okay, What's I'm our gonna... first category? <laughs> it is comic book movies. That's oh, our best. First oh, best comic book best movie. Comic book Ooh, movie. Best comic book movie. And worst. Year. Worst comic book movie. Real quick, uh, recap. Tell the worst. Real, 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 real quick recap. Out of the three major studios, three major studios that give us comic book movies, they each gave us two. All right. Damn, we, we got have, some trivia. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Remember. Yeah, of course you. They, know. Yeah, of course they gave us two. I knew that. We knew that. Chris and I were I studying. So Fox gave us Deadpool and X Men Apocalypse. Ooh. Marvel. Damn, they were fifty-fifty on that one. Marvel. <laughs> 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 I, absolutely, I, I absolutely agree. Okay. Your Deadpool. Mar Marvel gave us uh, Civil War and Doctor Strange. Two. 50 50 with that one as well. And then Warner Brothers gave us uh, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Oh, Both of those suck. So, <laughs> tough. I'm going to say right now that um, Apocalypse was the worst one. I think the I, worst one. I, I didn't mm -hmm. like. That's the one I least liked of the uh, of the six. 
I think I honestly like the the worst one for me was Batman vs Superman. It was too long. It was, it was too boring. drawn out. It was just boring. It was too much of Henry Cavill still looking at the camera. Like, I was okay with that one. All great arguments. I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> when I say when I say it's the worst, I don't mean like yeah, but these other ones, all the other ones were awesome. Right. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like, and it's just yeah, it's just ugh, you know, there's a lot of problems. So are we? This is about to be three for three, though. Yeah, I like, mean, there's, I, the, the, yeah. All, the, there's only one answer here. Yeah, Deadpool's the yeah, one. Dead- Deadpool's <laughs> the one. Come on, we know that. Here's we the, all had a boner afterwards. Hey, so, <laughs> no, we're doing a whole podcast about Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say, I of all the movies I've watched Civil War the most times, mm. um, I would say that um, I kind of like Civil War more. But that is a little personal bias, and I think that if any movie should deserve the Alki Award, it should go to Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. because of I what it did, what it was, yeah. what it set out to do, what it accomplished, everything about it, especially with that budget, it definitely deserves the Alcoholic Cast Comic Book Movie of the Year. Yeah, and I, but I love put Civil War. A stamp, a kadoosh, yeah, and a kadoosh stamp. Every time we, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what you're gonna do. <laughs> that you're gonna put that sound. I'll find the sound effects, and then every time we we make it our pick. Stamp it. Nice. Hell yeah, I'm down for that. Make a graphic and shit. But I did love Civil War. Civil War comes in a close second. And it makes sense why you would pick Civil War since you loved Winter Soldier so much. You love Captain so much. Like it just fits right in your vein. And I went and seen Civil War twice in theaters. I loved it that much. I I didn't do that. (laughs) I didn't do that with Deadpool. I watched Deadpool a bunch of times at home. But I, I, uh, Civil War was the only one I saw twice in theaters because it was worth paying for again. And I fucking loved it. I loved how fucking funny it was, dude. I think what about I'm, non-comic book animated? Animated movie? Non-comic book animated. animated movie that came out last year. Sausage Party. Sorry. Sausage Party for me. I had that one on mine, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. We'll Sausage Party. You have a list over there? No, no, no. <laughs> we'll just go to the... No, I got it. No, I already know. I know it. I actually know it. It's it okay. slipped my mind. I it slipped my know. mind, but I have one. My favorite animated movie that came out, Moana. Wait. Not gonna lie. Oh, Moana. Oh, Moana was legitimately a fucking Hawaiian great princess. movie. Like, they did a really good job of, like, establish- not only establishing the characters, but, like, delving deep into their character motivations. Everyone has a reason for being a dick or for being a nice person or for everything they do isn't just. Oh, the father's strict because he has to be the strict father, like in like in fucking Little Murray. No, he has very he had a scarred past. He fucking accidentally killed his friend. Spoilers. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, he had a dark past. He actually killed his friend. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> the, the Rock's character, he is a kind of a dick and a douche because of the oh, dude. It's like everyone. Don't ruin the movie. I'm, 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 I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Right, I'm gonna stop right now. But still, Moana was a terrific fucking. Have movie. you seen a? Kobo and the Two Swords. They can suck a dick. I, like I, I said, come on. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen either one of them. I'm going with Stevie and Sausage Party just because I was laughing my fucking dick off. I didn't realize that this wasn't one of the categories, though. I definitely thought it was. So we'll just go on to the next category. That was just a little bonus. A little bonus category for all Off the, the cuff, out there. top of our heads. <laughs> no research because, you know, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants yeah, right now. Pretty much. I uh, had notes for this for this whole episode a while ago and I and lost they, them, so I don't have anything. They went away. They went bye-bye. <laughs> this is all going top of my head. What's the next category? <laughs> uh, the be- next one is just best movie in general. That Favorite you, movie of the favorite year. Favorite movie of favorite the year. Favorite movie of yeah. the year. Yeah. yeah. That's a fucking tough one. What do you got for me? So I wanted to be super hipster about this pick, and I didn't want to pick anything <laughs> that everybody has seen. I wanted to kind of pick something that like kind of flew under the radar. So mine is something that wasn't very big or anything, and it was called Captain Fantastic. And it actually starred – I always get this motherfucker's name wrong uh, – 
is it Virgo Mortensen? Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen, which was Vigo. Striker from Lord of the Rings. Or Vigo. 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 Uh, and he plays it's this. actually Strider, not Striker. Strider, sorry. Oh, yeah. So, okay, on, my references or are Aragorn, a son of That's Aragorn. what I was thinking of. I couldn't remember Aragorn <laughs> for some reason. I was like, isn't there another name for him? But uh, So Captain Fantastic is a movie about this family who the mom and dad of pretty much said, fuck all this society, fuck the money and everything, and they went to live out in the wilderness. But then they wound up having, like, three or four fucking kids, right? So there's four or five kids, and then I think the youngest one, once we, like, get introdu- introduced to the story, is, like, five? I think I want to say five. And then he has him from five to about, uh, let's call it 16. And the 16-year-old's super smart, and they're all fucking super... Um, outdoorsy and they know how to do all types of fucking shit that I wish that I knew they knew how to start a fire all this stuff but the (laughs) entire movie wasn't about how like oh they're surviving in the wild no it was that first they were a family they had the mom the dad and everybody and everybody kind of had their role and their unit or whatever but then their mom died of cancer and so this whole entire story is about how the family was dealing and coping with the loss of the mother it's a fantastic movie I recommend it to a lot of people and again that movie was called Captain Fantastic. That's my God, favorite Captain movie. Captain Fantastic? Huh. I'm going to blow you all away and say uh, the female Ghostbusters movie. Wow! <laughs> yeah, right. Because women are totally funny. And like, <laughs> it was, I really tried to like get it. Over it. it. Not good. Uh, <laughs> alcohol castings get over it. Why don't you get over it? Women are funny. I was really hoping Kate so and Kate would save the day. So you didn't write these down? Didn't. You better come prepared. I didn't write so. any of these down, no. You're a piece of shit. But Remember, I knew we I, lost all of our notes, man. We're uh, we're, we're, I didn't. I still have my notes right in front of me. Oh, I write them in my oh, phone. Oh, you're professional all of a sudden, Mr. <laughs> fucking Neon Orange Hat. <laughs> hey, why are you a hater, dude? I came straight from work. You gotta see me. <laughs> so I'm gonna get ran over by the loader, bro. Whatever, son. It's all right. You guys can you can cut all this out, I guess. No, we you can do some research. Uh, find your shit because these motherfuckers it's, they it, come no, it's really hard, like it's basically it's between two movies for me, and it's uh, between Civil War, the aforementioned Civil War, and. Star Wars Rogue One. Really? Rogue One, I fucking loved it, dude. But I'm not going to say that as my favorite, but I did fucking love it for sure. Uh, Fuck, it's it's, it's a a (laughs) tough one, man. It really is. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm actually going to say Rogue One because as much as I love Civil War, I do think there was like – there's just like little problems, little things that bug me about it. Whereas Rogue One, like there were so many things that were added on that I loved it that added stuff to the original trilogy. Like oh. it's really hard to make a good prequel. Damn near impossible. Like the yeah, Godfather like they, did it and that's it. Can you name another good prequel? Yeah. Like I can't think of another good prequel. And that was a split prequel. That wasn't even a full prequel. That was a Yeah, it was a part sequel. Yeah. That's what a prequel is supposed to do in aim is basically make you appreciate the original movie more, the movies that came out before it. And the first three Star Wars prequels that we got, episode one through three, were all trash, and they took away what was beautiful about the original movies and what was so entertaining about them. And Rogue One managed to tell an entertaining, interesting story all on its own while every now and then sprinkling in little things that added to the history. There's been a plot hole in the original Star Wars movie for 40 years. They finally filled it in! 40 years there was a plot hole going on that everyone made fun of and Rogue One just slipped in and made it logical and said, oh, suck that fucker. (laughs) (laughs) They totally did. They killed it. They fucking killed it. Felicity Jones was was like surprisingly good. Diego Luna was fucking amazing. (laughs) 
And of course, Alan Tudyk kills it. Like, did the fucking movie? Diego La Luna. Diego La Luna. Diego La Luna. I feel like your favorite was Sausage Party. Sausage. Shut the fuck up. All right, you're probably right. Yeah, you. Well, you said favorite animated movies. So yeah, normal movie. Okay. If it can be a crossover, yeah, you can have two because when we get to the fights, there might I might have a little bit of overlapping. It's gonna get. All right, that's fine. Cause yeah, then I watched Sausage Party twice in theaters, and I watched it once at home. I fucking loved it. Dude, you would not shut up about it. Oh, you know what? Actually, no. I'm sorry. My favorite movie. I think that's I was. I, this is gonna. It's gonna seem like I'm pandering, but I'm not. My favorite movie that I saw this year was. Uh, God damn it! What's the one? Uh, this is blood or. What oh, the f- bleed for this. Bleed for this. My favorite movie I saw in theaters this year, and that was the. Uh, Vince uh, Vince Pazienza Vinny Pazienza story dude it was my favorite movie that oh, I saw like this year like a mobster movie though. no no it was no, uh, no it's about a it's boxer about boxer Vinny Pazienza dude I, I assume Vinny Pazienza was a champion. mobster <laughs> I, I definitely liked Upley uh, for this I, I, I actually I really wanted Hands of Stone to be my favorite movie of the year but it's just it had too many pacing problems and, and you hated Usher but he's Usher <laughs> judgmental fucking travesty <laughs> fuck Usher how dare you one of the most beautiful movers in boxing history and you're gonna do what you did yeah fuck it but Edgar Muros was amazing dude that other movie though um, Bleed for This fucking incredible it's dude it don't had me hooked cool too. It, uh, don't read this great it had me hooked the entire oh, yeah. time the movie it made me fucking cry that should be a thing. it made Best me hella movie. interested in the fucking like in the actual fucking fighter I was like asking Adam the whole time Adney's more judgmental with boxing movies because he knows more about the lore. If he, you know, <laughs> the lore. He, he's gonna be like, he's gonna be like, nope, wrong, nope. But for me, as an outsider, I'm like, dude, that was all great. They Hollywooded up, yeah. But I love that movie. To be honest, I got more of an emotional impact watching that movie than I did any movie I saw this year. That's fair. So yeah. it was emotional. That's probably impact. why pick. I picked yeah. Captain Fantastic. I was great emotionally pick. fucking involved with that fucking yeah. movie. Like it caught me. So which yeah. I'm definitely gonna check out now. Um, so next we'll go. Oh, put a stamp on it. <clears throat> Next, we're gonna go best stand-up <laughs> special. Oh, Michael Che. Oh, Michael I'm, Chase. I actually, I'm sorry, that's my I'm favorite. Really leaning towards the same thing. I haven't seen Michael Chase yet. Oh my it's fucking god! god. I've watched it four times. <laughs> it's so, that good. So, for, like, so Michael Che is uh, he's a writer on SNL. He's one of the head writers on SNL, and he does the. Uh, but he never, he's never in any sketches. He just does the uh, um, weekly updates. Weekly. He weekly was updates. A, he was a writer for Daily Similar Show. Similar to what like Norm Macdonald would do. Like he would, you know, a lot of times he would do like he would do the weekly updates, and he would do a lot of writing for the show. Although a lot of times they didn't want to do his sketches. So that's too edgy. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but still, but uh, Michael Shea, like he, his stand up fucking killed it. I think him, his special. And uh, Burt Kreischer's special. Oh, Dude, yeah. Burt's was Dude, so fucking good. I've showed everybody. <laughs> I, I watched Burt's. I've watched it by myself. Watched it with her, then watched it with Adam the other day. I'm like, you gotta watch this whole thing with me, dude. Watch it before. Katie was actually hanging out here. Oh, yeah, uh, she told me yeah. She, yeah, she was checking him out. She that said that it was fucking hella funny. But yeah, I love. I went into Burt's. Her name, by the way. Com- I, I I came into Burt's completely <laughs> underestimating the the stand up special. Dude, he because and he made it relatable with stuff that I know nothing about. It was mostly about like his daughters and his family. I don't have a big. I don't have. Daughters. I'll never have, have kids, and I still like related. And he, like the way that he did it was so fucking well done. I was relating to everything. I was laughing. It was great. But the fucked up thing about this category is I don't think there can be a best of. So I just picked five of my favorites. And five of my favorites was Burt's. Ali Wong's was really fucking good. Oh, yeah. Um, Sebastian, of course, I love Sebastian. So he is so fucking Me too. Sebastian. <laughs> and, of course... Triggered was so oh, fucking triggered. good. So here's the like, thing. So basically, I and think... And so was Stanhope's. Like, yeah. Damn. Here's the thing. So I think, like, the actual Alki Award for... Alki Stand-Up of the Year has to go to Burt Kreischer. 
I'm, that's fair. All right. He's kind of like, like that's the thing. Is like, that's like his first big special, and yeah. he fucking killed Just it. His first yeah. ever it's, special. Yeah, it's been building Dude. up for so long, and he fucking nailed it. He was perfect throughout. I think he deserves recognition yeah, from the alcoholic. And he got 12 fucking million downloads in a weekend. Or 12 million views in a weekend. People were calling him to ask him, how the fuck did you do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy to me. And it's like, oh, that's an old story. I knew about that story when I read his book three fucking years ago. Yeah. I gave you his book like, dude, you got to hear the story of the machine. <laughs> it's so good. And yet he... Most people know about it, most of his fans, and yet he still was able to kill it on his special by telling the machine story and it still get that many views, even though that story is known. Like, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, no Dude, every through, time he retells no it, I still listen yeah. to the whole fucking thing. No, like. he, well, he tells it different, on different podcasts. Yeah, to yeah. me, his best one he's ever done was on Stanhope Swapcast, him and Stanhope, and they were dealing with um, the whole thing with Stanhope's bingo, bingo or with Bingo being with somebody right. else. Uh, Burt Crash was on there for four hours and he told the machine story holy shit dude it was the funniest one ever because when that when you were telling that you got to see the one with Joe Rogan I was like no you got to hear the stand-up one it's yeah. my favorite no, I've heard one I read the book I fucking listened to like three other ones but this special still fucking killed the only thing and that it's I, on fucking YouTube right now yeah, you can just fucking exactly where, you could Burt Kreischer the machine did and you, it'll come up and it, I'm pretty sure because he named the special the machine yeah right? did you only watch the hour minute an hour and two minute episode I watched it on Showtime okay because Kenny out. has on demand they shortened it there's one that you can go on that and check out. It's an hour and 36 minutes. Oh, wow. It's okay. the one that I watched. But the only thing is, the, the filming of it is too close up. So you see, like, his forehead sometimes in his mouth. But you're getting the full special that mm. they did not show. And there's an extra 30 minutes, 33 yeah. minutes of material. That's fucking phenomenal. Wow. I forgot to, to tell you guys yeah, to watch know. the full yeah, version. No, the, I mean, I think the one I watched was, like, 111. Yeah. So, so yeah, the other one just a little bit longer. But, man, yeah. I'm telling you. Amazing. I love Burt's fucking special, especially it being his first and him taking uh, advice from like Rogan and Burr and well, like all his really friends. really able to fucking pull from the best minds in the game right now. That are his best really friends. Do, that yeah. Which is so crazy to me because he's been doing his travel channel shit for so fucking long. And they're like, dude, some like even Rogan says, dude, when I want to take time off and write, I do just that. I take time off and write. I put everything aside because I'm a comic first. Like he says that even before he's a fucking sports uh, po- uh, commentator. commentator, he's a fucking uh, comedian first. So when he needs to write something, he sits down and writes. And I love it. I got to give respect for Joe Rogan. And I I absolutely love Triggered. I think Triggered out of th- what, th- so third good. special right now, third mm-hmm. stand-up special. Well, I, I mean, it's his, it's his third, like... Um, our recorded special. No, he has five, but it's his third TV, like, actually shot. He has two CDs that weren't shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just like Burr has a couple, like a CD that wasn't mm-hmm. fucking shot. But I, I think, personally, this is Joe Rogan's best one is Triggered. I, well, I think I listened to the Shiny one, Happy Jihad. Well, I've listened to. Th- th- I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already got me. The, name, the name's already better. It's but, Shiny um, Happy. It's a really great. That was. All it's the, between those. That one and Trigger. The three that I watched. I think out of the three that I had watched that were filmed, I liked Trigger the most. I thought Trigger was fucking incredible. Yeah. Trigger but uh, yeah, uh, Michael Che, you you have to go. He used to be a writer for Daily yeah, Show. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I keep fucking really, passing. He, it. he just got an interview with. What's his name? He was on, or Trevor Noah and him were talking, and they, they've known each other for a long fucking time. So Trevor Noah was giving him shit about uh, being on SNL, and he's like, man, I always, like, what do you, to see you in a suit is weird. And he goes, what do you mean? He's like, me and that sports jacket that I'm wearing, the sports coat and the tie jacket, that's it. I'm wearing, I got jeans and tennis shoes, Jordans underneath there. And he goes, what? 
I kept thinking you have pointy shoes under there. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm laughing because I'm like, Michael's wearing pointy shoes. Because <laughs> like, he's like, they've been friends as long as they can't, he can't see him do that. But I'm telling you, man, Michael Trey, every single time someone has mentioned stand-up specials this year, that's what I told him. I got Kenny to watch it, my friend from uh, Kansas that came down there. Got him to watch it. He fucking absolutely loved it. Every single person I talked to because I'm a huge fan of Delirious. That's kind of what started my... It didn't start my love, but... I started getting more into comedy then. We grew up with uh, George Carlin, like Addy and I both said, listen to a lot of Dane Cook, Chappelle. But, like, I didn't really start getting into it until Delirious came along. We watched it a thousand times. And it was like, this is the most watched special that we ever watched. We constantly would have it on and constantly talk. We named our crew after it. <laughs> Don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's because of Delirious. And I'm like, man, this special is on the same level of Delirious. I'm like, for anybody who loved watching it, Joel which one person I told about it too, and then Kenny. You guys love Delirious? Well, this is the this is the Delirious of 2016. Ooh. It's his first stand-up special as well, Michael Che, and he fucking murdered it. I highly suggest it. So but boy. our stamp of approval goes to Burt. Oh, Burt Crasher for sure, yeah. Yeah. Best TV series. Okay, so I think... Stranger Things. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> shut up. I think there no, should no, be... No, 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 sh- time out. I'm excited. Let me say this real quick. There should <laughs> be a caveat. There should be a caveat next to this series. It should be best TV series that's not Game of Thrones. <laughs> category because that's what I would say and it would be oh, just I, we, this doesn't need to turn into got talk that's funny we did got talk like give me a fucking break um, we did best do show talk. of all time in my opinion but so outside of got that's fair what do you got you wait, wait is it best is, is it is it best of as in this show came out this year because if you say got then it's like not not doesn't have to be a new show just no. a show that happened oh, okay this year like it could be only, season three of whatever yeah, but it came out only, this year perfect. Perfect. What happened i'm glad this you year. mentioned season three because that's my shows in season three oh, here we go and but i'm gonna mention are you talking about pretty my your pretty face is going to hell <laughs> that's my show sorry that's the best show okay of but two. mine's atlanta yeah okay well mine is Man seeking woman. Ooh, oh, I think you both need to bow the fuck down <laughs> to the best fucking shot. Let you come on, dude. Come it on, is. Come on. It's no, so no, good. I, I'm not backing down from this one. I'm gonna stand. Fuck you. Stand for I'm gonna take a stand. I'm gonna take a stand on Danny your pretty G. face. Going to hell. But man seeking woman. Did you watch the season premiere? I haven't got to. I just saw like the last season that came oh, out. Oh, oh, you're it a fan. You're a fan. Okay. Okay. There's a computer here. I mean, it's not gonna be on Hulu till next year. But you got yeah. Primewire. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, oh, so you want me to do illegally acquire? <laughs> illegally. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about voting with our dollar, and you're over here talking about being a piece of okay, shit. Okay, that's fine. I'll watch the whole first. I'll watch the whole third season of Man's Again Woman, and then I'll wait next year so you can review it. <laughs> All right, motherfucker. <laughs> um, no, but I, I'm sorry. I don't want to touch your fucking semen-covered keyboard, bro. Uh, yeah, what? that's true. I've already that's talked true. to Adam about this, all right? <laughs> I, I, I search with a dry hand. And I jack it with a wet hand. Mm. I'm not a fucking animal. I know which hand goes where. Okay, here's right? my okay. Here's my argument for Man's Game Woman. All right. It is simultaneously the most surreal, weird, out-there show while also being the most relatable. If you've ever been alive, you can relate <laughs> to this fucking show. Like... They do a good job of giving the woman's perspective too, especially the new yes. season. The new season they switch around. It's almost yeah. women seeking man, a woman seeking yeah, they, man. Yeah, they change the title to woman seeking man in like the, in one season episode, two yeah. and everything. And like they they do a really good job of what it's like to be 
the guy in every situation of dating, whether the girl is super hot, whether you're the jealous type, whether she's clingy, whether she's not, whether she's over you, whether dealing with exes, all different kinds of ex situations you deal with, uh, being the best friend and your fucking and your boy being that guy who disappears when he's in a relationship, doesn't hang out anymore, deals with being a woman who everyone says is aging, and even though and you're like, what the fuck? Why is this pressure on me to get married? Like when I'm only fucking thirty and. It just goes up every angle you could possibly think of when it comes to dating and relationships and living your life as trying to become like a fucking adult and just trying to live your life. And it does it and it takes all the feelings you ever felt and it just brings it up to 11 and it does this great metaphor of it. And it's just so incredible that it has this outrageous, fantastical element to it that no other show has ever done. It's so fucking new and so original and no other show is like it. And I think that's a great argument. Here's my counter argument. <laughs> Dirty cheese. That's all you say. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Well, stamp of approval goes to Chris. <laughs> Here's my counter argument. Don't go. God damn it. I didn't expect you to say his name. <laughs> uh, I know we're going to go split. We're going to go split. Here's the thing. I think you're just biased. That's the problem with this. Is you're just biased because you want to suck his dick. I not do not you, want to suck the dick of Gabriel. I would not Shout. suck his dick. I would kiss his face, but I wouldn't I would suck his dick. I would um, caress his I fucking also, cock. Abby. I also haven't seen the new season of Man Seeking Woman. You've seen so season two and one. I couldn't really. Have you seen season two? I one? saw season one. I think I saw like half a season. Dude, two. the pr- I gotta talk about the premiere though, man. It's so good because it's a girl. It's the girl's perspective of her having the shittiest day ever, right? It's like it's a woman seeking man. They don't they don't call it that, but they give this super cute chick's perspective of like her having the worst day. She's like, fuck. She spills coffee on her keyboard, and then she's like. <gasps> Jaguar and like a Jaguar attacks her. <laughs> so it's like these dumb things of like how bad can your day finally get? And then this is like this is the almost uh, prologue of the episode. So this is before they actually play the intro. So she has the worst day of her fucking life, and then she walks up. And she's all covered her covered in mud and dirt, and her clothes are all ripped up. And she looks. She walks over to a restaurant. She looks inside. She looks at like her Tinder match. It was a Tinder match, I believe, or a dating match, and it's Josh. The main <laughs> character. And then she looks up, and then she looks inside, sees Josh sitting there. Then the next clip is her and him laughing. The camera's exterior, outside, filming inside. You can't hear them, but you see them laughing. And then the next clip instantly is her on her couch with her friend. She's all still covered in fucking mud, fucked up, <laughs> all scratched up, and her friend's like, how was your day? And she goes, pretty good. It's pretty good. And instantly you're like, yes! Good for Josh! Good for Josh! Good <laughs> for Josh! It's over two seasons, you fall in love with the motherfucker. Yeah. You feel so bad for him. Yeah. All the worst things happen to this fucking guy. But then Mike, like his, he's going over to his friend Mike's house, and it's like, it's the it's the man cave. It's the dude thing. So she, the sister comes over, and she goes, hey, where's Josh at? And she goes, oh, he's over with Mike. And she sits down, and she goes, he's over at Mike's house? And she's like, yeah. He goes, she's like, we got to go over there. And she's like, all right, where is it at? And she goes... And it shows a map, and she's like, it's in Guyana. And that's in South America. And <laughs> Guyana is Guyana. where the Jonestown Massacre happened. Oh, and geez. when it clips on, it says, Bros Town Massacre. <laughs> I was like, yes, they're doing a throw to fucking Jonestown. That's, that's such a great joke, because it's also like Guyana, like Guy, like it's Guyville. It's fucking right. all about, she's going to do just Guy things. And it's like, oh, <laughs> he's going to ruin Josh, and Josh is going to be like, she's going to manipulate him, manipulate him, because Jim Jones was a great one of the greatest manipulators of all time he literally got he was literally the leader of the biggest suicide in america yeah. or in history and of the world that, but also like that's how girl and that's how women feel is like a lot of the time like oh i'm dating guy 
seems like a great guy, but I'm worried his friends are going to influence him to do bad shit or dumb shit or cheat or do something like that. And like that first scene you talked about, it's a perfect example of both men and women can relate to this. If you have a shitty fucking horrible day, you're pissed off at work, you're pissed off at people, you're just mad, and then you go on a great fucking date, all of a sudden the day was great. Like, it's like, no, I had a really great fucking time with someone that I want to bang, and things are looking up. Like, that's always going to change your day, no matter what yeah. sex you are. They did a great, that's a fucking great metaphor. Once again, they take a metaphor of what you, like, oh, I, this something happened today. So you make a metaphor to explain it to your friends. The show will take that crazy metaphor and just bring it to fucking life. Yeah, bring and it to it's reality. And so and so amazing, and suck a dick, Chris. That's fine. We can I give can't it, wait we for can you. Give this <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm a little biased, because I'm just so in love with Donald Glover, but, so that's fair. But I love Atlanta. I fucking loved it. So I that. definitely love the show. Great. Totally different though. They're just yeah, they're complete. Because because man seeking woman is uh, completely original. Like what what Atlanta does too is, but it's more reality based. Yeah, Atlanta with this one, it's like oh, like really it's fucking a, it's a weird comedy yeah. versus yeah. a dark comedy. It's yeah. and so yeah, you can't really compare them that way. Them, yeah. And mine is a complete fantasy comedy of how life that? and how hell. How the stamp goes to all fucking three? Because all three Boom. are amazing Boom. series. Boom. You like, just hit it. <laughs> so this one gets three stamps. So, so, we're, the, so, we're, the, so we're the type of award <laughs> show that flies loose with no rules. No rules. So yeah, those are the three shows you should check out definitely. is going to be fucking Atlanta. Man Seeking Woman and Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. We've been talking about that show all year. Like all, all We've three been of those talking shows, about all three shows. Yeah. All year. Yeah. So at least we're going to give it to shows that we really love yeah. and that we've all seen except and that you guys don't already really all brought up. Pretty Face. All right, let's do it. Fuck OJ. Fuck OJ. What's your next category? Fuck OJ. That was three decades ago. Get Seriously, over it. Seriously, get over it. Get over it. <laughs> get over it. Oh, well, OJ in America. does a thing. You must quit. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> but if we're going to talk about like a show, I love the OJ Made in America thing, but I'd much rather watch Pretty Face is Going to Hell every day in my life. And so would you. Because you do watch Pretty Face. <laughs> but it's more entertaining. Okay, now okay, the documentary okay, might have okay, been like okay. factually stimulating, but it like. I'm about to get reamed. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, okay, we're going Rick on. And, Rick and Morty season two, though, dude. We're plowing through. If you get a vote, that means that you only get sixteen percent of a vote, and then he gets seventeen percent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then me and Chris both get 33%. <laughs> so how about we move Chris on? Chris and I. <laughs> next category. Oh, man. So the next category album. is best album. Best albums. Now, this is going to be our music topic for this week. I want us to talk about our favorite albums, mention a song or two on it, and we'll, I'll throw them in there as a little thing. Oh, yeah. Why not? All right, I got three. <laughs> I'm going to start three. with number three. My number three. You got three albums? Yeah. It's going to go two. Bruno Mars, 24K Magic. How is that album? Everyone keeps talking it about it. It is the fucking shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? It's right straight now. groovy. It's fun. That's the biggest thing about the album is it's fun. It's not trying to put you in a mood where you don't want to do anything, or it's not trying to put you in a mood to party, really. It's putting you just in a good mood, kind of like Chance's That's album. That's what Bruno Mars, Mars is about. But it, the way he does it is is princess-esque. It's, it's, it's Michael Jackson Esque. It's not those two people he is by like any a Michael means. Jackson in our but generation. But he's like that type. Except of he doesn't fuck singer. children. Like, <laughs> you know what? You know he's not coming point. up with 
But he's not coming up with stupid hooks. Yes, they're catchy. But they're not stupid. It's like 24K magic. I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But it's like something <laughs> that he sits there. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it like sounds good, though. Don't it. <laughs> he's great at, at making a song flow through and through and just being a groovy fucking tune, even though it's not too complex. It's not much of a thought provoker or anything like that. It's just a feel-good song. And the entire fucking album is like that. There's like two or three... Songs that are straight baby making music, let's get fucking down. <laughs> but the rest of the album is straight funk like that, just like nice. let's move, let's fucking dance. So number three's gotta go to Bruno Mars. Nice. What what I'm gonna ask you about a song in a minute, but um you mentioning Michael Jackson in general, it made me think of a Jim Jeffries bit and how he was like, You ever realize that we have some people that are so famous that we just don't even care what they do? Like Charlie Chaplin molested children basically. We'll let him get away fucking, with anything. Yeah, we'll let him get away if with anything. You're famous enough and you're talented enough. You can get away with what the fuck. Oh Kobe Bryant. God. Kobe Bryant. Someone just brought this joke up. I think Burr was talking about it. How Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah, that guy raped it. It's just no, one no, no. rape a year. It was, it was talking okay. about Daniel, Daniel Tosh. Daniel, Daniel Tosh. 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 Thank you. Daniel Tosh. He goes, listen, if you're that good at basketball, I believe you should be allowed to rape. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's listen, not too it's bad. one white girl a year. I mean, are you going to watch the game without him? <laughs> but, so they, but the same thing with Michael Jackson. I, I'll... I'll defend Thriller all day long, <laughs> the album in general, and yet he molested children. But no, you're like, you know what? Yeah, no. but how many? It's not and, that many. Children. And, he, and it's no, not confirmed yet. He never listen, admitted it. Exactly. So. I was just gonna bring that up. Is that <laughs> to, to the point of we'll forgive anyone for anything? Half the population still denies it. <laughs> They're in deep, deep, closeted denial about this man's sexual proclivities. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, and do you know about Macaulay Culkin's favorite salad dressing? Oh my Here we go. God. Neverland oh Ranch. <laughs> Neverland <laughs> Ranch, oh boy. No, no Neverland Ranch. I'm offended by how old that joke is. Seriously. Okay, okay, like, I'm going to make okay. a new right how, you know, how, how do you know Michael Jackson has company in his house? There's a big wheel parked outside. <laughs> how about that one, huh? Nineties. Okay, what's Michael Jackson? I, I, I want an original. Time joke. I think I heard you say that in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck. I've been saying for years, Abby. I want new rape material for 2017. <laughs> new new rape. Like, hashtag new rape material for 2017. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. That might be the new name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag new rape material 2K17. <laughs> 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 Oh, 20, uh, 24k magic? <laughs> 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 Two, $24,000 magic. $24,000 worth of coke. That's what he means. Maybe. Grams and grams. No, no, I heard that the entire album was made because I guess he got kicked out of Vegas for like two years. He was banned from Vegas from doing too much coke. And so when he was like, oh, I'm about to be back in. 24k magic in the air. Okay, anyways. Wait, he got was banned from Vegas? For doing uh, no. That's so funny. I, I don't that's, know if no. it was specifically Vegas. Vegas is the home of Coke. <laughs> I don't know if it was, or, or if it was like a hotel in Vegas, or if it was this in Vegas. I didn't go that no, deep into can, the brew. Vegas story, is like, listen, so. we party, but you you party, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you party too much. No. Listen, you got you two years no. to recoup. You got to remember exactly what it is. Two now years to recoup. You come it. back with two K seventeen. He fucking parties. Uh, this is what I'm getting. He parties so fucking hard that he outsend Sin City. Is that what you're fucking <laughs> telling me? I don't know. The I might have misquoted it. I gotta, I gotta figure it out. Where you could walk down the street, buy ice cream for your son, then go fuck a hooker in the back alley, then go gamble away your life savings, and then sell your wife into fucking prostitution. That place said, 
You're too much? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? No, he wins album of the year. Chris is like, I'm not, <laughs> Chris is like, I'm not a misquoted. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, yeah. Like, I gotta make sure. It was Salt Lake City that said that. My bad. The Mormons. The Mormons. The alcohol, alcohol, nope. The Alcoholicast Man of the Year award goes to Bruno <laughs> Mars for being kicked out three years ago. <laughs> yeah, see right here. Um, Bruno Mars taking plea deal in Vegas cocaine case. Pop singer Bruno Mars is taking a plea deal in Las Vegas to be allowed to pay a fine. Uh, pay a fine. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, pop singer Bruno Mars is taking a plea deal in Las Vegas to be allowed to pay a fine, severe probation, and have a felony cocaine possession charge against him dismissed, authority said. So, I was, uh, I did a little bit of research. I knew that there was some tie to Vegas. I wasn't exactly sure. So he didn't sure. get kicked out of Vegas? Uh, I mean, I was really excited. Do you excited. want to make me read Fuck more? You. Let me see. No, I don't. Let's move on. Next let's album. Move, let's move on. Um, no, well, no. He mentioned album. Do you gonna you wanna bring up a couple songs that you like from the album specifically? Uh, Chunky and Perm are my favorite. She gotta shake a little something. Shake a little something. Ooh. Throwing that thing from left, right, side to side. She gotta have her own money. Because we all know I like thick women and they like me back. And then perm because perm, it's just like a feel good, uh, get on your toes and dance kind of thing. What you can't dance, ain't got rhythm. What you got a man? I don't see you with him. Put your phone down, let's get it. Forget your Instagram and your Twitter. Got me like, whoa, wait a minute. You need to take a minute. Loosen them shoulders up. Chunky's so good. Chunky. It's talking about girls with the big old booties, but he says big hoops to make you think about their earrings. I don't know. Nice. But okay, so number two for albums. Yep, it's going to definitely have to be Childish Gambino, Awaken My Love. As much as I loved this album, as much as I got down with the feels, after about a month, it kind of lost its replay value, and I'm only listening to certain songs now. I'm not listening to the whole album through and through. Whereas, where my number one comes in, which of course is Chance, Coloring Book, I can put that one on from start to finish still every time. Now, I can do the same with Childish's album, but... I find myself drifting a lot more for Childish's album, rather. Whereas Coloring Book, I'm in it. Like he's always rapping. Like I'm, in, I'm, I'm with Chance more. When Awaken My Love, I'm kind of in my own thoughts. I'm just listening to like ominous tones in my heads and whatnot. So second one is definitely gonna go Childish Gambino. It's still an amazing album. If and we talked about the songs it, on there too. So I mean, so Redbone. Definitely a great song, Terrified, and I like Stand Tall. Those are my three favorite off of that one. And then Coloring Book. Uh, man, Coloring Book's hard for me because there's so many great verses by chance. Ugh, I'm going to go with 
how great, but the problem is, and how great the first three minutes of the song is like a chorus, and there's talking about like how great is our God, and it's kind of off-putting if you're not someone who's super religious, so you have to skip the first fucking three minutes. Magnify, magnify, lift it on high. Spit a Spotify to qualify a spot on his side. I cannot modify, ratify. My mama made me apple pies, lullabies, and alibis. The book don't end with Malachi. Devil will win employee of the month by the dozen. To one score in three years from the third when he doesn't. My village raised him a child, come through the crib and it's busting. You meet anyone from my city, they gon' say that we cousins. Shabak, Barack, edify. Electrify the enemy like Hedwig till he petrified. Any petty Peter Petter group could get the pesticide 79, 79, I don't believe in science, I believe in signs Don't believe in signing, I see dollar signs Color white, collar crime Good God, the gift of freedom, Hosanna Santa Invoked and woke up slaves from Southampton to Chatham Manor My dream girls behind me feel like I'm James Early The type of worship make Jesus come back a day early With the faith of a pumpkin, see size mustard see here For I will speak noble things as Trust in me, only righteous. I might just shrug at the skullduggery. I couldn't stand to see another rapper lose custody. Exalted His verse is so <laughs> fucking fire, it's so good. And then blessings too. The ending song is just chance. The way he delivers his lines and the message that he's sending to you is so clear and thought provoking that it's hard not to go and do something after you listen to that song. <laughs> do something. So those are my three. We got. Coloring book number one, Awaken My Love number two, and 24K Magic number three. Go ahead, yeah, I don't have. I know you guys several don't. Several albums. Just, yeah. uh, I actually, yeah. I, I think it's cool that you yeah, named three fucking awesome albums, though. That's, that's, it's good for everyone saying music is dead or whatever. There's some. You just people, have to look. People say like, everything is I know, dead. It's so true. <laughs> people say something's dead, dead, bro. <laughs> Every, everything's dead because I want to feel unique with my opinions. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking just. <laughs> you see, everything you say is dead. It's fucking dead. But everything I say, everything I say is coming back in a big fucking way. <laughs> so fucking annoying. People just. They want to. They want to be fucking so different and unique. They just say anything is fucking, oh, this. They make judgments they know nothing about. Uh, uh, the album I'm going to pick is, uh, I'm pretty sure it came out this year. I actually didn't research that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I, I found it this year. The first song that like is um, that maybe noticed this person, I heard it for the first time this year on the radio. And so um, I'm not sure about the name of the album, but it's by Jidenna. Who's um, J A I, J I D E N N A, Jadena. J I D, oh yep, got it. He's under uh, Janelle Monae's out, uh, fucking label. Uh, it's called Little Bit. Nope, it's not. That's the song. A little bit more is the song. Anyways, he's most famous for that song, Classic Man. Like that's like the first fucking single that came out that made him big was Classic Man, which I remember hearing that song. I was like, hey, I kind of fucking dig it. Um, <laughs> But it's not one of my favorite songs um, on the album. Uh, absolutely my very favorite song of the album is Long Live the Chief. Niggas fighting over range, niggas won't be the game, but Long Live the Chief. For a little old thing, little boys bang bang. Long Live the Chief. Niggas fighting over rain, niggas won't be the game, but Long Live the Chief. Yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane. Long little chief, uh, cockroaches in the ratchet, uh, hand me downs with the patches. Mama put a little money in the mattress, taught me how to make a silver spoon out of plastic. You can either sink, swim.
I'ma be the captain Get the last word, I'ma get the last laugh Now they say you're better, why you dressing so classy I don't want my best dressed day in a casket You can either leave, follow, or get out the way Make a fucking move, it will make my fucking day Got a hundred year plan, you just think about the day Always been about time, more than been about break Y'all up with me, Usain couldn't run with me Chief come to find you, you will come for me At best you could run a little company Nigga at worst I could run the whole country That's right, pimp game like a brothel That's why, I don't judge a nigga's hustle uh, The first time I heard that song was when I was watching Luke Cage in like episode three or four of Luke Cage, uh, there's like this, you know, little nightclub. It's this incredible scene, like the main bad guy, he like owns this club scene and uh, he's having, he has live shows all the time and one of the guys auditioning at the live show is Jadena and he's basically singing a song uh, along with the chief and it's fucking, it's basically like one long ass fucking verse where he's just fucking just going at it fucking spitting bars it almost feels like a freestyle where he just goes at it for a couple of minutes and then at the very end you get like a chorus but i think it's just fucking awesome so and his like, album was actually delayed but he's released he released five singles last year so. oh well that those yeah. that that thing <laughs> but uh so yeah like that song i think is so fucking awesome that's like my favorite line of any lyric from the past year it's like it's you know why you're dressing so classy i don't want my best dressed day in the casket because he always wears suits he's always suited up he always like he has a cane with him all the time because like <laughs> has like an, an homage cane. to his dad because <laughs> his, his dad was this uh south african uh politician i believe oh wow and uh, um and he's a fucking he's a black ginger which you is kind of funny about the lyrics too. yeah he's nice about that ass line. fucking hair like he's just fucking dressed to the fucking tees and it's a and you know he has black a great fucking ginger. style and he sings about it and like the whole fucking that like that whole fucking song is amazing um another song that i really liked of thing is a uh, chief don't run before the red cups in the backwoods smoke me and mom in the shack in the woods bro i was sleeping on the floor with the oven door open while i dreamt about the places that i would go We'll go door to door to door all day. We'll begging them to lay up in their fall, yeah. I was sitting with the hookers in the motel hallway, waiting on a blind eye dishing like it's Broadway. Now these matters looking like a fleet of foxes. Rat pack, chief of staff like Sinatra. Eat, drink, swing, nigga, that's the mantra. Better stand when I speak, nigga, fix your posture. Chief, don't run, baby, where the popper. Wanted me to be a lawyer, engineer, doctor. The new godfather, keep your old mobsters. Matter of fact, you can keep your old Oscars. It's the mind never dies now. I'm on a yacht with a prince in Dubai now. I'm with the Dalai Lama's homies in the sky lounge. Cocktails got me loosening my tie now. They say a prophet never honored in his homeland. That's fine. I'd rather have my own land. Got a plan for a hundred Roman numerals. Long little cheap nigga. Welcome to your funeral. Once again, yeah, uh, Chief Don't Run, it's much more of a traditional rap song where there's verses and the fucking hook, hook. back and forth. Uh, once again, it's awesome and every, it's fucking, it just gets it, dude. It gets you fucking pumped. And um, You talked about it at the bar because you mentioned that yeah. line specifically to me that like, I don't want my best dressed day to be in a casket or whatever yeah. that line. It's and so it's like, good. fuck yeah, because people always ask us, like, why are you wearing a suit at McDonald's? And we're like, fuck <laughs> At McDonald's. <laughs> and we're like, what's well, so like, it? A lot of people are like, why would you wear a fucking suit? And fucking like, it's like, why not? It's yeah. the shit. God, just because you fuck, are a fucking <laughs> dick. You pieces. Um, and the last one, like, there's a couple of, like, uh, funny songs that he does, and one of them is called Knickers. 
like knickers, knickers. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like like your pants, oh, like the old school word for check for your pants. pigment, Adney. You can't <laughs> say that here. <laughs> And check like, your pig it's the old school word for pants the for pants <laughs> the chorus the chorus does not sound like he's saying knickers I will say that like it's fucking like... bought a new pair of pants my knickers papa got a brand new dance my knickers want a cuff on a hand my knickers in the school they be trying to sue spare my knickers they hold style in the band on niggas y'all wanna talk wanna dance like niggas fuck a meal I want chorus is like when i put my knickers on and it doesn't sound like that uh-huh. uh, but the song is fucking awesome and it's just it's a fun fucking it's a fun fucking song and i'm really sure like it is it. trump supporter <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's a great bro. song <laughs> <laughs> all right what do you got for us there huh double you, mix three piece no you, no i already said i didn't like that album this year That's i like true. i like one I song said <laughs> lost Dog Street Band, bro. <laughs> I, well, no, Lost Dog, they did come out with the album this year. It was oh. okay. It wasn't as good uh, as Homeward Bound. Oh, there was an album, though, that came out this year that I fucking love. That I've it's called Traveler about. by Chris Stapleton. Nope. <laughs> but there isn't. Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee Whiskey's a great fucking song. I'm there, sure you think that. It's Outlaw Country. It's not even pop country. Outlaw Country. I, I, I love, I love yeah. Outlaw Country. It yeah. is. Do you want to hear it real fast? I'm sure he's an I love Outlaw Country. Real fast. Oh, you always pause the podcast. <laughs> you, always, you always pause the podcast. <laughs> um, I've already, you're asking gas to keep guessing. You already know. Uh, I've been they talking about it. this album for a long time. I've been talking about this band. Beyonce. I've talked about this band. What? Band. Lemonade. Lemonade. Close. Starts with an L. Hold on. Good job, Lumineers. Oh, Boom. They came out with an album. This Cleopatra year? is the album that came out this year. It's the one album I've been wanting to talk about for so long. This is about selfish bitches that ruin kingdoms with their pussy. <laughs> close, <laughs> very close. It's about it's a, the name. Uh, wow, artists. Like a lot of songs are different. Um, what, what he really does, the lead singer. What he really does is in the lyrics, which is weird. He kind of gets perspective of females. Like it's. Like in the song, the main song, Cleopatra, he is a, he's singing from a female's perspective. Cleopatra, coming at ya. Cleopatra, coming at What's up? That's Destiny's not, Child? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he went back. He reached back into that fucking time. You didn't, you didn't go super back. So it's about a girl who basically had something great and then she lost it and then she regrets it for the rest of her fucking life. I was Cleopatra. I was young and an actress When you knelt by my mattress And asked for my hand But I was sad You asked it As I laid in a black dress With my father in a casket I had no plans yeah. And I left Footprints, the mud stained on the carpet, and it hardly like my heart did when you left town. But I must admit it, I would marry you in an instant. 
of mysteries is to have you around But I was late for this, late for that Late for the love of my life And when I die alone, when I die alone Die, I'll be on time a really deeply disturbed girl that poor poor girl yeah wow. she was so she's in love raped. she's so in love with somebody she's so in love with this dude that she's like damn your wife I'll I will be your, be mistress. your mistress that's just some to have you around. sad shit because he came after her it was the love of her life and he came after her and she wasn't ready for it she just lost her dad everything she just ran away from everything that she knew and then coming back he moved on and so her her ideas I lost the greatest thing I could have ever had and I'd rather be your mistress than nothing at all and that's the song and I have the, that effect on women too <laughs> Um, the reason I really love it is like at the end. The end. There's, there's no fucking happy ending with it. She lost the love of her life, and like she said, she's miserable. She'd rather be a fucking mistress, a mistress than than anything else, than nothing at all. And this part at the end is, I was Cleopatra. I was taller than the rafters, but that's all in the past. Now gone with the wind, which is like her old. She was a movie star, everything like that, and that's all gone now. She's aged. She's old now. And then it's like a, now a nurse in white shoes leads me back to my guest room. It's a bed and a bathroom and a place for the end. Oh man, Meaning, like that's she's gonna, she's gonna, oh, and, and I will die alone. <laughs> I will die alone. I don't know if I'm gonna listen. To and this. it's sad. Like, <laughs> like the mistress thing. Like what the what being a miss like volunteering to be a mistress means is I want to be that shameful secret that you hide from everyone in your life. I want to be a deep dark secret that you're ashamed of. But I'm willing to do that. That makes me want to cry. That's so why we should move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm give you a couple. He's got two more so songs. Two more he's, songs. Gonna, he's gonna really bring us down. <laughs> so the Better first be a fucking happy-go-lucky <laughs> stuff. I this one's good. Last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This you know what? Play that Bruno Mars song <laughs> real quick. You gotta, you gotta switch them. I'll switch them up. I'm gonna play switch the order. I'm gonna play Nickers real quick. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get down. We're gonna get dressed <laughs> down. So this one is called um, "Sleep on the Floor." It's the first song on the oh, album. God, this is gonna be bad. No, no, it's not. Not actually, it's not. It's all about escaping your hometown and moving, oh, okay. moving I, away. That's Moving away to somewhere that's better for you and more beneficial. Pack yourself a toothbrush, deal. Pack yourself a favorite blouse. Take a withdrawal slip. Take all of your savings out. Cause if we don't leave this town. Might never make it out I was not born and drowned Baby, come on Forget what Father Brennan said We were not born in sin Leave a note on your bed Let your mother know you're safe by the time she wakes We'll have driven through the state We'll have driven through the night Baby, come on If the sun don't shine on me today And if the subway's flood and bridges break And it's all about 
Just remind me of Dylan Thomas hell of that just now, dude. dude. It's fucking <laughs> phenomenal, and it's the first song on the Rage album, so it's like the it's dying uh, of the light. So it already pumps you up. And there's then uh, the third song that I want to talk about is called Angela. When you left this town with your windows down in the wilderness inside, let the exits pass all the tar and glass till the road and sky. Strangers in this town They raise you up just to cut you down Oh, Angela, it's a long time coming in And your Volvo lights lit up green and white With the city's on the signs But you held your course to some distant war In the corners of your mind from the second time around The only love I ever found Oh, Angela, it's a long time coming And it's the same as the first song Except it's from a, it's, it's someone talking to a girl About a girl getting out of town Leaving her hometown And it's like, um, when you left this town with your windows down and the willingness inside, let the exits pass, all the tar and glass, to the road and skylines. The strangers in this town, they raise you up just to cut you down, oh Angela, it's a long time coming. Um, It's like all about telling this girl, you need to get out, everyone here is going to hold your fucking back, move on. And it's like, uh, um, and your Volvo lights lit up green and white with the city zone signs, and you held your course to some distant war in the corners of your mind. From the second time around, the only love I ever found, oh Angela, it's a long time coming. And it's like all about leaving oh, your hometown. I, I'm in love with you, but I'd rather see you happy somewhere else than stuck here. It's a fucking That's phenomenal fair. album. I've, I've talked about it. House. I've talked about it plenty of fucking times on this show. And it's uh, not bluegrass. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, it's it's you. it's a more of a pop blues. Uh, no, more, more, they consider themselves folk. There's their folk, but they're totally Americana band, like pop folk. Okay. So they are they're on the radio a lot. Like yeah, no, they're I, always I know on I've the heard radio. A song, I just can't think of like. And it's surprising, yeah. It's some some bands I actually do like. Passenger, Passenger is on the radio, but they are fucking absolutely incredible. Most people do not realize that they are phenomenal. They're the ones that they have a lot of songs. If you heard their songs, you would know. Um, same thing with Luminaires. Luminaires have a lot of songs yeah, on the radio. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some great bands that you hear out there that are just on the radio once, and yet you, you don't realize how good they are. Like Modest Mouse, nobody knows how fucking incredible Modest Mouse is. They have, like... Yeah, for example, I don't believe you. <laughs> exactly. Mod- no, they're really... <laughs> you fucking dag. Shitty Live. They're really shitty, shitty Live. live. Shitty not, live. live. And their most famous songs are on, are on the radio, and, like, you would know they are who they are if you heard Modest Mouse. But, right. Damn, damn. Take me out. No, no, that's Franz Ferdinand. Wow. That's Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> but yes, but very similar. Very similar. Here's what's funny is like I was thinking, did they do a song called Franz Ferdinand? <laughs> <laughs> but they, Fuck that bass. <laughs> moving on. Listen, moving on. They came out at the same moving time, on. actually. They came out at the same time. Franz Ferdinand and uh fucking Modest Mouse like music. for videos. It's okay. <laughs> you know, wrap up music. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. But I will say, please everybody check out Cleopatra by the Lumineers. A fucking amazing album. Those three songs specifically, I think you three would really dig. I'll, I'll check uh, it out. I, I just their first it album is a lot of good songs too. So. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure, dude. 
so that's album. I might even check out fucking Passengers too. I don't know. I won't oh, download Passengers I'll just from check England. Out. It's a single. It's not a the movie, right? Fuck that. No. Movie. <laughs> okay, you keep saying fuck the movie, and I'm oh, with you because I hate movie, Jennifer bro. Lawrence. Fuck. But I love Chris Pratt, and I love sci-fi, so I'm probably gonna watch it. <laughs> and it's I'm a probably dude, gonna like yeah, it. And you, and you, no, the problem is you like fucking rom-coms. I a, do. It's a rom-com. I do. I love rom-coms. It's a sci-fi rom-com. So, so with this, it's, it's Michael uh, David Rosenberg. It, so he's Jewish. I won't <laughs> watch Rogue One, but I'll fucking no, 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 watch. No. I'm gonna watch Rogue One. Fucking. I said I wanted to see it in theaters, and it's not like I'm gonna go see fucking Passengers in theaters. Okay, so that's my bad. That's my bad. Solid point. So. <laughs> Uh, the person's name is Michael David Rosenberg. He's passenger. It's just a single artist. Oh, but I'm telling oh, you right awesome. now, you, 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 <laughs> I am you know you know his songs. Like you, you've heard his songs on the radio. I promise you. No, I've, yeah, um, the pe- let her go. I've heard that. Yeah, song let before. yeah, let her go. Everybody knows that fucking song. A lot of people have actually covered his song. Uh, let her go. Oh, okay. And it's like it's yeah. The fucking country people just came out and fucking covered it. It's some dude and some chick and yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. Everybody's moving about on. That. Yeah, move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. <clears throat> All right, I want to do about albums this year, though, man. I was super excited to talk about that album. Let's do best new podcast that you found this year. But can that we can I we, found this year? But yeah. can we can we say this? Can we say that Chris is definitely more music oriented than us? Because you and I knew like when well, I one album. One. I was looking. <laughs> I'm like, dude, there's not really the and albums that I love. Chris is like, bro, I got like eight. I had to narrow dude, it down. Aesop <laughs> came out. It with took an him album time well. to really narrow it down. And I had to be like, I think I got one. I'm not sure if it came out. <laughs> and it wasn't even an album. It was five singles. Was five singles. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been relying on oh, Steve for music for like the past 10 years. Oh, man. Get out of there. Get out, get of, out of there. Dude. Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. Oh, man. You got to get out of there, man. Come to my house for music. That's a rough lane to be in, man. You need to get in that fast lane. You, you're stuck in the slow lane. No, Here's what's funny is, uh, like, one, like I said, podcast that we discovered this year. Yeah. Didn't listen to in 2015. Nope. Only 2016. Only 2016, yeah. I'll start it off because I got a good one. Mine has got to be Tiger Belly. And that's Bobby Lee's fucking podcast. (laughs) And Bobby Lee has some of the craziest fucking stories about going down to Taiwan and fucking this fucking hooker. The dude didn't lose his virginity until he was like 21 or some shit like that. Like, just Bobby Lee is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And so... Tiger Belly is definitely mine. It's only an hour. <laughs> it's only Belly. an hour. Like, like it, it's super fucking fast, and just Bobby tells all these stories from his fucking oh, life, dude. And it's fucking. Did hilarious. he tell that the one about the fucking there. dude? Bobby Lee is amazing. Yeah. I used. You know what's funny is I used to watch Bobby Lee on Matt TV. On Matt TV. Back in the day, I was way more into Matt TV than I was into SNL when Me I was too. younger. Me too. And in Living Color, it's like it's. Hey! It's the skit shows for poor people, <laughs> for some weird reason. Even though yeah. SNL was still on like ABC and CBS, and Bobby Lee told he's like, I was on Mad TV, which was basically SNL but for Mexicans <laughs> like, and Asians. Solid. He told solid that, he, he told that on This Is Not Happening. Yeah. That's he's the greatest fucking, discovery this year. Man, is that. This Is Not Happening is a great TV show. We, I don't amazing. think we've mentioned that we, once. We should we talk should. about that. I was thinking about we'll it, for, it my, for my best yeah. TV series. But, uh, man, so if you haven't heard of it, check out This Is Not Happening. It's on Comedy Central. It's hosted by Ari Shafir, one of our favorite. Well, one of my favorites. Mine, anyways, yeah, one of mine here's too. Here's what it is. It's just comedians telling real life stories in a strip club. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's podcast. Mine's Tiger Belly. Check it out. It's only an hour. You fucking breeze through it and it's hilarious the whole time. And he has his co-host is his girlfriend and she's fucking 
fine. She's so gorgeous that you can just browse her Instagram as you listen to the podcast and you kill an hour, no problem. <laughs> Dude, she's he talks about his girlfriend when when I saw him do live stand up. He talked about his girlfriend and how like I can't watch Notebook with my girlfriend because she'll lean over to me and she goes, "You wouldn't do that for me. Like, you wouldn't do that for me." And he goes, "Yeah, no shit. As soon as you lost your memory, like I'm the plumber. Um, <laughs> no, don't worry. It's on me this week. All right, I'll see you later." <laughs> so he has this whole bit about him, him just dipping out, like, oh, "Yeah, fuck yeah. If you lost your memory, I'd be gone immediately." I'm looking this. No, don't worry. It's Dude, pro bono. It's pro bono. <laughs> he does the hot wings or whatever that that craze that's going around with all the stars right now, where they uh, get on this show. It's just them and another person and they do these uh, chicken wings and they eat have hot sauce on each chicken wing and it goes up in hotness levels or whatever. I should do well, that. Well, Bobby Lee went on there and he shit his fucking pants on TV. Like, but that's the type no of person way. Bobby fucking Lee is. So if you haven't heard of Bobby Lee, you haven't heard of Tiger Belly, check him what out. That's my podcast. Fuck. She's fucking gorgeous. Doesn't She's make sense. Filipino is what she is. And they always talk about I guess Filipinos are like the dirtiest of the dirtiest Mexicans. Now I'm not saying this. This <laughs> isn't of Chris the Asians, saying this. of the Asians. They're Asians. Maybe okay, my bad. Okay. That's what they're seen as. They're seen as like, oh, they're the dirty Asians. Yeah, yeah. Cats. Asian they're the cat Even Asians. there's a Koreans, they're the cat because I guess Bobby's Korean. So like there's all this waste in there too. But, dude, and they Filip- make it, but Filipino girls can be so fucking. But they high. break it down really well. Like they'll break down Korean, South Korean, North Korean, Chinese, Asian, Filipino, uh, Vietnamese, like they break everything down and they, they're able to kind of categorize stuff for you. So when you're a white fucking person like Chris and you don't know what the fuck they're talking about, they kind of break it down. So you, it makes it more relatable to you. It. So yeah, check it out. Buddy. Tiger belly, Bobby Lee. That's my podcast. <clears throat> Damn. What the fuck? Bobby <laughs> Lee's killing. Dude, dude, dude. Money. Bobby Lee's straight killing So money does. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's what money does. I know what your favorite podcast is of the year. Yeah, of course, you were going to pick it, huh? Last podcast? No. Annie? <laughs> yes, I found it this year. That is definitely my favorite podcast that I found this year. Thanks to Dak, actually. I have two of them. I have two of them that I just, two of them that I discovered this year that are completely different, but I have to go with the number one. I'm, I'm struggling between two of them. So Joel, our buddy, he sent us some uh, videos of him with the iPhone, the new iPhone, going in the fucking water, and he went at least two to three Dude, feet under with he, that thing. And he's fat, so he sank down yeah. in the water. <laughs> oh, like, I'm gonna say that. thick and not fat because I don't want him to come yeah, up here and he beat ate my a ass. Live crab. <laughs> oh yeah, but it was like the size of his fucking like thumbnail. He's still insane, and he's Filipino. What about that? Oh, imagine that. Tied Once again, tying it going together. back to Tiger Belly, the best podcast of 2016. Go, Stevie. He said, uh... What I was like, Brad? Last podcast. No, hold on. Nope, don't even say that. Go ahead. You go next. Uh, I'm going to go with mine last. Oh, you he started. He last. already started. He was thanking Dak for showing it. But he's like, no, what? I'm going to go home save for later. All right, guy, whatever. You're so lame sometimes. My, uh, why don't I go last? Because my title starts with the last. So oh I will go last. God. As my title. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. Because, <laughs> dude, I've, I started three amazing podcast this year three only fucking three? incredible i have seven but i mean mine too that's I, not, that's I have not the total of <laughs> the ones i listen to but the ones that i 35 started. is the total motherfucker and the kids one of my very fucking top Dude, ones and first I off i was there too with matt gorley oh yeah it's all about Addy, this, this comedian who he what he does is he just takes people who are in famous scenes of famous movies who were not the main character they're always background characters who had a small bit part. oh michael rapaport and he talks <laughs> and he talks to that person about this great scene and what what's great about that is they have no ties to the industry so they can give you these deep dark secrets yep. about famous people like 
If you interview a famous actor about a famous scene, they give you the exact same stock answers, the same bull. It was great what? working with these people. The directors are amazing. The exact same bullshit. But these people get like say some crazy outlandish shit about yeah, Harrison Ford was always high. One time he ran out of papers and instead of getting a pipe, he cooked weed in a pan. <laughs> <laughs> what a gangster. He saw oh and God. like just crazy. What's shit it like called that. again? Uh, I was there too. With Matt Gorley. It's a fantastic podcast. They've done a couple of Star Wars episodes recently. Uh, they've done like so many great fucking movies. And Matt Gorley is hilarious. It's a great podcast. Um, another one I started listening to is How Did This Get Made? Yep. Another movie Damn. which actually has had Matt Gorley on their show. It's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a hilarious about, yep. podcast where you have uh, Paul Shear, uh, Jason Manzukis, and uh, June Diane Rayfield. Yep, June Diane Rayfield. And Jason Mizzou just kills it, though. They, Come all, on. they only pick really bad movies. They'll do a quick, like, 30-minute... That's just, what killed me on the podcast, because I didn't want to watch any of those You don't even movies. have to watch the movies most of the time. <laughs> no, no, check it out. you don't. It's fun without watching them, because I... Because they go play-by-play, play play and, like, because here's what they do, is they'll give you, like, a quick 30-minute episode and say, hey, we're watching this movie next week, so if you want to, check it out, then listen to the episode. Then the actual episode comes on. It's an hour long where they talk about some horrible movie and just rip it apart. And it's really funny. Like, how the – what? And it's what? And they're just like so – and it's always like famously fucking shitty movies. And it's absolutely terrific. Fuck, definitely check it out. And it's like, okay. Because guaranteed you've seen some of these movies and you're like, oh my god, remember how dumb that was. Jason uh, Manzoukas is the best part about oh, it. Oh, he uh, kills Yeah, it. Jason Manzoukas Like, is he amazing. can do a solo podcast, no problem, and I'll subscribe to that. Yeah, but, um, and I, but I got us. I think what, probably my number one podcast that I started this year is JRE. Right yep. on! Yeah, baby! <laughs> JRE's was going to be in my top as well because it's the no first, I started it this year as well. I started it this year. First off, I love Influence? The- was I the influence? You were, yes, actually. You were. I, did you not, were. I did not even give it a chance until I knew about it, but I didn't even give it a chance until you... I knew about how did this get made before I knew about JRE. And I'm, you're the one that told me, because we were at a party together before we even decided to start this podcast. By the way, Adney posted an old post, uh, a throwback to last year, before we did our first episode. And he's like, goals for this year, start a oh, fucking podcast with Chris and Stevie. And then he has an idea for a prequel for a Boba Fett movie. <laughs> I, I want to do a Boba Fett Netflix series. Yeah. They're, they're not going to do it. But, <laughs> but still. Dude, we should do it. So I have us, plenty of, I have all these ideas. <laughs> all these ideas, so we were at <laughs> so many ideas to how to finish the Fast and Furious franchise in a perfect fucking way. God, kill them all. I got like so Metallica much. and just play the Metallica's Kill Them All album the whole Dude, way. Metallica through. actually I'm not came kill, out because that's new a piece this year indie. that was better than the latest released album. Yeah, I know, I know. But the, let me let me go back to J- like the reason why. Good. The reason yeah. why I picked JRE is because not only do I love the three hour runtime, I love it, <laughs> but um. No other podcast has as interesting or as many interesting guests as fucking Joe Rogan's podcast. And it's usually just him and one other person. A lot of times it's a bunch of people. He brings on the best fucking comedians. They have the funniest conversations. He has these giant he loves to talk in depth about combat sport, which is another bonus for us. For us. He doesn't yeah. talk about movies or music, which is like like I love hearing and talking about movies. He doesn't do that, but it's okay because yeah. he goes in depth about combat sports, about comedy. Yeah, about he's trying to steal our idea because we're, we're the movie podcast. He, he kick, like, there's a lot of social stuff, a lot of social issues. He brings people like Jordan Peterson on that are all about these uh, social justice warriors and combating these social justice warriors and bringing everything back to reality. Well, he's the broadest. Yeah, the broadest. 
brings, range of, of, in, of fucking guests, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Like he brings in scientists, he, no, evolution, yeah, he brings, in, he brings in literal geniuses. He brings yeah. in Randall Neil Carlson, De, Neil deGrasse Sam Tyson. Harris, Sam Harris. The, the, Neil, the deGrasse Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson episode is one of my favorite of all time. He's Sam Harris has been on a several fucking times. Christopher Hitchens and, and Joe Rogan Hello. just gets fucking blazed out of his mind and tries to talk to these brilliant men, <laughs> and it's fucking Dennis hilarious. Leary or no, uh, Dennis. Dennis Psychedelics. He just had the fire. Oh, fire. fuck. Um, Den- uh, God damn it. He just had it because his dad. His dad is... Leary. David Leary. Is that what it is? Denny Leary. Diane. I'll, I'll tell you, Chris, and you can say it. You can say it again. No, let's say it again. Zach Leary. God Zach Leary. So, wait, hold on. Say it, say it again, Chris. Say it good. Like, say it. Zach Leary. Boom. Got it. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I think it's... It's my favorite new podcast that I started this year. It's, it's not my absolute number one. Right. I don't yeah. think, but... Uh, Fucking awesome! It's definitely yeah, my number one. one. Like that's the one I'll listen to every single episode, even when it's him and Red Band, and those are yeah. not very exciting. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I don't like like um, I, I love like I don't like some of the Duncan Trussell ones. Oh, I, I love, love Duncan Trussell. Nothing against Duncan Trussell because he's still a really funny comic. He's just, interesting guy. Just, sometimes he's a weird they, dude. they talk so much about like. Existentialism. And no, like, not just existential, but it's like, oh, you had to be like positive about spirituality. It's that's like, true. And it yeah, just kind of, yeah, yeah, it kind of gets true. grading. It's like when Shannon Briggs is positive, it's hilarious and fucking. And it's like, yeah, that's fair. I'm yeah. feeling jacked. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> not when you know. I actually subscribe to Duncan. Duncan Trussell's very weird. He's yeah, definitely he's weird. weird. Dude. Yeah, he's weird. Like when I first saw him, the first time I ever even saw Duncan Trussell was on Drunk History. And I thought yeah, it was one of the too. funniest fucking episodes ever because he, there's like flies flying around his house. Remember, and like <laughs> with the the main guy, um, Waters, uh, Derek Waters. Derek Waters is like trying to smash. He goes, "Dude, come on, we're some advanced cave monkey people, and these are like these are the bugs that are living off of their life or something <laughs> like that." It was super weird. Like, and then I, lo- I was bugs, like, bro. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, I like Duncan Trussell. He's, he's weird, weird. for sure. And then he's just, not everyone's cup." Then. I mean, a lot of their shit is like, whoa, it's kind of a crazy way to look at it. That's why I like Joe Rogan so much is Joe Rogan, he looks at things completely different perspective. And Bill, uh, um, Burt Kreischer says it perfectly. It's like, I'm pretty sure it was him who explained that when Joe looks at something, you can mention something. Joe's like, well, no, like someone's like, look at the, look at the font on that book. And Joe's like, well, yeah, but look at how the font like uh, accentuates from the color that the binder is made out of, or that the binding's made out of, or look at this. Like he looks at thing in a totally different he perspective. Does a, he doesn't does a great job of like tearing apart that whole meathead stereotype. De- yeah, and he deconstructing does, for sure. every. He, yeah, that's very that's, good as well yeah. because people assume, oh fucking, oh my wrestler, was. Oh, he commentates a, for fucking UFC, dude. He's yeah. a fucking media. And I think that. And I love, I got to give respect to Joe Rogan fucking more than any other person in the limelight of fame. He is definitely the most productive person I've ever seen in my fucking dude, life. I've ever listened crazy, to anything. Yeah. I have trouble like us doing the podcast working somebody I'm like man him and that's why we love Donald Glover as well we give kind of like we give a nudge to those who are constantly doing something jobs. yeah constantly doing something which of course if you didn't have a day job and you could do whatever the I fuck mean, you want I, and get I paid for it even I get if we that. didn't have to work every day I feel like we would still be putting the work in like if we were had this fl- uh, well that's the difference yeah yeah we have to work our normal day to day jobs if we didn't we'd be able to use our jobs as our passion that's if where we Joe didn't, we would have a pilot for your Boba Fett series all already fucking made <laughs> and we'd have our skits we'd have our skits already ready yep. and done with yep. these are little things that we need to work towards not that we need to work and then do
interview them on the side. It's like the reason that we are working is because eventually it's going to pay off because us three, we already know we want to do more than this just together. So, I mean, yeah. That's a idea for a Batman movie. (laughs) So that's why you got to kind of give, you got to give a nod towards Joe and Donnie G because these motherfuckers are constantly working, constantly trying to improve their lives. And once they reach that one step, it's the mogul idea. It's the same thing like Bert talked about Kevin uh, Kevin Hart. It's like, dude, he became a fucking mogul. Yeah, he's a comedian. People looked up to him, but he's reached this point to where it's like, no, I want to I want to inspire people. Let's go champ. To, like, he's trying people. to be the let's yeah. go champ yeah. of, of com- comedy. Yeah. And I think that's great. And, and people want to give Kevin Hart shit all the time. And I don't think his new stuff is as good as his Old stuff, of course not. But, but he's taking he's dude, taking a like, step up. He's influencing people. Yeah. That I mean, like yeah, he's like, influencing people. That's all no you, that's you can here's, hate. Here's what's brilliant about Kevin Hart. Being great at their craft. Yeah. Here's what's brilliant about Kevin Hart is that he's basically in the same boat that Dane Cook was in about ten years ago. Dane Cook reached a, a level of popularity and fame to where he couldn't tell what was funny anymore. He was like, I don't tell – they're cheering and not really laughing. They're cheering at everything. I can't tell what, what jokes are really working. And so his material suffered. And he had to – like he tried movies and they weren't funny and he was just suffering so bad that his comedy didn't translate to the screen. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of went away. And he's like, I don't know what to do now. And he had to fucking go away for a couple of years and start doing clubs to try and get back his like feel for stand-up. But he's never been back to the same level again. Whereas Kevin Hart, when he reached that same level, he realized it and he's like, wow, well, now they're just cheering. Well, now I'm just going to turn – I'm going to evolve. I'm not going to be the same comic. I can't make the same laughs anymore because I don't know what's funny because they're just cheering at everything. So I'm going to use my fame and like what I have and my outreach to change what I can do and try to affect people in a positive way still and use that. Yeah. He completely evolved and changed what his career is. And yeah. that's pretty fucking admirable. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So that's why I definitely – so the whole thing, what we're going to say is shout out to Kevin Hart, right? That's what <laughs> we're trying to say. But um, no – Alcoholic cast stamp. Kevin Hart. But gosh. But, um, <laughs> but that's why, I mean, with Joe Rogan, I, I fell in love with, the, uh, with JRE this year, hands down. I've actually discovered a lot of people through JRE. Not only that, like, fuck, I love Tony Hinchcliffe. I discovered that. I knew who Burt Kreischer was, but – I just read his book. I didn't know he had a podcast or anything. If it wasn't Tony's for his podcast, isn't it, that good? It, it's more for like a live audience. Well, well Tony, not, I mean Tony, Tony in general. Well, Tony in general on uh, JRE, I love. And if I, even though I had read Kreischer's book, because Julio, Julio was like, "You love Van Wilder, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, boom, this is the guy's book based off of it," and he's the one that gave me Bert Kreischer's book. But I didn't think about searching Burt Crusher's podcast, anything like that. I didn't even realize the world that we have with podcasts. I was just <laughs> listening to a couple of them. Julio's the one that showed me that. And then he's like, oh, you should listen to Penn Sunday School. And it all evolved from there. So I got to give a shout out to Julio for even showing me podcasts. He sat me down. He goes, nope, give me your phone. I'm going to download this for you. You got to <laughs> fucking listen. And a couple months later is when we found out that you're a JRE fan. But everybody that I already knew about, I already threw Penn Sunday School, I already knew about Sam Harris. I knew about Richard Dawkins. I knew about Christopher Hitchens. All the greats. Fucking, and that's when I started getting into even, uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking, what the fuck is his name? We just fucking talked about him. Black Eye. Scientist, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. So, yeah. Black science man. (laughs) uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson all the great fucking people that are in the limelight of like science evolution or anything like that. I, I gained that information through Penn Sunday school. And then once you showed me Jerry, I'm like, 
oh, nice. I, I like Joe Rogan. He's fucking funny. I knew him from Fear Factor. I didn't know he was a comedian until I saw his stand-up, which I've talked about. I walked out on Dave and Danny and all that. I'm watching. I'm like, what the fuck? He's a fucking comedian? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, he was a comedian first. Yeah. And yeah. that's what's really cool. Fucking Boston, man. And then discovering fucking his show. Guys. I've, I've discovered so many different other comics through his show. And yeah, I got to yeah, see cool. all my favorite people that Penn has talked about. Penn Jillette and, and him are good friends. Did you know that? Penn uh, yeah. yeah, Pendulette and Joe Rogan. Because even Joe Rogan, I watched an old episode, the, the Blue Cheese episode of Joe Rogan when it's like, no, Blue Cheese cocks. I go, Blue Cheese and go fuck your mother. Blue but, Cheese and chicken legs. Yeah, yeah. Just like they did a Buffalo New York was fucking invented. <laughs> so on that same episode... Um, Pendulette on Sunday school gave a rant about Obama and how in his book he mentioned smoking weed and doing a little blow. Pendulette, who's somebody who's never touched, smoked weed, never t- haven't had a sip of alcohol in his fucking life, oh, and he's boy. all for everybody doing whatever the fuck they want. He's all for everybody shooting heroin, everything you want, as long as you don't hurt other people. So he's all for drugs not they're not being a war on drugs and he's like this guy who fucking is joking about smoking weed and doing a little blow he's putting people in prison for fucking years upon years and he's joking about it in his book but i fucking promise you if he got caught with any of these items illegal items he would not be fucking president and he had this good rant and joe rogan put it on that episode and i was like nice and then pendulette always talks about like his argument with Joe Rogan about Joe Rogan trying to tell him you need to smoke weed and him saying no to Joe Rogan. So, I mean, those went hand in hand. Once you told me about JRE, I discovered a lot. So I got to do that as my first one as well. I'm glad I discovered that this year. Uh, The second one I'm going to choose for mine that I discovered this year, which I owe both of these, my next two to Dak. Um, Dak thought it was weird at first that I listened to podcasts. She actually made fun of me. Hey! Hey! She actually made fun of me through a roommate. Her, she was like, he just listens to talk radio when he drives, <laughs> and it's, and I was like, no, you got to hear podcasts and stuff like that, and and I showed her um, once my favorite murder came out, which I love my favorite murder, it's true crime podcast, but that's not the one I want to discuss. Um, there was another, there was like more true crime shows that were discovered after that, and the one that she showed me was Sword and Scale. She had already started listening to way more true crime podcasts than I had already. I was listening to a lot of comedy podcasts. And I was like, well, she was like, babe, you got to hear this one. I've listened to the second episode and I had to shut it off and made my stomach hurt. So it's perfect for you. <laughs> and that was like, that's where she went with it is like, this I got to admit, I got to admit, I actually haven't listened to Sword and Scale. No, that's fine. Joel actually started listening to Sword and Which Scale. Which was really surprising. Yeah, me too. I haven't listened to Sword and Scale, Last Pod, Contest on the Left, or Making of a Murder. My right? Favorite Murder. I, listened, yeah. I definitely listened to, I listened to uh, My Favorite Murder. I th- no, wait, no. They were on, like, the Cracked podcast yeah. or something. So I heard them on Well, that. yeah, they were on oh, Cracked. That's where I discovered them, through Cracked, in which I, actually, I think Adam also on Cracked podcast. The un, they're also on Unpopular Opinion, I believe, which is one of my favorite podcasts. But um, also, uh, like, like I was going to say, is the last podcast on the last, I do listen to that regularly, and I fucking like it. Yeah, and I got... It's funny. It, it's actually <laughs> what got Dave, Davey, into right. listening to podcasts. Once I told... I was like, Davey, listen, I understand you don't want to listen to R as much. You like Jerry... This one is right up your alley because Dave and me, the one thing that Davey and I have always connected with was our love for true crime, our love for serial killers and horror movies. Like whenever like there's a picture of, say, Pennywise the Clown and it gets posted to our group chat. Davey's like Stevie or anytime I post something that's crazy like about gore or anything, the first thing I say is, Davey, check this out. What do you think? Because... Davey and I have always just agreed on that. We've, we've always had this weird, random obsession with 
uh, true crime and with like horror and gore and like old B movies like fucking um, Dead Alive, shit like that. That's like this is totally cheesy, totally gory, but it's it's something that we fucking love. And that's why I'm glad that Dave even grabbed uh, the movie Clown, I think it's called, the one that he posted to the group mm-hmm. chat the day. And because I told him, dude, you gotta watch it, man. It's it's absolutely fucking phenomenal. But so that I mean, I learned about my favorite murder through Cracked, luckily, with Adney. Uh, Adney showed me Cracked. And Dak learned through that. So it was like a whole mixture of you showing someone a podcast, them listening to it, and them finding sub-podcasts through that. It's a fucking really crazy world through podcasts. Like, I'm glad this is our longest topic. No, it is crazy. it's, It's very odd how you could show someone a podcast that they fall in love with. Then they start to look for sub podcasts upon that. They get caught up on all the material and they're like, well, great. I'm caught up on all the material. I have a week. What the fuck am I going to do? Then they start finding sub podcasts. Me, mine were always comedy podcasts. Mine were, mine all, were all always straight JRE, comedy, yeah. um, uh, How Did This Get Made, Penn, Penn Sunday School, and then uh, HBO Boxing Podcast with Eric Roskin and Kermel Beanie. <laughs> and then Cracked, which Adney showed me. And then uh, fucking, what's the other one that we talked about? Um, I Was There Too with Matt Gorley. I started listening to all these comedy ones. Bill Burr. Fucking Bill Burr. Was, Monday Morning. Well, actually, Monday morning, Monday morning was the second <laughs> podcast I ever I ever listened to because of Adney. Adney would send me clips through YouTube. Yeah. Adney would send me YouTube clips. Listen to Burr on this. Listen to this. And then that's how actually, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I kind of think Julio told me to listen to Bill Burr's podcast. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. I remember uh, in, living in Sacramento and Julio sending me clips too, like sending me YouTube clips of Bill Burr's podcast. Because Julio has been listening to podcasts for years. He listened to JRE forever too. And dude, he was the one that kind of told me about it and then clearly told fucking Adney, listen to this. But... I'm glad that it's like this weird fucking world of somebody showing you it's something. It's amazing then, how many people have podcasts. Yeah. How, like, so many are, oh. like Adam Carolla. Julio listens to Adam Carolla all the time. I don't. I don't either. But it's like these people have their that. certain niches and they show you these other ones and then you find your niche. It's a it's a, it's a, a tree. It's seriously like a family tree of podcasts of like the first person showing you something and everyone building off of it. All these little weird little branches. Just like I showed her My Favorite Murder. She comes back to me with have you listened to the last podcast on the left? And I was like, nah, uh, not really. And I, I listened to it for an episode, didn't really like it, and stopped listening. Then she just showed me Sword and Scale. And I was like, this is the fucking one. So let me get to that. So this show is the darkest true crime podcast there is, I believe. I mean, they have interviews with fucking serial killers. They have real audio of 911 calls, everything, like um, interrogations. It's all these fucking dark moments in true crime. And this podcast does a really great job of like honing you in and making you fearful in a sense. Like you, your heart races, you're sitting there listening, and it makes you upset, sort of. It's not fun. It's not funny, like like My Favorite Murder. And then after that, she was just listening to Last Podcast on the Left every fucking day, and she finally told me, just give it a re-listen, listen to these few episodes. And once I really did give it a re-listen, I fell in love with it. It's my favorite podcast that I've ever discovered this year. It's number one, Last Podcast on the Left, Marcus Parks, Henry Zabrowski and Ben Kissel, they fucking kill it. They are so goddamn funny. And it doesn't just stick to true crime. They stick to, uh, they do like conspiracies, which the first episode I got Adney to listen to was yeah. chemtrails. <laughs> I was like, Adney, I've been, I was trying to get him to listen to it, but I was like, nope, you know what? This is the one that would actually get you interested because I know he doesn't like murder and all that bullshit. He wants, you know, he doesn't want to hear that shit. So I'm like, 
listen to this one. It's about chemtrails. And he listened. He goes, dude, holy shit. And we went back and forth sending texts about how funny it was. And they do. They don't just stick to murder. They do a lot of conspiracy. They do a lot of alien talk. Um, they do like werewolves. The and, like, alien shit um, is hilarious, dude. And, like, Adney says, Henry, Henry Zabrowski just gets so fucking crazy in death. He's like, I, be- I believe it. I believe it all. Like, He's oh, super into it. And I believe it all. Adney's favorite episode was um, David Bowie and the Occult. And oh, Adney yeah. talked about that being his favorite episode. And it's like, there you go. You get these hidden gems in this show that's not just, they're not appealing just to the true crime crowd. They're appealing to. Like, they have these small little niches that are sub-genres of their and main he wasn't, he was in a genre. And it's fucking great. But they talk about David, uh, David Bowie and how he just loved the occult. And, like, Aleister Crowley and these weird random wizard. dudes. Yeah. He's a magical sex god. <laughs> so those are the three that I got to talk about. Sorry, I know I went a long time. But, um, no, it's okay. Fucking uh, JRE, for sure. That's my fucking number. I uh, think JRE gets that, the stamp. JRE gets the stamp. I'm going to have to give it to that. JRE gets the stamp. <laughs> Podcast of the year. JRE. JRE. I'm definitely. I'm definitely. Bagoosh. <laughs> what else we got? I, li- I like this one. This one is probably going to be super quick, but I like it. Uh, and I don't remember if you guys uh, wrote it down or whatever, so this will be off the top of your head. <clears throat> Best underrated object used every day? Who? Uh, All Star? My hand. My hand. That's how I got Dak to date me. Uh, my hand. All Star? Headphones. For what? I was, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was fucking thinking about it, then you said it. Then <laughs> you don't realize how amazing headphones so, are. As until a, they get taken away. Until your cat <laughs> chews on one, and then you can't hear it. No, or, until, or until some fucking dickhead comes into your company and is like, I'm the new chef. We bitched about that like all year long. That, your headphones are going to take you away. I literally made a giant Nazi bit about getting headphones taken away. I literally turned my company into this fucking Nazi brigade. Third Reich thing Oh because they're gonna Take away my headphones I got fired Because of listening To my headphones From the fucking Hubert factory Or oh. whatever Because I was listening To the headphones And I was sneaking it And I then I got that. snitched okay. on And then I was like boop, boop, boop. We're gonna agree That headphones are the one Cause dude I made the whole bit About like Welcome to the And then company's name <laughs> I don't wanna mention it <laughs> Where we Will set up the rules Rule number one there will be no talking. <laughs> this whole thing, but headphones was the main point. Like them taking away my headphones was like, all right, this is bullshit. And then I made the whole bit of like fucking uh, headphones are hides. Yes, mine feel. Tells them what's the rules. You will not speak unless you are spoken to. Hides, hides. Will you have your cell phones? Nay. Will you have your headphones? Nay. Good hands. <laughs> and it's just like all about. How that is total fucking micromanagement and how we don't do shit. We're all by ourselves. We're prepping. We're not doing stuff. We're not interacting with people. And that was our main argument yeah. for people who don't really like, I don't listen to headphones when I'm working. We're like, when you're, certain when you're talking to customers, that's one thing. Right. But when you're like uh, spending several hours in the day working in the quiet just by yourself with really no communication, maybe with your supervisor, and that's it. Fuck you. Headphones should be totally fine. Exactly. Yeah, like today, for instance, today at work, we were using heavy machinery and it was a two-man job. So today, for the first half of the day, I didn't even have my headphones on me because I knew that I need to be there in the moment. Communicating was because you're doing but a dual job. we're done with that. We're done with the heavy equipment. Headphones are fucking in. It's that fucking simple. Sorry. You know? So. Not headphones. Let's specifically say one 
one earbud. The earbud. Oh, one yeah. fucking earbud. That's why. That's why. Also, like, because a lot of people are like, you mean like big headphones? I don't mean. I don't. I'm no. not. I'm not into the big fucking giant headphones. Neither I like I. the tiny Apple earbuds because they have the pause I button fucking right here, the Apple right here by your ear. Stay in your ear. And I love them. It's okay. They I understand stay in my ear, which is weird. Maybe my ears are just. Your not ears are fucking stupid. Properly, <laughs> <laughs> fuck your ears. Fucking stupid ears. And I got, I got lucky. So Annie and I both had to deal with somebody coming along and saying like, we're gonna, we're gonna take them. We're, they're gonna go away. And so are like, you, are you still not allowed to use your? Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a lot. Well, no, check it out now. So this guy comes along, says we're gonna take them away, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? I'm here prepping. Like Fridays, now we're up at seven, but Fridays we're getting there at nine o'clock, nine thirty in the morning, and I, we don't open till five. Imagine being sat there and quiet. And I'm a talker. We yeah, know this. You, we, know, <laughs> we know I'm a talker. And I'm like, what would you rather have me at? What would you rather have me do? Talk? Or would you rather have me have an earbud in and ignore all the motherfuckers around me? Exactly. Oh, and like, man. and also like, and I would prep from like fucking 6 a.m. Yep. to fucking um, 11. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like these huge amounts of time. These gaps of times when you're not hanging out with anybody. Yeah. Why you're not? not taking orders from fucking cus- the customers aren't allowed in yet. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? so I found a loophole because the same guy talked to Adney and myself. But I found a loophole. I'm like, all right, fine. You don't want headphones? That's cool. I put it in my fucking chef pocket with the earphone or the the, the speaker, the speaker pointing, up. pointing up. Now I get to listen. That's now more. you all get to listen about this person getting murdered. That's oh, more. that person got raped and murdered? Well, now you got to listen. That's more distracting. Exactly. <laughs> also, like what I, like, um, I did this when my headphones first broke and then I did it again when they said no more headphones is you could put your phone speaker down into like a little bowl or yeah, container. Yep. Like a metal I was one, doing that and first. echo. And just fucking, fucking bury that shit right on the station. It's like, why is your phone inside one of the fucking things? Like, I'm going to wash it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was doing that before I even started doing the whole headphones thing in my pocket. A friend of mine showed me the pocket thing, but I was originally doing it in a six pan or in a glass. Now, the... I feel like, and I feel like uh, another thing I was thinking about for objects that are underrated was your phone charger. But I feel like a phone charger is a lot of attention to that. Yeah. A lot of people talk about and worry about chargers. Little tiny headphones. Little headphones are the shit. I think we're going to have to fucking go on that as a stamp. Stamp. But, uh... Best item. But the best best idea that, that, I mean, the, the best part about it is now we have our fucking main head chef, Ivano, and he's like, no, I don't give a fuck. You can listen to your headphone. You get your work done. That's all that matters. It was if funny, you, dude. Which was, is great. He, he came into my, he was like uh, doing a bunch of new stuff at, at my restaurant today and he was talking to one of the higher ups, not going to name names, but she's known for being really fucking mean and hella rude to everyone. He's like, yeah, he's reaching across the uh, little uh, bar thing and they're talking like real serious talk and then like, I'm, fi- I'm like f- almost finished prepping. I walk up and I see him and I just yell at him all, what's up, champ? <laughs> and then he looked at me, he's all, hey, how's it going, champ? Like, hella loud, it was fucking awesome. That's anyway. fucking amazing, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that, that lady's a bitch. Um, but that's the one cool thing about our boss is now someone who allows it, because he was my boss, and he was against it even when the new rules got put in place. And now that he's the boss, like, no, fuck that. You can do that, that's fine. You get your work done, that's all that matters. As long as they're yeah. not distracting you, because there is kitchen etiquette. But yeah, so the stamp of approval, so, Chris, is headphones. Oh, Underrated no, item you use every day to your little tiny headphones. But damn, best porn star this year that you found this year. Oh, your favorite shit. slash best porn star. Okay, so this I for a long time I was like, Abby has a whole list <laughs> on his phone. Listen, I didn't do a review for anything else, but the porn star one, I I'm really, I really dug deep. All right, and I did my homework. All right. Seriously, though. 
<laughs> like I've never, like I've never really had like a porn star that I liked. And, like, Can we have three? Because I have a lot. <laughs> I'm ready for you guys, but I do have one that I found. It was what was crazy was that it was on one of those like you know how fucking like Facebook would be like, look at these top ten people, yeah, fucking yeah. whatever. It was all top ten like porn stars and like the first, you know that like, the thumbnail, right? Super hottie, <laughs> and I was like, well, let me let me check, let me let me check this out. Let me, let me take a look. Let me take a look. And I looked it up. I looked it up. And her name is Janice Griffith. Okay, gotta look her up. <laughs> I know who that is. I know that name. I know. <laughs> he knows her. What, he got her stats too, bro? Anyways, uh, like the picture I saw of her in the thumbnail, she was like blonde, which usually I don't, I'm not really into blondes, but uh, blonde chick and she had like What? Gay, she's tiny, she bro. Had gay, I know. Weird, right? Uh, <laughs> not for me. Hard pass. Anyways, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, like- uh, like gauges and everything, and like had a couple of piercings, but uh, I don't know, there's something about it looks like, super face fucking is super hot. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, and then like, all, like all her porn is in HD, which is fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> she has no standard depth porn. Nobody, <laughs> like nobody wants a fuzzy fucking picture when you're trying to jack it. It's true. This is true. Hot, hot moans and fucking sweet dirty talk. It was just sweet, and like that's uh, so recently found her like two three she, her face she's her face is beautiful yeah. body wise it's not my type but I, I can get it I can, I can see it for sure well I'm into all types I don't judge Chris good for you I'm not god damn she's way too I bony know for my ass <laughs> is there she is looks there, super hot as a brunette she looks super hot she had like she does hair. look good she had and silver like, hair like she just looks I mean hot. I haven't seen That's one bad fuck. picture of her she, she might be a suicide girl sexy. it's like a suicide girl did actual suicide porn. girl without tattoos oh she has like one yeah like on her ribs whatever all right, that's fair. That's fair. She's a cutie, right on. Good for her. Uh, was there a specific scene? Uh, did she do? Dance uh, style nice oh, I got or, some scenes. Uh, I can, a, I can name. There was a pretty good. Yeah, there's some pretty good anal scenes in there. <laughs> really? About, like that like, little girl is just getting mine random. Are all anally, huh? Mine are all blowjobs. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> all right, I got three. Okay, Keisha Gray, and Keisha Gray is solely due to Snapchat because. When I started following her on Snapchat, she's one of the only fucking people that actually put her fucking tits on there and her ass, and she's all cute. Keisha, great. And she's got this super adorable fucking little gap tooth. She's just so pretty, but then she smiles, and you're like, ugh. But she's not hideous when she smiles. It's like a cute gap. gap. (laughs) No, but but dude, this chick is body. Her body's amazing. It's a perfect body. It's not like a a normal Chris body where they're super thick, super fucking, like, nice and thick, maybe a little bit of a belly. No, 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 no. She's fucking perfect, probably 150 She's much closer to, like, Iskra Lawrence body Yeah, exactly. She's very Iskra Lawrence. Full figure. But bigger boobs. But nice, beautiful fucking tits. And then this... The most adorable little gap in her teeth makes her so fucking cute. But this? the reason why I fell in love with her wasn't even because I of her I want to change my pick real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it was because of her Snapchat. Because I was going and I was trying to find some Snapchat things that would show some titties. And none of them would show any titties. And they were all like, oh, you want Snapchat. me to show you some titties? Oh, you got to pay for this this Snapchat. You got a premium Snapchat. And I see all these premium Snapchat accounts coming up. And she was one that never resorted to the premium. She never... Went uh-huh. that low. What she does is instead she'll only post once every three or four days. You know, and it'll be one seven-second clip, and it'll be her. She's smiling, and then boom, quick tits. And that's pretty much it. Sometimes it's a dog. Sometimes it's not. Oh, my God. One of the, like, related searches is Janice Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> She's my runner-up, though. She's my runner-up. I think we're going to help a lot of people with these. <laughs> specifically because of Snapchat. She's amazing. 
But, I, I, want, I want to say one more time, I fucking hate Snapchat. <laughs> Look at her. Go, go to Bing and look her up. That, that's better. I have, Bing. I tied. I, love I tied. That's <laughs> an underrated <laughs> use. Underrated everyday porn. Underrated. Use. Bing searches. Because I set that search to off, not moderate. <laughs> I keep seeing gifts of both of these fucking women, right? And I would see a gif of this one, and then I would go into the comments, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then they'd be like, oh, this is this girl. And then I would go up, and I'd be like, what's up? Um, I would type in said girl's name, XXX. All right, let's get into some porn. And then I would click on it. Boom. Very nice of you. There's fucking nothing. Why, why can't I find it's, any fucking it's, porn it's videos? Next, but then like the I could find images of them naked. I could find images of them taking dick. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I, I started going down the rabbit hole. And I started seeing that there's all these Snapchat premium accounts. So you know what I did? I did it. For one fucking oh month, I was like, fuck it. And I picked two of them. And I did my research because Alexis Texas is on there. And she has a premium account. And I was thinking of Alexis Texas, but she's already my favorite. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go with someone else. I already know what Alexis Texas looks like. I know how she moves that booty and all that <laughs> good stuff. Her porn's available free. <laughs> so, but he's a thrifty shopper. <laughs> You're very so I wanted to go porn. deep. I wanted to go deep. So... We all know him. I like a thick, big booty. So one of them is Tiffany Capitelli. Finally a name. Tiffany Capitelli. C-A-P-T-O-L-L-I. Around there. It'll come up. Now, Tiffany's face isn't the prettiest. It's cute, but it's meh. But her body is a crisp body. It's nice and slim, not not a lot of pudge or anything, and then just a humongous fucking ass and big old fucking thighs. She's fucking amazing. But what really got me is once I got her premium account, she does little videos on premium account with a boyfriend. And the way she moves her fucking ass is better than Alexis Texas. And I didn't think that was fucking possible. So I Tiffany, found the same thing with me. She's I found, be I found same one who I thought my number one girl. Was and there was Reed. somebody that came out. Yeah, thank you, Adney. <laughs> Adney knows. There's some girl that came out that actually does a lot of porn with Riley. Ooh. That, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That Ooh. everyone... They, they the make, opening act became <laughs> the star of the show. Yeah, they make them... They put them together and like, oh, well, this is her sister in some takes, or this is her stepsister or cousin. And Bring they look similar. <laughs> I am into taboo shit, actually. Um, and then they put them together, and it's like, oh, my God, this girl fucking stole the show. But bro. who stole my show and who stole my number one spot was because of the premium Snapchat and all that. Her name is Sexy D. And what did she do? Sexy Se- D. Sexy D-E-A. It's Sexy D-E-A, which I-, I thought is a stupid fucking username. I originally thought there's no way this is even a fucking actual porn star. And then I fucking found her. She's on X videos. She's on this site. She's on this site. But all the videos are only playing with herself. And I was like, no, I need penetration. Yeah. I need dick in vagina. I need That's dick in mouth. Porn. That's mine. Yeah. Okay. Mine's dick in mouth. Yeah. Fair. And so she also has a Snapchat premium account, but she doesn't do just like 10 second clips. No, she'll do like 10 fucking minutes. I'm bro. not getting anything no, wait, good yeah, Did she say de- sexy D too? So you really thought it was D-E-A. It. But it, it is D. That's how you spell it. Sexy oh, no, D-E-A. No, but, but it's sexy D though, right? Yeah, I, I imagine it's D, yeah. yeah. But what really got me is unlike Tiffany Capitelli where Tiffany's face isn't really that gorgeous, this sexy D bitch's face is absolutely gorgeous and and she's from the fucking UK, so she's got a deep fucking accent. Oh, in it. well, over right killing there. it. Once the accent came in, it was like, whoop, yep, you just went to number one. Yep. Here, just scroll through a couple of those. God. Yeah, I, I, Damn. I did a good search. Oh, I get Holy I get shit. Good search. She, she is uh, number one in the UK. She's number one. Guess who's number one in the US, according to X videos? 
Alexis, Tory Texas. Black, <laughs> Alexis, Texas, baby. Be- up to your genre, to your genre. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, they have a porn star like rating on oh, X shit, videos, and it shows you where they are like in the world rankings, or I don't know how the dude. Fuck this they chick fuck is them. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, Sexy Dia is fine. She's gorgeous, and the only way you can get her videos is if you get her Snapchat because. I'm, a, I'm gonna admit it. I, I got her Snapchat, and then I was trying to screenshot it. And as soon as I screenshotted it, boop! It fucking revoked my account, and it was like, "You aren't allowed to do it anymore because I attempted to take a screenshot." Like, no way! <laughs> and I was like, "What? How do they have that type of security on here?" Like, so high yeah, class. They kicked high class security right there, homeboy. Yeah. yeah. Her was accent. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I so. thought your number one was gonna be, uh, you know, Backpage. But anyways, oh, we didn't get to talk. Backpage <laughs> got shut down. Man. Shut down. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm so, so bummed. So wait, wait, wait. Let's give a moment down. of silence. Can we just give a moment of silence for Backpage? Memorial ten count. It's too long. It's too long. She doesn't get it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're sluts. I'm not Bernard Hopkins, all right? Ding, 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 ding. One of the ones is only nine. God damn. That's that's so, still So who up. do you got, Mr. POV? So my number one is going to be uh, for the person that I discovered this year that I fucking absolutely yeah, fell in love with was Daisy Hayes. Hmm. She has this one video about, it's called, Daddy issues. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> wait, wait. Are you one of those guys that watch porns and you're like, you start up from like the zero mark and you're into the story and you're like, you gotta watch the and then whole I, thing. No, no, no. I start from the zero mark. I get to the story, then I fast forward. Oh my God, dude! I can't even begin to watch the videos that try to sit there and be like, oh hi, daddy. What are you doing, daughter? Oh, I'm just, I'm just doing this video yeah, on easy, YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah, how about you suck my dick? So Daisy is daddy. Oh, Stop in daddy incest. issues real quick. She's it's mono jobs M A N O. Jesus, she's tiny. Job. Dude, she's so fucking. Is she hot. Asian? She or has something? these. Yeah, she's part Asian. Okay. She has these dreads. Holy Ugh. shit! I'm okay with Damn, that. Damn, she's hot. Nah, hard pass. Not into dreads, but she's hot. She's I'm into dreads. Dude, I'm, am she I looking says, at the wrong person? No, but see, what I love. Let me see what you got. Yeah, that's the wrong person. Daisy Hayes. She is hot, dude, and she's like. Daisy Hayes, let's do daddy. Let me show. Let me show. Let me show you something right now. It's the best picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, she's way. Oh well, yeah, she's way here than the one I was just looking at. She's still tiny. I don't like tiny. I, know you don't like I like the yeah, dreads, dude. I like her face. Yeah, that's what I'm dreads. talking about. She's super cute. She's adorable, <laughs> dude. She's extremely fucking. Oh, it's fine. You don't have to show me now. I need to show me. It's All right, fine. you're good. Oh, and plus your shit. Your shit doesn't even tell it. It doesn't even show the thing. But, uh, yeah, Daisy Hayes, dude, she, the whole video, like, mono jobs is her, like, oh, licking the dick, putting in her pussy, but also she's mainly just talking to the camera. It's POV. And I really love, like, dirty talk. So that's what I mainly look towards is, like, girls yeah, that dude, are dirty talk is the shit. girls that are taking care of my dick <laughs> and that are also dirty talking to the camera. I'm going to change my pick again. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy Hayes, dude. I think deserves the stamp just off of the looks dude, of this fucking girl. Daddy... Daddy Issues is the best video ever with her. The way that she talks to you. I don't have a specific video, so. It's fucking extremely fucking hot. I know, I love Asian chicks. I, yeah, I love Asian chicks too. That's why this one's my fucking, this one that I discovered this year that I love. Now, Riley Weed, I actually discovered 2016 as well. What? And really? I kind of have to give it to her. Mm. Well, I was just, <laughs> I kind of have to give it to her. That's <laughs> my number two. Because it's Riley fucking Reed and every blowjob video 
she does. When I discovered Throated.com and I discovered Riley Weed as like the main girl, holy fucking shit, dude. My my dick was like settled for like three months until I started mm-hmm. finding random videos. Um, Matt's my number two, Riley Weed. She's extremely fucking hot. She gives the best blowjobs, I swear, in porn history. Uh, I I I'm not even joking. Porn history. I am all oh, about. Oh, now. I am all about that POV HD. So these are the things that I look forward to. This like Chris would know more about Pog than we would, but me, I'm all about getting my dick sucked. Yeah. And those videos are all about them sucking dick. <laughs> and it's like those like wet and sloppy fucking dick sucking videos that most people are like. Oh, that's abusive. And I'm like, <coughs> do you have anything worse than this? <laughs> no, is she like uh, choking on it? Like where she literally passes out on my dick and then wakes up with my dick in her mouth? And which I love, <laughs> but Bradley Weed comes falls short to the girl that started doing videos with her. She's the next up and comer, and she to next me next up and comer. Woo, yeah, that's of the year. <laughs> and to me, she's the fucking God. like just like she looks like a girl who has she looks like a little squirrel a little bit. She has like this <laughs> thick Say the name. Her name's Melissa Moore. Thank you. Melissa Oh yeah another with one? one L and two S's and then more as an M O O R E. Melissa Moore. She is my number fucking one. And holy shit guys, does Dude, she you guys like kill tiny her? ass chicks? And I'm not even saying I'm a fatty dude, lover. I'm just a, I'm a full figured lover. Dude, whereas you guys Melissa are like a Moore slim is the fucking lover. one, man. That's my number one. She's absolutely plus. Yeah, I spend, I honestly like the Asian. I spend more. so much I like time. The, I like the Asian one more. I, but yeah, um, but just watch the. But videos. that's because you're not. We're not watching POV dick sucking videos right now. We're just. I'm just looking at images. So that's fair. She reminds me of somebody. Ooh. Yeah, she reminds me of this Heather that we used to go to school with in this junior high. I like this picture. Really? There's yeah, a picture remember Heather? See that? The cheeks. The cheeks do. Ooh, that's Riley Reed. No, it's not. It's not first. No, it's not. You're crazy. I know what Riley Reed looks like. Oh no, that is Melissa Moore. Yeah, yeah. that is Melissa Moore. I like that picture. I was just saying there was a certain picture that I brought up on my uh, Google images. Just Google it. Dude, Imager. Melissa Moore, the holy shit. Watch like her fucking Moore. videos. They are incredible. Gosh, she's tiny. Not my choice. She can blow you away. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but those three, the reason I picked those three is because they're the best at sucking dick or just dirty talking. All three of them dirty talk. Like no fucking other. Melissa Moore, Riley Reed, and. Uh, Fucking Daisy Hayes. All right, they're extremely. That was, that was a great one. That was a great one. We went. We we gave you guys a lot of selection right there. We know all of our men listeners right now are fucking jacking it. We know all of our <laughs> maybe some females are jacking. Probably it. skipped that part. So <laughs> or they're they're fucking flicking the bean. <laughs> so it's time for our Flick next segment: bean. best male porn, <laughs> um, like gay porn. What you guys got? Oh, you didn't you didn't get that? No, nah, I'm sure you did because you Oh, I only watched it once for 45 dicks. minutes. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Best performance by a supporting actor. Damn, we're going deep. Damn, huh? that is stupid. No, 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 just best actor. Just best actor. I was just bullshitting. Oh, that, that's what I have. Favorite actor of the year. Favorite actor in favorite acting favorite performance act. of the year. How about Le- that? Leo DiCaps. In what? what? In everything, <laughs> get out of here. Um, I'll start so you can fucking no, sit there no, and think. No, no, I honestly love piece of shit. Um, I I actually loved. I can't remember his fucking. No, go ahead. I know his name. Okay. It's gonna piss uh, me off. Mine is gonna be John Goodman and Cloverfield Lane. Oh, that's a great fucking pick. Because man. he was the entire suspense of that movie. Like without his character and the way that he portrays it, the movie falls short. It falls flat on its face because. 
let's be honest, not a lot happens. But anyways, <laughs> John Goodman and the way that he does his role and the way that he is this stern, um, essentially a caregiver, but he doesn't want you to have a lot he's of the, freedom. He's a creepy, outrageous overbearing but at the same time caring yeah he is caring he is he cares about you but in this really bombastic like angry rage-filled kind of way it's very interesting what yeah he did it, that it, role. i think he just really killed that role in and I, like if we like we're not if we did a horror movie like john like thing i'd actually have something to say this year i usually hate horror movies i, I haven't liked one in fucking decades but this year had two actually two good ones. Yeah, uh, don't, yeah, breathe, don't breathe, don't breathe, don't breathe. But yep. Tim Cloverfield Lane, I, I think, was better. Um, I liked it so much, not just for Goodman, but it actually made me like Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Finally, Didn't think I've I'd been like her. wanting to like her, and I haven't liked her yet. She's very attractive, and she seems she nice, is super hot. As but far. like, I fucking like all I keep thinking about is Scott Pilgrim and her yeah, fucking manic pixie dream girl character. Yeah. And that's and all I, I could ever I, see. I like it. I still like. I, I like manic pixie dream girls. I fucking hate it. Uh, it's it feels so artificial to me. It feels like you're trying so hard. You're not really that person. To be different. You're trying to be unique. You're trying to be special. I fucking hate it. But that movie, Tim Clark maybe fucking love her. I think yeah, she was fucking too. awesome she in that really flick. Good. And Goodman does a fucking fantastic Goodman job. So What's his fucking name? Creepy the other guy who's movie, from the newsroom is great in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great pick for. John I gotta Goodman. give it to Goodman. He he killed uh, it. My shows. pick for uh, my favorite acting performance of the year actually goes to Edgar Ramirez in Hands of Stone. Right on. That's oh fair. shit. Uh, yeah, that I makes like. Sense. Even though I have problems with the movies and a lot of problems with fucking Usher. <laughs> <laughs> that aside, I thought he was incredibly charming throughout he nailed it as roberto duran as like every like different like all the mood swings like the fucking rage the drive the hunger the innocence the fucking the love like he just he was so lovable even when he was like acting like a fucking asshole you couldn't help but love him and you believed him when he was sorry and he just he did a, such a good job as roberto duran I love Edgar Ramirez as a performance, and that motherfucker is like six foot something, just jacked like a motherfucker. He needs to be a superhero. I don't care. <laughs> he needs to be Aztec in the DCEU. That's my. That's my thing. So m- mine's gonna be Walton Goggins from Hey Late, who played uh, Chris Mannix. Chris Mannix. That didn't come out last year. What? Oh my god! What the fuck? Yeah. We already went my over bad. I watched it. I just, wa- just I watched it. This. My bad. I watched it in fucking. I watched it in 2016. That's, <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> oh, I watched it. Oh, if we're doing movies we watched in 2016, well, the best animated movie, Spirited Away. Fucking favorite movie was Casablanca. Inside Out. <laughs> I loved. It, I, but I loved it. I loved his character arc in that movie, oh, Aphelite. We man. didn't get to really talk about Aphelite, but I fucking. We loved talked it. a yeah, we lot did. about we it. We did. A li- yeah, we did at the very beginning. Quit covering up your mistake. I, are you thinking? of um what's the new no, one? That, the that's, magnificent seven no fuck that no that's who where i was that gonna was pick movie, i kept thinking i still haven't i kept thinking i i honestly because yeah. my I first thought i love chris pratt though I you saw it. i haven't seen I, it because Bree was like oh yeah my grandma bought it specifically so we'll watch it with her that's the only fucking reason i haven't seen it because Bree. i bet you grandma already watched it whole, probably without you you're probably fucking right. And now, I'm going to ask her. Because <laughs> I want to watch that fucking movie. And I still have to watch the original Seven Samurai. The problem is it's three and a half fucking hours long. You know what? You know what? It's fucking it's the problem is Kurosawa doesn't give a fuck about your time. <laughs> it's, it's only because I watched uh, Hateful Eight with Dak the first day we went out, which is the first day we recorded the podcast last year, which was January 
13th or 12th, January 12th. So that to me is like, oh, in January, that's when we first watched the movie. Very sweet. And that's why I really love, I love that fucking, I love that actor. (laughs) I love that actor in that movie. His character arc is amazing. I was recently watching another movie with him in it and I was like, this motherfucker plays the same motherfucker in every fucking movie. This motherfucker (laughs) plays the same motherfucker in every motherfucking motherfucking movie. (laughs) There's some snakes on this motherfucking plane. (laughs) Was he in that fucking movie? I want to surprise me. No. Oh, uh, I still haven't seen snakes on the plane. <laughs> good for you. Have you? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Jeez. Did you watch his TV? No. Oh, Fuck okay. no. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um. Mm. So yeah, I, I don't know. It'd have to probably be um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Even I think Leonardo DiCaprio gets the stamp. Leonardo DiCaprio gets, gets the Alki stamp. I'm just gonna say Leonardo DiCaprio. That's all I want to say. <laughs> don't ask me about the movie. Don't ask me about anything. No. Nope, oh, I know. Time out. Here's the real answer. Donnie G in Atlanta. Yeah. Thank Boom. you. Boom. All right. Best actor this year. Stamp? Can we get the stamp? Gadoosh! All right, best Netflix original. <gasps> F is family. Oh, no, stranger there. Fuck you! Fuck you, Chris! <laughs> Fuck you, piece of shit, Chris! How this dare you? hard, dude. I gotta nominate Black Mirror a little bit. Uh, still haven't watched Black Mirror. Listen, we all have our different things that we, we were thinking about. But, uh, but in, hard, the end, we, in the end, we know how to... Re- in the end, can we, we know. just Can we at least say that uh, no, no, 2016 was the year of Netflix? We can say that. We can give they Netflix a stamp. You can say as many things you want. No, let's talk, about what we <laughs> let's talk about what we loved. But in the end, we all know we're going to give Bill Burr our stamp of approval. Probably. We know that. We know that. I mean, but, I but really like give... Luke Cage too, but I'm not going to give it like the number one. The, but I listen, love listen. Masters of None. Listen. Love it. Okay. Not my number one. We know, number we know really we're gonna, we know that we loved a bunch. Let's talk about them. Adney, go ahead. Let's talk about the things that we love this year, this shows From that we Netflix? love. Netflix? Yeah. So that people can just watch wow. them, check them out. Why How about let's even mix it up and go with documentary? Making a murderer was a fucking thing for a solid month, dude. Oh, like, dude, everyone making was a murderer was incredible. Murderer, okay? I loved it. Um, I have so many. Other, Amanda uh, Nunez. Uh, Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox. Foxy Knox. Foxy Knoxy. That is. That's another great documentary, man. Yeah. And I have plenty of Netflix documentaries that I want to talk about. But uh, let's go to. Shows. I'll be honest. I've been staying away from Netflix documentaries for a long fucking time. Yeah. I, I, I kind of stay away from documentaries. Because here's the thing about like because when like because the only documentary that's really not like biased is Planet Earth. That's fair. Like, that's recent. Like, for the past, like, five years or so, every fucking documentary is, like, angled at a certain thing. They leave out certain things. They make you focus on certain things. They want you to believe a certain way of, like, they want you to believe an answer. They want you to believe this person's guilty, this person's innocent, or that's bad, this is good. They want you to believe certain things, and they create a narrative for you, so it's not really a documentary. Like, soaking, soaked in bleach was one of the most infuriating things. Like, fuck that documentary. It's so against. Netflix, These are all valid the fact points. that every time a fucking points. murder documentary comes out or a fucking court case documentary comes out every fucking asshole thinks they're like an expert in the justice system and they know what was oh here's what I and fuck you fuck you all great points all great Planet points Earth, yeah. number one if they're coming and out and the new the shit's room, fucking epic all was a five minute clip <laughs> and that five minute clip is the best documentary Jesus that Christ. came out on Netflix or whatever watch those snake those snakes chasing those lizards oh, man the snake yeah. unreal no, it, was, it was a snake chasing what was it um was it, a, it was a fucking lizard Dragon, Komodo it was dragon like an iguana. Oh, it was iguana. Komodo, oh, yeah. Komodo yeah. dragon ain't fucking scared of a snake, bro. <laughs> bro. Uh, another long. one. Another one, of course. Stranger Things, of course. We gotta talk about Stranger Things. He did things. say Stranger Things. Chris is the one he that... He did earlier yeah. with TV shows. Chris is yeah. the one that even brought Stranger Things to me, saying, like, dude, I came into his bedroom, he's like, 
I was like, what do you watch right now? He's like, dude, I'm on like fucking episode seven right now. <laughs> like, it just came out. It comes out tomorrow whoa, when whoa, I'm on episode whoa. seven. <laughs> like, that's, wait, he turned into Joey Diaz? Dude, shut up. Like, Chris, no, dog. Chris, I'm on episode seven, dog. Yo, dog. Chris, you like, fuck with Stranger Things? Go fuck your mother. Chris is like, I know a guy at Netflix. It comes out next week. I'm on episode seven. Once it comes out next week, you can come talk to me. But yeah. for right now, I'm not going to talk to you about it. But I loved it. Chris, the fucked like, up thing with Stranger Things is it, it hit me so fast. And it, it, it was so impactful that I only did a one through of it, and I haven't gone back and. I haven't gone it. back either. But you're the one that told me you convinced me to watch it, and I I wrote you and I was like, Chris, I'm getting a bunch of throw tos for Stephen King. I was like, I'm getting a bunch yeah. of like the way that the show is built, oh. the way that it's oh, all yeah, about too. like children being more important than they are, like fuck fuck parents sort of thing. Like children are like it gives a nod to like children aren't as dumb as you think. Yeah. Which the, dude, Stephen King does Stephen King does a lot of dude. and he always throws it to like the back in the day sort of thing, sixties, seventies and eighties of like riding your bicycle and like, no, well there we have a different world than you do to the parents. You deal with a different world than we do and yet parents aren't gonna believe this. I love that they always feed that narrative of the child of like we can't tell our parents they're not going to believe this they have no imagination and that was what they did with Stranger Things and it was a total throw to Stephen fucking King and that's, yeah, and that's why I absolutely loved it I'm like man I fucking love the show and even Stephen Colbert talked about it because he's like dude he was a D&D fan forever yeah, and this, this is that's a, really this cool is a show about, about the show is his childhood and like a throwback to the child of nerds that's what was the really cool about the show is they established in the beginning that these kids love Dungeons and Dragons they have one Wild imaginations. They love this adventure type shit, and here they are. This they they love this fantasy world so much, and now here they are in a situation where they are brought upon into the hero's journey, where they are forced into an outrageous, fantastical situation. And how do they face it? They stick by each other. They overcome obstacles. They overcome hatred, and they fucking win. How about Renona Ryder in that fucking? By series? the way, oh, she does a great like, job. A lot of people didn't like her for a long time. Like after Mister D's, everyone's like, "Fuck Renona Ryder, fuck shoplifters." Absolutely And then amazing. she fucking shows up out of nowhere and kills him with those Murders fucking Christmas. Him. She, she's on the for, Christmas for, for actor uh, of the year for the alcoholic ass for sure. She's oh yeah, on that she's oh been dude. On but I love I love Stranger Things. You guys should have said it. Well, you guys are sexist. My bad. <laughs> I, I, but it, it takes a minute. Sometimes I gotta refresh my memory. There's so much fucking content. There's so out much there Netflix. Right now, there's so much. It's hard to fucking dude, there's follow. A, there's everything. a really good show that I love that came out in 2015. I'm pretty. It came out right before I believe 2016. Um, it's called Captive. I'm pretty sure it came out right there, right, is it at, on the, right at the cut or 2016, right at the cusp of 2017. Hold on, is it on Netflix? Yes, it's on Netflix, okay. and it's called so Captive. If you brought it up, and it wasn't on Netflix. I was about to. It's be an eight part series. <laughs> it's it's an eight part series about people that have been. It's an hour each episode. Been held and captive. Yeah, being held captive. Ah, in some way. I'm kind Cold. of intrigued by that. But the first I, I episode is it. about a prison fucking riot, Ooh. and it's the best episode Next of the got whole on boots. series. Yeah, Mexican guy uh-huh. boots. Mexican guy, what the fuck does that mean? Mexican guy boots. Another another series that I've just oh, recently. Oh, dude, that's one of my favorite ones, dude. Ever was called. It's called the OA. Um, the first episode. Now I can see why this one got passed. Oh, up. the OA. I know the what you're talking OA, about. Yeah. Because the first oh, it's like the weird episode, A, right? It's like the, yeah, the it's lines, like a, yeah. it looks like weird writing. Because the first episode is an hour and like twenty minutes long, and it's. Fucking slow, dude. And like, I was ready to turn it off. Like, I, like it was like I had to power through it. And then after, because 
There's so much setting up that they have to do for the fucking story that it's they they compacted it all into the first fucking episode and there's not a lot of action. It's just explaining storylines. It's introducing you to this person, introducing you to this person, introducing you to this person. And then it has to put all these fucking people's stories together. And then after that first episode that you have, it's like you suffer through a solid 45 minutes because nothing's happening. You don't know these characters, so you're not intrigued to watch their stories or anything like that. But if you can just power through that first episode, the rest of the series is amazing. Um... Episode 7, it bogs down again. But I think that we can say that about every single Netflix series is that there's episodes that bog it down. And I think that they can be more concise and they can start getting these series better because now they have a formula. Whereas right now what they're doing is they're just trying to release content. They're trying to get everything out there so that they have a good platform and a good base of original content that now they don't have to be stealing a bunch of other stuff from people paying this company paying this no 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 we made this and we're gonna make money off of this so there's certain series that they had to take a long time to build up but that's because the next season's gonna be even better or the I, next agree, I agree with your like whole thing about some episodes kind of bogged down like a black mirror like this past season there's a couple episodes that were kind of like uh, it's not the same feel as like season one is like, I even felt think, that was strange I still think things season there was, was a couple best. episodes that bogged um, down and I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of, uh, but still a fucking great series. Just like some colors yeah. is bogged down. And of course, Luke Cage. We talked about how like the fucking most of the episodes of Luke Cage are fucking awesome, but the last couple are just kind of like, uh, it seems silly and stupid. They kind of like built up, and they kind of just kind of just didn't stick the landing. They had these great villains and kind of got rid of them for a shitty one. But you know, other than that, I have the same thing for. <laughs> so there was a movie that came out on Netflix that was actually. A, I should have actually chose this for my 2016 movie because I fucking absolutely loved it. But it was an independent film, so it's not really necessarily something that everyone's going to fucking see. It's that's on what, Netflix. That's what Chris picked. Chris picked a fucking... No, the one, the Captain... Uh, yeah, Fantastic or whatever. Yeah, there's there's one that I probably should have gave light to. Um, it's called I Am Not a Serial Killer. And it's about... It's <laughs> it's with fucking um, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd's the main villain in it. He's the main antagonist. And I talked to Dave about it. And I'm like, Dave, you got to watch I, this. I think you'll love it, Dave. And uh, Davey actually went and checked it out. But I, you know, it's, it's hard to be like, hey, Chris, Annie, or Adam, go check this out. It's about a fucking kid who's he's obsessed with serial killers. He he's obsessed with the mind of a serial killer. Like knows the 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 trifecta of being a serial killer of like the murdering animals of the abuse growing up, pissing your bed. There's like these certain things that make a sociopath. It's every killer can be sort of tied to the certain thing. These are these are all clues that yeah, would lead yeah. you to believe yeah, that person's a fucking gonna murder. Somebody. Yeah, and it's animal cruelty. It's uh, you're pissing your bed, stuff like that, like your parents, something to do with your parents, and then uh, the, sure thir- the third the third one is getting hit in your head, and it's getting hit in the head. And a lot of fucking serial killers, most serial killers, have been traumatized some way. We talked head. about brain and there's trauma a, there's, so many times. And it's serious, man. You create serial killers. What's funny is it, it's, a, it's a split off, though, which I really love because it relates to us. Um, getting hit in your head is a split off. You can either become a serial killer or a comedian. Because <laughs> that's, that's not even a joke. That's, that's a real fucking thing. A lot of comedians have talked about it. Like, there's a lot of true crime even podcasts that I listen to that said either you become a serial killer or you become a comedian, which is really random, right? Two completely different aspects. And yeah, Sam Kennison, for instance, got hit in the head and he became the most inspirational comedian for at least the uh, the later part of the ninth or the twentieth century. It's Joe Rogan's biggest inspiration and it's Sam fucking Kennison. He was he was there at the turn of what 
comedy became in the 20, uh, 21st century. And it's just, just so funny because like that whole thing, a head injury can completely turn your personality around. And there is an independent film. And you got Edward That's Valero, on, who yeah. was 27, no, 27 knockouts in. But, you know, he suffered a really bad motorcycle accident, fucked up his brain, was allowed to fight in the U.S., and ended up killing his wife and himself. There you go. So, head injuries. The, can we give a stamp of approval <laughs> to uh, head injuries? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, biggest problem facing us. <laughs> so, wait. What we haven't talked about yet is, let's be honest, Ephesus family, fucking incredible. They're, part two is, or season two is supposed to come out season right around coming. this part. It, it's going to come, I think, around, like, May. I think that's what he was saying. That's what he's been saying about April, May. And I fucking love and the episode. And ten episodes family. this time, the first Not time six, it was only six. Six was only just to see like, well, let's let's give them a few. Let's see what we can do with it. Let's see how people react to it. And the reaction was incredible. Dude, it's Bill fucking Burr hilarious. Fucking <laughs> got like the best reading. What's, what's funny is Daniel Tosh created his stupid show Brickleberry, and he everyone assumed, oh, it's gonna be the next up and coming South Park sort of thing. And you get certain cartoons from other people, they don't stand out. Brickleberry to me was not funny. I did not like. And right now it's actually on Netflix, and I I tried to watch it, and I got to like three episodes, and I was like, yeah, it's it, it's it, that cartoon it missed. Tries too it hard. missed me because Tosh. Is a try-hard comedian, is he not? I don't think so. I, I like think, him. I, don't, I think I just, he's funny. Hold on. I just, I don't think that his style of stand-up translated well to a cartoon platform. That's fair. And, like, when he tried to make it, like, the offensive, like, I'll kind of, like... I'll, I'll say whatever say, I want. I'll say crazy shit, and, like, and the way he delivers it in a certain way. But when you try to make these weird cartoon characters uh, do the same, it just came off as, like, the, all the... Like, uh. the cartoon tried way too fucking hard. I think there was writers, the other writers that kind of fucked up the whole... Uh, feel of his type of his brand of comedy. Anyways, uh, he's still funny on Tosh.0. Oh, he's, oh, he's hilarious, hilarious. stand up. He's a he's great one of the best comedians ever. Yeah. Live, I will give it. I will show it worked. I love sometimes him. it. Ha- sometimes your comedy doesn't translate to a certain medium. Yep. There's so many mediums are comedy is a fickle thing. It's a complicated thing. Different mediums are just very vastly different. You got to be careful with the way you do it. Uh, and Bill it's Burr's the greatest expiration date. And it's the greatest expiration date. Comedy. We talked about this. A comedian that could say something or that you can watch now and be like, ah, it's not that funny. But to the people then, it was fucking amazing. It was incredible. It was something, it was life-changing. It's what we are discussing now, 2016. It was there, Michael Che. It was there, Burt Kreischer, then. The Bill Hicks. And so we don't get that. Yeah, Bill Hicks, for instance. And then, like Adney said, some things just don't cross over too well. But you got to give it to Bill Burr, someone who is to this day, and every comedian talks about it, probably a top three at least best stand up comedians of the uh, of all time. Bill Burr Dude, is who's better fucking than Burr incredible. Right Dude, I can't. No, Bill Bill Burr makes me laugh harder than anybody else. On a simple I relate more. minute podcast, he's literally talking about, let's say, his fucking underwear, for instance, from Me Undies. And he's got me listening to a fucking ad about undies he's the for only no reason. Person. He's for no literally, reason. Literally the only podcast where you'll listen to the advertising because he does it funny. It's Dude, hilarious. Dude, d- d- fucking. Club W. Like, that to me, <laughs> Club W to me, it's what I wait for. My dad it's said what I, I wait for. My daddy said I could be here. It's just like, like everything. Club W is my favorite thing ever. And like, every comedian talks about Bill Burr's by himself and he's the funniest fucking podcast. Are, are you kidding me? Joe Rogan's talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. I've never laughed harder on a personal basis by myself 
than anybody besides Jim Jeffries and Bill Burr. I will say yeah. both of those names. But Bill Burr has a wide range. I connect. I, I laugh at Jim Jeffries' stories, but Bill Burr, I connect with more of his point of view. Mm-hmm. I connect yeah. with the and, point of view and, of Bill Burr. Bringing that back to the actual TV show, if it's for family, you get more of his point of view. Of course, it like takes place in the fucking 70s. You get more of like a family feel to it. And the comedy is a little more subtle overall like there's some hard-hitting shit in there of course of but course. like he's not trying to be outrageous he's not trying the writers push the envelope the writers aren't trying to be super edgy fucking family guy s like no we're just gonna these are real fucking stories and we're gonna tell them in a funny way like you would fucking in a stand-up bit you know what i mean like somebody like brickleberry felt like someone like Lisa Lampanelli's comedy where like they're Ooh, trying to say something crazy analogy. they're trying to be like I want to say something outrageous to piss people off I'm the queen of mean or whatever the fuck and it's like no we're just gonna tell a fucking story that's naturally funny that we're gonna accentuate what's comedic about it and which is what Burr does the best yeah. he's just telling stories and they're just nat- he's just a naturally fucking funny well person. just him like even having like his like, dad really happened here's a silly outlook on it yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Bill Burr Bill Burr playing yeah, yeah Bill Burr Bill Burr playing his father in the show. This <laughs> is so fucking beautiful. Because he's like, so he's, he gets, he's Bill Burr's personality. Because you his know dad, Bill's the little redheaded child. Yeah, That's yeah, who yeah. Bill is. Bill Burr but is he's his the one father. voicing his dad. It's absolutely it's his, like, it's his old Boston fucking comic. His dad is the natural, his dad is an old Boston comic who ended up having, uh, a comedian who's who ended up having a family, and then Bill got to see his father be funny in these certain ways. <laughs> then Bill became a comedian because but of it. I can fucking th- wall. I, can, <laughs> I can give a shout out to I can give a shout out to my grandfather who was a he worked at the courthouse, but he was a chef in my eyes, and that it was my inspiration to become a chef. Bill can do the same thing with his dad. His dad made him laugh so fucking hard of these little stupid things like I'll put you through that fucking wall, but like or get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like when the kids like hey. Can they come out to play? Or like him not wanting to answer the phone, and he knows it's gonna be a Bible salesman, and he's so fucking. This is just first episode, and he knows he's gonna be so fucking mad. It's a Bible salesman. It's these stupid little jokes that Bill be like, dude. I feel like dads are a big inspiration towards comedy. Com- com- yeah, comics. Moms aren't funny. Oh, it's a personal opinion. Oh, 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 that's the name of the show. Moms aren't funny. Oh, wow, your fucking menstrual cycle went off while you were fucking hauling soccer balls, dude. Nobody cares. Not funny, kid. What's great about Evans for Family, and I think it deserves the stamp, is because. There's so many threads. He, he, he sets up so many Chekhov's gun early on in the show that you think are going to be nothing. Because yeah. it's a comedy show. It's a comedy cartoon. You don't think they're going to have a Chekhov's gun later on in the season. And it does. It pays off. It's actually really good writing. Yeah. On top of being really funny. And I think it deserves the stamp. I think it deserves the stamp too. But guys. F is for family. Pause. What? Well, what is yeah, I got like we got like thirty more minutes. Okay. Did you really just call me to ask that? <laughs> well, babe, you know I'm okay. Go ahead. From Rayleigh's. All right. All right, I love you. Bye. <clears throat> All right, let's power through. <clears throat> I'm I'm really trying to do everything else. Because I know you're not going to have and I wasn't saying I didn't 
I wasn't saying I don't want to talk about them because me and Annie are going to talk about them. I just, I knew you wouldn't have a lot of input, so I wanted to make sure that you got, you know, your voice yeah, in Yeah, here. voice out, yeah. No, which is fine. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm so willing. I've, I think this is it, though. Like Fighting talk. We're, gonna do, we're doing best fight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I have best game, but you don't play games. No, so no, no, no. Like, Vigi game? Yeah. I know me and you would have one, but I mean, he's not going to. I have a so couple. We'll, just, we'll go right into fights. Yeah. We're just doing one of the fights. Yeah, let's do now. fights. All right. <clears throat> Yeah, best game was that you'd have to have, like, Dave on for that. Yeah. Dave and Adam. So, next category. We're going to go into the fights. Uh, there's, like, I want to say there's five or six, maybe seven. Don't know exactly. Really? Uh, Some good ones, like, great ones. We're going to go best fighter of the year. Now, I fighter. If I were going to start with fighter, ooh, the big one. Should we end it with that? Or we can end it with that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I, I want to preface this, preface this with saying I feel like me and Adney are going to have different on the majority of these because he's boxing and I'm MMA. Which is good. What do you got? I feel like you could bring up one too and it wouldn't even have to be something combative. Now this is something just off the top of my head right here, but I feel like you have certain niches. Best, best fight. Best fight, Captain America vs. Iron Man. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, I mean, that's just an example. Well, see, I, a I, can, example. I can give you, you, I can give you UFC examples, but I can give you more boxing examples just because Adney, hearing him talk I just, to okay, me. What I'm, what I'm trying I, to get at, and you can edit. I just don't want you to feel out of place. That's why no, I've been no, no, taking no. so long. If I'm gonna choose, if up. I'm gonna choose fighter of the year, it's gonna be fucking Lomachenko instantly. I just don't want you to that's, feel that's out of place. That's my. Okay? Yeah. That's all I'm we're saying. gonna get okay. more. Lomachenko is gonna be where I'm going. Definitely bring that up. Yeah. You want to start with fight of the year? No, no, you're right. Knockout. We'll go with promotion. Best. We're gonna go Card. with card. No, 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 no. Those are way too specific. Most attractive <laughs> fighter of the year. <laughs> Lomachenko, like <laughs> I said, he's beautiful. he's a handsome guy. I <laughs> definitely uh, most attractive uh, fighter of the year. Is it actually? It's a really good. one. That's a good. That one. is a good one. Right? Huh? I, I, I haven't thought about the, that. The one. real answer is Christina Hammer, and I'm gonna show you why. I'm gonna show you why. I right got there. one for me too. That will bring up mine. Mine's gonna shit on his. Probably. Let me show you something. Meryl Streep is a fighter, right? Like, she fights. <laughs> Not like a she's, she's fighting. Bam. The Lady Hammer. Oh, I saw that. I saw Ooh, you post that. The current middleweight champion. Christina Hammer. God damn. I think she's like German or something. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Mine would be Bros Nama Yunez. Nama Yunez. Let me see that. Shit. Paige. Paige is cute. She's fucking adorable. Sure. Uh, I don't know. There's something about Rose that I really like. And it's because she can Really, Chris? Off. She's tiny. She is tiny. <laughs> Most chicks Oh, you exited tiny. out. Yeah, you gotta show Chris. No, I can't. I can't. We can't do that one. Because I just, I don't have anything up for that one. Just still look at mine, though. <clears throat> Middleweight oh, champion. Wow, yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Maybe Mackenzie Dern, but... Probably, her nose is better, but I mean it's kind of long. Mackenzie's Dern, I like Mackenzie Dern's face. Well, that's actually a nice little competition you got right there yeah. between Mackenzie Dern. You, you, I've been putting her on the pod or the group chat. The whole day. Okay, this is all gonna be edited out. Okay, get okay. to a real, it's a real category. We're gonna go to best <laughs> comeback of the year. Now, comeback of the year, not within a fight. I had to specify this. Not like you're down round one and then you come back and you wind up winning that fight. No, 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 no. I come back of the year. Like you were down at the beginning of the year. Let's say at the beginning. Underdog at the beginning of the year. Perfect. Perfect. 
Yeah. You were big, then you fucking lost, and best then you underdog came back. sort of you thing. Came like, back. Best underdog recovery. I think I know. I think we're gonna agree on this one, but we should give a couple of little nods. Mm-hmm. I think one. I, I gotta give one nod to my boy Mikey Garcia, who's retired for a couple of years. He said he was done. He said he never was really passionate about boxing, even though he was an incredible fighter. He's like, I'm done. Came back this year, started to look good. He's coming back. Really excited for that. That's okay, yeah. So that's not yeah. A runner, Garcia, a nod for is me. exactly what I was going to give mine to too. So. Yeah, so th- that's I good. So. I thought or, so. Yeah, of I course. Not for you me. You can read it on my be, face. Uh, Michael Johnson. He came back and he looked mm. great in his first fight. It's in pronounced Jordan. But then he got wound up getting <laughs> beat by Nate Diaz boxing. They were straight boxing three rounds. Nate beat him, and then he wound up coming back and he beat his next opponent. So he went two and one throughout the year. But he came back from both losses. He lost in 2015 his last fight, came back in the beginning of the year 2016, won his first fight, lost to Nate, won his last fight, so could be worse. Okay, um, did I have another one? Nah, I think, I think so you who should is go it? ahead. I think, I think Conor McGregor deserves it. Yeah, I think Absolutely. you do the stamp. Um, the Nate Diaz beat, and then like as him as a somebody who just can't be beat, and then Nate Diaz beat him, and then he decided which Nate I, Diaz I really, didn't just beat him. Nate Diaz beat his ass. Yeah, but what I really love about Connor is that he didn't decide to go back down to his original weight. He decided because even Nate Diaz wasn't the way that they went to, but he still agreed. Let's do the same weight that we were fighting at just to prove. He didn't in agree. general. He didn't because agree. Nate he, Diaz he is demanded. A, Nate no, Diaz what one fifty five? Is Nate Diaz one fifty five? Sorry, he didn't agree. He demanded his uh, he. So, Connor went and he lost that fucking match. As soon as he lost, he said, I want it again at 170. Everybody around him, the media, his coaches, everybody said, 155. That's your weight. That's Do it what, at 155. He they said, no. is at 155 too, no? Yeah. Correct. But he said, no, I want the same exact fucking fight to prove to Same everybody. circumstances. that I want to prove it was a fluke. Exactly. And he came back. I guess that's three fights in a year. And that's what the all these things have. He wasn't down last year, then came up this year. No, he was down this year. Mm. Brutal loss at the beginning of the year. He got beat the fuck down. He got rocked. He was bloodied. Got choked the fuck out. And immediately, he didn't rest on his. He didn't take a lot of time off. He didn't try to take an easy fight, then fight Nadia's. No, immediate rematch, same circumstances, and it was a close fight. It was a tough fucking fight, but he still pulled it out. He, he still won, won that, that fight. fight easily. It was still. I mean, maybe yeah. not easily, but he won decisively. That's yeah, like there's decisive. no. I don't. There's no question about who won the fight but it was still a hard fought fight and he won it he fucking was he was in there tough he was getting connected with he was getting hit but he didn't care he kept fighting and he won he fought a lot smarter it was a great comeback win and then right and then after that to end the year he jumps up to 150 well kind of a jump he was fighting once but still his first like second actual weight class fight and takes on eddie fucking alvarez a serious badass with great wrestling and fucking destroyed him he made him look like an amateur. Like the beginning of the year. Where's my was, fucking second belt? Where's the <laughs> second belt? Fuck is my second fucking like, think about belt? Beginning of, the, beginning of the year, everyone said, oh, Con- we knew it. Connor was just hype. And at the end of the year, they're all, he's better than we ever thought. That's a fucking comeback. He yeah. made it a point, And I love that. I, I really got to give respect to Connor for spe- specifically saying, no, we're going to go back to the same fight. We're going to go back to the same thing that we were same going to. Yeah, same circumstances to prove to you that I can do 
what you assumed that I, I was. What, oh, moving up in weight really affected me. Yeah, it did. It but definitely guess what? did. Guess what? I'm a smart enough fighter to know that. Okay, moving in weight does affect my performance, but I'm gonna use that to my I'm advantage, and I'm gonna time. plan for it, and I'm gonna figure out a way to beat you, even though we jumped up weight. Both of them, because they yeah. both did, which we most people don't we understand. Can't go on tangents, because well, this will be a fucking six-hour fucking yeah. Let's get yeah. hurry up. Okay. <laughs> No, those are all great discussions. Well, I would definitely watch the third fight between them. Uh, yeah. I was going to do submission of the year next. Mm. I mean, uh, Holmes versus fucking... <laughs> Holmes versus yeah, Tate. Holmes versus, you mean uh, Tate? Or, yeah, Holmes? Misha Tate submitting Holly Holm. I love Holly Holm. Now, that's what I was going to say, <laughs> but it's not. It's it has to be Nate. And why does it have to be Nate? Because, because it was Nate, the star. And if Nate doesn't choke out Connor... The year's not as great for the UFC. Connor's mm-hmm. gonna go off and do whatever the fuck Connor wants to do. You're not gonna have this grudge match. You're not gonna have a rival. You're not gonna have this. You're not gonna have these storylines. Nate submitting him was easily the biggest moment last year in MMA as a whole because it created this whole persona now that you have a champion. Because what were we getting at the end of the year? We were getting a champion, right? Her comeback. This is Ronda Rousey. We're getting a comeback. She's back. That was the promotion. We have our rowdy Ronda Rousey back. She's going to come. She's going to light the division up again. And what happened? She fell on her fucking face. Yeah, she did. So without Connor, the UFC would collapse because now they don't have any pay-per-view stars. Because Rousey was their buys, Rousey was their star originally. Correct. That's why Rousey and, uh, and fucking Connor... Are their biggest two, the biggest two pay per view fucking sells. People don't go to watch a normal fight, Eddie Alvarez or whatever. The little tiny fights that that you guys that you watch that you were like, the well, this see, see, fight. this is the fighters fight. This is something that you guys should check out. Like you guys have been telling people all year, uh, watch this fight. This is for someone who is a, is a true boxing fan. Like when we went to Vegas, it wasn't for like the crazy fucking this Mayweather and this is this. No, he was like, no, we're oh, gonna no, go. It was a fighters you know, fight. We're going to see Andre Ward. We're going to see Sergey Kovalev. This is a fight fans fight. This is somebody that that most don't know about, but it's exciting for boxing fans. And you get the same thing with UFC. These fights, these are the ones you should watch. But this one's a little different because this one was a big thing. Of course. The reason why this is submission of the fucking year is because Misha Tate, Tate, I felt like there was more heart in Misha Tate's. She survived four rounds or getting her fucking head kicked in. But what what I was saying, that was a great point. My point, what I was saying was, you you lose Ronda Rousey, you lose fucking uh, McGregor, you're fucked. What do you got? No, what do you got toast. from there? You got a fighter's fight for every fighter that knows this knows the division. It can be like, well, this guy, this is your next time to become a champ. No, but there's never been as much shit talking with Rousey. Uh, with without Rousey and without fucking McGregor, they both talk shit hands down, and that's why even people gave uh, Ronda Rousey a bunch of shit for her saying like fake ass preacher's daughter, even when she fought home, you know. So shit talking does build up the sport. Like Adam said, you can have place, you can have football, to... you can have football, but if somebody builds up a fight over there, you're gonna go watch it. Well, that's shit talking. Shit talking is no, a part fair. of the fucking sport. It's what builds up the audience and the crowd. So, like you said, exactly. If you didn't have Nate Diaz and McGregor and like that whole comeback fight, what do you got? You have Nunez, you know, beating the fuck out of Rousey. Then the division is, or then the UFC is kind of like at a they're standpoint. Searching for a they're star. searching for the next right. shit talker, the next person that's gonna build up the audience, build up the pay per view bias. So what you're trying to say is that that reason why submission is so big because it shook up the entire sport. Yeah, the that's why it's so important. Some people didn't it's expect because that submission. So 
Okay, so the submission of Holly Holm did not shake up the entire sport. It was it an upset. Should've. It was an upset. It was a huge fucking deal. Nobody exactly. saw it coming. But it wasn't the shakeup that Nate's submission yeah. was. It was so much bigger because Connor was the biggest fucking star. And everyone McKenzie talked about Dern, it. Mackenzie Dern's submission, one of the most beautiful submissions anybody has seen in MMA. I have never seen somebody get put into a somewhat arm lock, like arm. It's, it's called an omoplata. But what an omoplata is is you're essentially doing an arm lock with your legs. So you're not using your entire top of your body. You have them in a figure four or whatever, but then she reverses it to an omoplata or an omoplata into a rear naked choke. So what I'm getting at is her submission was technically way more beautiful than both Misha Tate and Nate Diaz. But I would argue but, that I would argue that was saying it's a lot easier to look spectacular against lesser opponents. Agreed. The quality of the opposition Always has to be in case you're talking about fighter of the year, fight of the year, knockout of the year, submission, any of that stuff. The quality of the opposition is very, very important because it's easy to knock out a bum. It's easy to submit a bum. The fact that he took on the biggest star in the sport, a fucking world champion and one of the elite and did that. Definitely submission of the year. Knockout of the year. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Amanda Nunez knocking out Ronda Rousey. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but dude, holy shit! I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to talk about this. What the fuck happened? It's brutal, dude. She dude. fucking wrecked shot. Quick, okay, quick, let quick, me just crazy. Like, couple, get a couple out. Get a couple so out. Let me get this out real fast. Okay, so I hear. I so I see all this stuff. Okay, people are saying that Ronda Rousey didn't try to clinch, and if you're saying that, then you're not watching the fight. She tried to clinch four times. Four times in 48 seconds. That means she was trying to clinch one time every 10 seconds. 12. And she does Fair. She didn't have a way to set Fuck up her you, clinch, Annie. okay? That's the first statement. The second statement is, you can't clinch with somebody who's hitting you in the face. How are you supposed to advance on... This is the main problem I have with every time I think about getting into a fight with Adney. Because I want to <laughs> take Adney to the ground. So how am I going to... Well, I have to close the... Di- well, I can't close the distance because Adney's going to knock me with three fucking punches before I fucking realize that I'm on my fucking face. So there has to be a way of engaging this distance. And what Amanda Nunes did is she knew that Ronda Rousey was going to try to fucking clinch her. Does she, she have better knew. reach, too? Doesn't she have a little bit of reach? Amanda Nunes has so a crazy go. fucking reach, really dude. Good she, she has the longest arms in the division. She's also the hardest puncher. And she's the hardest puncher with one and twos. She's not throwing hooks. She's not throwing these crazy uppercuts, uh, uppercuts or any haymakers, any She's of this bullshit. She's throwing straight She's down your fucking She's watching her pipe. opponent, and as soon as she straight lands with the jab, she throws that right. She throws that strong but hand. She's but throwing it with all funny. of her shoulders. Exactly. Like her, She's like her setting her opponent up. But her technique isn't sound. Like a boxer's technique, when you see him throwing one twos, they roll and like she's loading up on her one twos. So the striking is different than let's say boxing. There's much more technique within boxing, but boxing also doesn't have to worry about takedowns. Yeah, mm-hmm. legs, so takedowns, going all this yeah. stuff. So, uh, chokeholds, fucking. So Wanda's in there and she's like, okay, I'm gonna take her down, and then she gets punched within six seconds of the to, fucking yeah, fight. Because people like right like, down like the pipe said. with a straight. Boom! Right in her fucking face. At the end of Amanda... It wasn't like at the middle of Amanda Nunes' jab. It was at the end of... That's a hard punch. That connecting shot. Yeah. When, when people do have good reach, their straight punches are always their fucking best. Conor McGregor is another great example. And just like Conor against Eddie Alvarez, he knew that the... That Amanda Nunes knew her opponent was going to try and clinch. And as in a fuck... When you're fucking top boxing... 
What, even if you're fighting someone who's only going to strike against you, you're taught to keep your distance. You're taught to find your distance, your range. That's why guys throw the jab, to find their fucking range. And that's why you learn movement. Because you don't want to fight the way somebody else wants to fight. You want to fight your own fight. You're not going to engage when they want to. You'll engage when you want to. So every one step they take, you take one back as well. So you maneuver them where you want them to be. And that's what a man... No one has been giving Nunez any credit. Any credit for at all. And she's been brilliant like her throughout her career at keeping distance because she knows that her best chance is to fucking knock you at the end of her shots. And as soon as Rana started coming in, looking for the clinch, looking to take it down, do her little judo throw into the arm bar, which is very... Like, we all know what Ronda does. And right, Nunez right. knew that too. And as soon as Ronda started getting close, she took those steps back. Like, watch the fucking video. Watch she took the, the fight. Her half, movement is constantly on and the it's, outside And it's subtle of movement too. Like, and that's the thing is if... You know you're gonna get fucking hit. You don't want to just walk right in because you're gonna get knocked out. So like, and so she's trying to come forward at Nunez a little bit, and Nunez sees it. It's a slight movement. She takes a slight step back and pop, pop. Those quick little punches. And Ronda got hurt early, early, early. Within the first ten seconds, she's already dazed. Now I'm not saying she's out. I'm not saying she's out, but she's dazed, and she has to take a minute to fucking she realize where the fuck her she opponent. Is. She underestimated her opponent the first, even the first ten seconds. She came in there assuming already. Well, look, I mean, look okay, at the whole the thing. Whole not thing hitting her fight. It doesn't come down to the I don't fight, think she man. It, it, it comes back down you don't to think her she mentality. No, 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 I don't. I think she knew exactly what she was getting into, but she's not there anymore, man. Ronda's not there. She's not a fighter. If she wanted to be a fighter, she would change camps. If she wanted to be a fucking MMA fucking fighter, she would evolve. And that's exactly what she's not doing. And she's choosing not to do it. It's not that she's like trying to do it and it's not happening. She's not even trying to evolve. She's going to go to the same camp. Her camp is a boxing camp from a boxing coach who never was in boxing he was in kickboxing but now he self-proclaims himself as a boxing coach and he's taken all these people underneath him and he's trying to teach them boxing but the thing is he was a kickboxer and what he's doing now is he's teaching them as he's learning so he's over here getting trained by let's say i don't know who it is let's say freddie roach that's only because that's the only person that i know i don't know a lot of what's funny is freddie roach actually has been offering to train ronda rousey as well as all of team alpha man like we could teach you how to do stand-up we could help you out a lot because that's the thing is she was never taught how to do stand-up. And that's like people underestimate. People always say, oh, you – like for fucking 10 years they told me, oh, you know how to box, but all I got to do is get you to the ground. It's like, well, you have no idea well, how to really get – Well, it's really hard to get you to the ground. Yeah, you have no idea how to get close enough to me because exactly. my stand-up is way better than yours. And like, and like the past, this whole past year we've saw how – important good stand-up is in MMA. Not only did we see it against Eddie Alvarez with Conor McGregor, we saw what Nate Diaz was able to do to Conor in the first fight. We saw what Nunez did. Like, we saw like, stand how... Stand-up. We saw Cody Garbrandt's sensational performance Dude, against Dominic Cruz. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. I'm, gonna wait. I'm just gonna say that, like, that was all pure... <laughs> Chris got the boner right that, now. Hell of that bad. motherfucker grew up boxing, and he used the incredible technique in order to get that... But we're getting way off track. We're going right... Gotta go back to the knockout thing. Back to the knockout discussion. Back, come on. <laughs> We got a few other things to talk Who about. Gets we got the Al Golikas stamp of approval for knockout. And hold on, hold on. That's what we got I'm a saying. lot of knockouts to talk it's about. It's not going to be. Let's, let's, let's no, talk no, no, about. It's not going to be a uniform stamp that's because fun. there's too many great knockouts. So let's continue let's talk, with the yeah, talks so, about yeah, the knockouts. I'll show you let's we, first off, let's bring up Vasil Lomachenko's beautiful knockout of Rocky Martinez happened earlier in the fucking year. He was outboxing him. You didn't think the knockout was coming, then out of nowhere he sets it up beautifully, sidestep. 
a leaping Dude. left uppercut to a beautifully turned over. There was no holes in what he did. It was this. Be- it looked like a dance. He just whap whap, and the but guy was But it was because out. of his fucking footwork. Exactly. Without his footwork, that knockout's not there. It was man. a one punch that just. It was a finale. It was. That's another thing when we talk, when we talk about knockout of the year. It's how. It's the finale of it. How did one, one punch? One punch. Did everything, and, and that's why I, that's why I'm swayed to Amanda Nunes because once Nunes put her Rosie out, she straight went over to the corner and shushed him. It's crescendo. That's gangster. It's a crescendo of how the fighter does so the was, fight. It was one big, finishes it was, the fight. Like, it was one big shot, one perfectly timed right hook that sent Martinez out. All it was that one shot, and that was a world class opponent. World class. Another good one. Uh, for finality and brutality and the savageness of it and how just like oh my god is he dead canelo versus khan oh my god i gonna say that one. how is khan alive right now <laughs> seriously that's and khan's trying to be like come on mcgregor i'll fight you <laughs> he'd probably relax him sorry it was, keep it going was one shot like amir khan was leading on points yeah he was winning he was actually fight. doing really well and he like, was getting comfortable and but canelo he started doing little. He started throwing right hooks, wide right hooks to the body, over and over again. That's the setup. That's the chess match of it. He was like, "Oh yeah, body, body," and then Amir Khan got a little too comfortable, and he thought that uh, Canelo was going to do a jab and then a right hand to the body, and so Khan was like, "I'm going to counter with this a big left hook," and while he's in the middle of swinging. Canelo just faints with a jab of the body and throws that monster right hand, clips him right on the chin, and sends him out for five minutes. He's so no fast with that, though. Dude, like, he, he's so good at that. The technicality that's not the first of that time he's shot. Done that. That's how he demolished poor James Kirkland as well, who's twice as big as Khan and known as being twice as tough, and he knocked him out with that basically the same move. That's the reason why I don't think that Canelo Khan deserves knockout of the year necessarily, though, is because Khan was a welterweight who was known for being kind of chinny. That's fair, And yeah. he jumped up. You know what I mean? So I don't, like, that, like, I would, like, Canelo's knockout of Kirkland, which happened a year ago, was more impressive. Mm-hmm. But, so I don't, that, but, but, Honorable Mitch. Still, it's a, definitely something worth mentioning, uh, especially we, the We knockout. were watching that live. That was a great one. There were so many... Oh, like lo- there's a lot of like a whole handful of like lower level guys scoring there's beautiful so knockouts. Yeah. That's the thing though. There are a lot like they're lower level like fringe contenders, journeyman type knockouts. One for me is Paul Daly at uh, Bellator. Paul Daly nails this dude with an uppercut against oh, the fence. Yeah, the dude just right fucking uppercut. crumbles. Like yeah. they're like, whoa, that's a gnarly fucking knockout. But lower lower competition, lower caliber of people. So yeah, that can't be well, my get knockout that, you get of the small, year. You get the, you get also that small combination of somebody who's not as big of a uh, of a contender in UFC that landed those like what it was like four fucking punch knockout like the knee the punch. Oh, I mean, you're talking Cowboy Donald was that what, Cerrone. Donald that what it was? Cerrone is a number five all day. Well, in no, two but I'm saying classes. I'm saying like what he did like right there was like well that was a bad. Well, well, that was against a top move. 10 contender. And that was a badass fucking move. Everyone talked about that combination that he landed. Yeah, that even doesn't even Joe Rogan. That wasn't so much knockout of the year because it, he didn't, yeah, he didn't yeah. separate him from his senses. It wasn't yeah. one big shot that just If just anything, that's like a combination of oh, the year. Okay. It kind of, he wore him down yeah. and then knocked him out. He didn't just go, bam! From an outside perspective, I'm just, I'm just saying like what is what I see is the most the criteria exciting. criteria needs to and, be yeah. lights out. Here's, here's lights one more. Not a couple punches, probably like one one punch, one One good one, yeah. Rumble Johnson's Knockout. Rumble Johnson's number three for he's, me personally. Because he's, he's, he's fighting a top. 
top guy. But and the thing right? is, is is Glover Teixeira, who Rumble Johnson's facing, knows that Rumble's gonna hit him, and, and he knows that Rumble loads up on his punches. So he tried Glover, to go for the takedown and got caught by a better striker. He should have known better. <laughs> and again, he should have waited, kind of paced again, like, him out. People saw that fight. That was like a such a so many like so many people saw that clip, and yet they still didn't get in their head that oh no, you can go for the takedown doesn't mean you're gonna get it. Someone out, knows bro. how to fucking time you and get distance and hit you, dude. I'm I'm still questioning this. It's gonna be a little quick slash side side segment. If I'm running into somebody when I'm okay, let's say I'm at a bar, and I have confrontation with somebody. Don't know why. Don't know what, but. If I can tell, like, I'll, the first thing I do is I look at their feet. And if I can tell them setting up and getting a little bit sideways and I can tell they have a little bit of technique, I bail. <laughs> I don't want to fight another person that knows how to fucking fight. Because, like, ah, oh, now it's a fucking fight. Did I get my three months in? Like, man, I should have trained for this. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I want to fight someone who doesn't know how to fucking fight. So I'm a piece of shit. But regardless, uh, I wouldn't fight anybody. Also, I think one, one more. I'm, uh, this has to be considered. I hate it, but it's got to be considered. Joe Smith Jr.'s knockout of Bernard Hopkins. A living legend who had never been knocked, never been knocked out, never. So almost thirty years fighting. Hold on, hold on. Never been knocked out, and this motherfucker not only knocked him out, but knocked him out of the ring. Is it a question of Bernard's chin, or how confident Bernard went into the match, thinking that Joe Smith was just another Joe Smell? Because I felt that's how Bernard was going in there. He's like, I haven't lost in fucking forever now. I'm fucking 51 and I'm still going to fucking... Eventually, he has to fall off the mountain, right? Yeah, um, here's the thing. It was like, just a really... That's the thing. That's the thing. Is like uh, fall. A, a loss is never just one thing. A loss like that. A knockout loss like that. A big loss is never just one element. It's like eight different people come up with eight different three different theories and it's most likely all eight of those combined which made such a dramatic thing happen for something that big that dramatic it's a lot of little tiny things that built up into a fucking mountain and it was the fact that like he, he had come up from a long layoff his last fight was against Sergey Kovalev um he's fucking 51 he did seem a little overconfident maybe he's lost before being you know real thinking like oh this is going to be easy he hasn't really shown up the best he's right. been um, Joe Smith Jr. is just incredibly hungry and Joe Smith Jr. had an incredible year he was a nobody work. he still works on a construction site dude but this year alone he did some amazing he had two incredible fights against two of the very best side heavyweights in the world construction worker huge so fucking dude, can you bunches. just talk about how like, he brought the, the belt post. to work this he brought the belt to work are you <laughs> kidding me he won a belt by knocking out a legend and here's what he decided <laughs> to do so he cute. took the fucking great WC belt to work and he's just showing off in front of a super wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I would. I bring it to fucking work. I'm like, oh, you. I would be cooking with oh, the motherfucking belt. I would be using the belt so as my my sauté. Yeah. I'd be cooking on the belt. <laughs> He's just sitting there holding it, while holding a shovel at the same fucking time. Gangster, it's insane. Dude. Just like, what's up? Like, like you can't like really. Just no, like, what's up? Really? What's up? <laughs> Who are you gonna lay off? Really? That's what you were saying. You were like, well, like, I'm going to take my break at three. <laughs> all right? Like, you're like, like, hands down. All right? All right? Yeah, go ahead, man. From, from three to what? From three to three tomorrow, me. motherfucker. Look at me. Like, that's what... I'm the supervisor. <laughs> exactly. He's just like, dude. And it was so awesome. But yeah, that knockout has to be considered because... Hopkins was there. He was leaning against the ropes. He was trying to. Well, it was completely unexpected, too. He got fucking connected hard with a shot. And then a left hook. It was a left hook that landed right, 
right on the side of the jaw that made Hopkins literally fly out of the fucking ring and he fell onto the fucking ground and it was over. The only knockout of his storied career. Absolutely sensational, man. Come on. Oh, and it was a horrible it was upset because we oh, assumed, and, and most people who are big boxing fans, like, come on, this is B Hop, this is Bernard Hopkins. Like, he's, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna not gonna end his career on something like this, a loss. He's gonna end his career on, you know, and even you suggest you're like, yeah. well, I don't think he's gonna retire if he loses, because you said that specifically. If he loses, I don't think he'll retire. I think Hold he on, he didn't on think top. he was gonna lose. How he lost? Yeah, do you think he's saying? That's what I'm saying. So Adney, Adney it the game. I said, I said specifically, I feel dumb for this now, but I said it. I was like. Joe Smith has bad balance. Plain and simple, he has really bad balance. I don't like the way his, I don't like his feet at all. I think Bernard Hopkins is going to take advantage of that. He couldn't. Bernard Hopkins just couldn't take advantage of it, and he got beat bad. And then Adney said to us specifically, if Bernard Hopkins, if if Hop does not win this fight, I don't think he's going to retire. I think he might Dude, stay and try to try to retire. Know, not now. No, he, no, he said. He said. I think he might try that to retire on a win. That was before how it happened. On a win, yeah. That was before. How but but I also still didn't think that that would be how B Hop lost. Like no one thought that that would that that's literally only happened one other time. There's only been one other time where some guy has fallen out of the fucking ring. It's happened several times. Okay, well, I was told. Or <laughs> well, I read. Rocky I read Marciano knocked out Joe Lewis out of the right, ring. That's the one that through I was the ropes, specifically yeah. read. And everyone was, was like, you, holy oh, yeah, shit. That's, funny no, that you that's that great, someone. though. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I had to do a little bit of research. <laughs> but no, uh, like but, Shannon, but, but, no, but Joe Lewis Shannon, is 180 no, years old when they Shannon, fought. Shannon Briggs did that. <laughs> to who? Oh, no uh, way. Sergei Lagoyevich. Damn. Can't ever say his name. Riggs, oh, Chris, go ahead. Say it again. The most, the most famous example. There's a paint, a beautiful mural of it. Is uh, Luis Furpo against uh, Jack Dempsey in uh, like 26, 27, 1926, oh, wow. 27, something like that. All right, no, great discussion. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. We didn't do a stamp of approval. Because <laughs> well, I didn't even give mine. Mine. I mean, there's there's so many knockouts. The knockout of the year is so hard, especially when you're trying to like you. You're comparing boxing against MMA at the same time. It's like at least there has to be two, you know. Like so, I don't even. I'll give a couple runner-ups, like uh, some some fights that you should go and check out because they're easily highlights. Uh, Glover Texera versus yeah. Rumble Johnson. Well, well, can we do this? Let's let's do this. How about you know what? Out of all the fighters that have been knocked out this year, knockout of the year, all that stuff, fighter of the year. Can we just no no no? Th- fighter of the year is different. Okay, my bad. Okay, uh, knockout of the year has to go to Joe Smith for knocking out Bernard like. Like even within the MMA, because he was so under, it was like that was uncalled so for. No one knew who Joe Smith was exactly. last year, and barely anyone knew him earlier this year. And even it wasn't he knocked the, out a fucking fun fight. And he fun literally fun. knocked a legend out of the ring. It wasn't that he just knocked him out and like knocked him cold. Or he didn't push him like Bernard. He, he knocked him out of the ring. A left hook launched him through the ropes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like and then and, and people will argue. Well, the only reason why he even knocked him out is because he's fifty-one. Ugh, I I think I can fight that argument, but at the same time, I can't because there's a little bit of truth to it. There's yeah, a little there bit is. Truth. There's a little bit of truth. Um, obviously, Bernard's fifty-one isn't the same as anybody else's fifty-one. Yeah, but it's still fifty-one. It's still 51. yeah, exactly. So um, uh, I got a couple knockouts. Like I said, uh, Paul Daly and Bellator. Look it up. Uppercut Bellator one fifty eight. It's a brutal fucking knockout. Absolutely one of the Lando most Lando Venata versus uh, Jorge McDessey. Uh, Lando Venata hits McDessey in the second round with a spinning heel kick from fucking from hell, 
and it's one of the most brutal knockouts I've fucking seen this year. So one goes to that. But uh, I'm not gonna do like a like a stamp of approval for knockout because there's too many great knockouts. There's, yeah, you can't rate them. There was too a many, lot. Yeah, there like, was a lot of brutal brutality. It, it's it brutal. To do. <clears throat> it's so definitely a tough now one. we're getting. Now I definitely think like my like, dude, the fucking the Rumble Johnson versus Texera one was so amazing because of the level of op- of opposition. Two of the very very best. In the division, like what, like we're besides DC, we're like the two best yeah. guys here. Let's fight! And it was just this incredible, like first round, first opening seconds, one shot over, one shot. And Rumble just sat and there and waited. Glover did. threw, I want to say, let's say like 15, 15, like maybe just a jab here, leg kick here, leg kick here, straight here. He was just kind of filling him out, working him down, working him down. And it was literally at Rumble's like second or third fucking punch, uppercut from hell. Knocked him fucking Holy out. Holy shit. It was brutal, so, dude. Oh, that's cute. Uh, Connor yeah, versus Eddie, seen. that's a great combination. Like, Connor didn't just knock out Eddie. He was knocking him out the entire first round, not knocking him knocking him down, and then he finally put him away. That's a great knockout. Somebody oh, yes. that you know has a great chin that won't go down easily. You knock him down three times. The next round, you finally put him out. That's a great fucking knockout. That was um, on the, that's on the level of, of Nunez uh, Rousey in that it was a series of punches it was it was incredible it was high level opponent it was an incredible high stage it was sensational but it wasn't like it wasn't just this one shot that obliterated someone it wasn't as like it was it took a minute it was a wear down effect it wasn't a fucking obliteration exactly and then you also have stuff like let's say unfortunately because we love feely but it is I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm an MMA fan. I, I don't get me wrong. I love Andre Feely because he's from Sack and everything. But I am an MMA fan at my heart, and I know that when Yair Rodriguez Wait, kicked Andre year? Feely, yes, it I was. It was, oh, I it was, was in year. fucking like May. Yeah, it was. Well, then he kind of, well, he kind of deserves year. to be in the conversation for comeback of the year. True. That's fair. Because, because That's he, completely fucking he ended up fair, getting dude. he ended up getting brought to after that brutal knockout that you guys even talked about. He ended up jumping over to. Top fifteen in no, he's in, in MMA, right? right? He's like top, top fifteen. He's climbing. Of, he like, just beat fighters a that you're very, very. He beat a very, very big contender. He went so that was a pretty good comeback from like the worst loss of his career to the biggest win of his career. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And actually, that, Andre Feely. Let's give him our stamp of approval for comeback of the yeah, year. Yeah. Fuck that. We can do that. Like, fuck that. <laughs> all right, we're gonna end it. But there we go. Boom. Stamp of approval to Andre fucking It's funny because we only started feeling empathy for him once I brought up the knockout. But whatever. I mean, it is. Well, I didn't. I thought it happened last year. I really did. No, I have. It was. I thought like the highlight had been around. But it was. It is. And the reason. Why I'm bringing it up is because we have that same guy who knocked out Feely. We have Yara Rodriguez coming up this weekend, uh, which you're not gonna hear, so it doesn't matter. So it literally just happened against BJ fucking Penn. Jesus, yeah, yeah, which is a brutal matchup for BJ Penn. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Another uh, great knockout was uh, Michael Venom Page versus Pitbull, where he literally cracked the dude's skull. Oh, I remember knee. that. Like, I, mean, I saw the fucking that the, the x-rays. Gnarly, I saw the x-rays. <laughs> I can't believe that was this year. Dude, the x-rays were fucking brutal, man. That was gnarly. That was, that was hard to watch because you heard it. Like, and the dude didn't even get knocked out. Like, he's still moving. He's, o- like, like I mean, okay in a relative sense. Like, I don't know. His, he, he was still conscious. Like, he, he was knew what was going exactly. on. What he was feeling was excruciating <laughs> pain. <laughs> Skulls literally got kneed in. Like, that's so what's that's crazy, crazy that he fucking that's, knocked that's out. A, can we talk about his toughness? The fact that he didn't get knocked <laughs> Seriously. out? Seriously. Jesus, how do you. 
What? And then you have uh, Tyron Wildey versus Robbie Lawler. First round, Tyron Wildey hits Robbie Lawler, the reigning fucking 170 champ with the right fucking hand, puts him out. Robbie Lawler hasn't been put out since Nick Diaz four fucking years ago. So It wasn't one shot, though. He had a follow-up, but still. He did have a follow-up, and they're brutal. They're oh, brutal. shit. Um, underdog of the year. Underdog of the year. The, the one, one who- that shouldn't have won the fight. Everybody had their odds against them. He's like, there's no way this fucking guy is winning the Would fucking fight. Would that be the fight. fight, though? That's Would that be the fight? fight? Upset, upset of the year. Upset, for upset of, the of the year. Joe Smith Jr. has to be in the conversation for yeah. what he did to B-Hop. Wait, yeah. did I already do this one? Did we no. Do- no, no, oh, we didn't. Okay. No, okay. But uh, we're saying, like, we didn't be- We didn't give much stamp of approval yet. And okay. that right there, we th- uh, instantly upset assumed for, the okay, B-Hop. So upset of the year has to go to Michael Bisping. And here's why I'm going to tell you it has to go to Michael Bisping. So Michael Bisping is 37, 38. He has never had a title shot until when? This year. Why did he get a title shot? Because he beat who? Who? Anderson Silva. Who's Anderson Silva? Anderson Silva is one of the greatest of all time within the UFC. Well, actually, even Joe Rogan talks about him being like Anderson Silva could be... Talked about as a top five. For me, personally, he is the GOAT because the reign that he went on and what he did and the opposition that he faced, he is definitely the GOAT. But we're still in the beginning years of MMA, so it's hard to start Oh, yeah, the, the evolution, the evolution yeah, yeah. of this of this combat Wonder sport. Let, let's, let me just put this out. Let's give us that combat sport. The, it's the, the UFC and like, just MMA in general... The evolution of it, man. Like they've gotten lucky having this sport come along at the turn of the twentieth century. Yeah, no. Because I, of the fact that we know from football, we know from boxing, we know from all these other contact sports great point. that what not and what to do. That's so it's like point. we're able to like d- evolve immediately. It's not evolve in the long run. It's yeah, not like take it from fifteen rounds to twelve rounds of like boxing. Okay, no, so this you know, Dooku Kim died. Like, let's switch it over to four, twelve rounds. It's not that. It, the evolution is so quick. Like, you can look at nineties uh, MMA fighting of like this is a kickboxer versus it's, it's, a fucking you know, martial tank like, Abbott all versus this stupid yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly, and then yeah. you can look I'm at UFC, and you're yeah. not. Yeah, you can look at UFC yeah, and like like oh, a Bellator and all these things that have, that have evolved so quickly in within a year of each other like within one year they've learned to like this is what we should do this what we shouldn't do so i mean it's it's a great thing i think it's fucking beautiful actually and that's why i think it's it's a very watched sport it's because of the evolution of it what was my question you're out you're at upset of the year you're talking about michael biz being he beat silva thank you you threw me off a little bit my bad i was getting <clears throat> excited talking about before it. he beat silva he beat fucking another Top ten contender. I can't think of his name off the top of my so head. You're, I, just, I, I, just, I actually, had, actually like where the, hold on. I like, I like the way you're going with this because usually upset of the year goes to one single fight, but you're kind of going like a year. It was a year where someone you didn't think was going to make it did an incredible year that was oh super. You didn't expect this entire year to happen. Yeah, here he's beating Anderson Silva. He beats this guy, then he beats that guy. I'm like holy shit, where'd you come from? This is all true, but this has been his entire career where he's gotten to like he's gotten these three crucial fucking wins that he needs to, and then right when he's about to get his title shot. Something would happen. Either he would get knocked the fuck out because he got knocked out by, by Dan who? Henderson. <laughs> Dan Henderson. When he was on, he was a rising star. Boom. Get knocks out by Dan Henderson. He's a rising star again. Gets fucking choked out by fucking Luke Rockhold. Or did he get? I think he might have got KO'd. My, hold on. Let me. I have to. I have to make sure because if I'm if I'm mistaken, then I'm gonna be all butthurt. Hold on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Rockhold knocks him out. 
And Luke Rockhold is supposed to be the best in the middleweight division. The best, like, hands down. Like, he's just so athletic. He has all the skills to beat you. He can strike. He can grapple. He's a black belt. He can do fucking everything. Yeah, he submitted him. Yeah, yeah, he submitted him with the guillotine. Rockhold submitted him with the guillotine. So, Rockhold, so... Bisping's on his rise, on his rise. Gets knocked out by Don, Dan Henderson. He's on his rise, he's on his rise. Get choked out by fucking Luke Rockhold. He's on his rise, he's on his rise. And then who does he have to fucking meet again? Luke fucking Rockhold. And not on three months of a camp. No, 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 no. On 14 days. 14 days notice. Michael Bisping has to pick up the middleweight championship fight of the UFC. And he goes in there and not only beats Rockhold, but he knocks him fucking flat. Flat. Out cold. So my pick is Michael <laughs> Bisping all fucking day. We're having the most upset year of the fucking... Or like... Yeah. Like... <laughs> He was the underdog of the year. Gotta agree with it. I'm gonna agree with it. Yeah, you're the best yeah gonna agree. Dude. Rockhold is easily, like, he's he was, like, number two or three on pound for pound on anything. And he got knocked out by Bisping, who wasn't even ranked on pound for pound. Great story. He beats, I he have beats to give it a to legend. Yeah. One of the greatest to ever do it, unquestionably, arguably the best. And then he goes and takes on a guy that he lost to before. And not and 11 days notice. And avenges that loss with a beautiful sensation. And then he First fought round. Dan, and he, fought and then Dan he Henderson. fights Dan Henderson. Another rematch. And he wins. And he gets dropped hard. Three times. Hard. And came back and still won a decision. It's it's insane. I absolutely I absolutely think that if we're going to like, – I like the setup of not – of underdog of the year instead of upset because upset is one fight. Underdog of the year is someone who was an underdog all year long but just kept upsetting the odds and it was like a, okay, a year fair. you didn't see coming. It was a year you never would have saw coming and he did it and that's it was absolutely it's absolutely incredible. Agree that's with fair. it. And I also have to think now like that he's a huge contender for fighter of the year. <laughs> is that what we got next? Is that the next one? Uh, we also got fight of the year. Okay. Let's do fight of the year. Who do you got? Okay, so um I really um I got two contenders. Um, the first one is a low, a more low-level fight. These guys are like journeyman level kind of contenders. Did I see it? No, you didn't. It was in the UK. It was on BBC Sports. It's uh, Anthony Nelson versus uh, Jamie Conlon. Brutal start to the fight. Anthony Nelson is landing hard shots early on. First round drops Conlon. He ends up dropping Conlon twice in the opening rounds, but Conlon comes back, starts brutalizing Anthony Nelson, drops Nelson, dominates the middle rounds. It looks like Nelson's gonna get a fucking late rounds knockout. About to be a, an incredible comeback and one incredible one fight comeback for that's what it looks like for Conlon. But out of nowhere, Nelson comes roaring back with his own energy, starts brutalizing Conlon, and lands a beautiful, beautiful left hook to the body that drops Conlon and he doesn't get up. What? He wins by last minute. He's behind on points, even though he scored two knock knockdowns. It's on time. YouTube. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, and absolutely incredible fight. It was it really like back and forth, several knock, several. That's what you want from a from a yeah. boxing match is several knockdowns traded, and then it still ends in a knockout late in the fight. Great fight right there. Uh, my other. So before you go into yours, I'll give my runner okay, up. Okay, back and forth. My runner up's gotta be 
TJ Dillashaw versus Dominic Cruz because we mm. got to see all of mixed martial arts. There's plenty of other fights that were better fights, but they were constantly standing. You didn't have anything of the ground game. You didn't have a clinch at all. Like uh, A great one is Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Conduit. Another great fight, but there was no ground game and there was no clinch game. And I don't feel that that correctly emphasizes how complex MMA is. So that's why my runner-up is going to be TJ Dillashaw versus Dominic Cruz. Great fight. Two very versatile guys. Incredibly versatile who showed all they had. And you Straight see service. it all. You see it all. You see their striking. You see their ground game. And you, you it, it's a complete mixed martial arts. Whereas these other ones are striking or ground game. I had to go with the complete mixed martial arts. Great. Uh, my the other fight that I don't have which one I kind of it's really hard to choose between the two. But the other one I wanted to mention was a fight that we watched live. Um, Orlando Salido versus Francisco oh, Vargas. What a of course, great fucking dude. Okay, Francisco Vargas. Of course, the year before won fight of the year. And the year before that, I think Salido won, or he was a runner-up, or something like that. These guys are I known, think I remember you telling known me. for being exciting, fight-of-the-year-type guys, and they finally got to fight each other. And, of course, they're both Mexican, and that always ends up in a Mexican fucking style. bloody mess. And what was, in, what was so touching about it was that this was the day after we found out Muhammad Ali had died. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about for Fighter of the Year. When we Muhammad talked about Ali, of the Year, I wanted to... I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> the death of Muhammad Ali, I wanted to just give the stamp of approval as a fighter of <laughs> the year. You that he died? Wow, I, I wanted to give the stamp of approval that he died. <laughs> he died. But I honestly wanted to give him the stamp of approval for fighter as in we lost a great and we lost someone who changed the game for, for at least combat sports and music, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and, funny. Uh, and being like a political activist. Yeah, po- really yeah political activist uh, for uh, sure. Sports. Even the OJ, dude, the OJ yeah. Simpson. Not sports, but dude, a political activist. No, no, dude, the OJ Simpson fucking Made in America Dude, they specifically they specifically showed like they asked OJ because of just his impact on uh, social football. norms and just his impact on everything more than just football. He was just uh, OJ was like the first. He was he, like, he was the first dude, black guy that wasn't black. Dude, yeah, exactly. That's no, that's how. No, no, that's that's not, not, he's not even joking. I, that sounds dumb, but it's truth. It's one hundred percent truth. Yeah. They looked at him like, no, like, it's just, he it's just the juice. He wasn't it's, yeah, black. Yeah, he thought he wasn't black. <laughs> People came to him. Activists and political activists came to him, like everyone that was that was a black fucking male came to him and asked him, "Listen, you're in the limelight. Why don't you you show that? Why don't you like stand up for black rights?" And he goes, "He's like, I'm not black. black. I'm not black. I'm just the juice. I'm just the juice. I transcend <laughs> race. Yes, yes, exactly. I cured racism like Rocky. III. Yes, exactly. So Chris is right when he said that. He thought he wasn't fucking black, and so." You gotta give it like fuck OJ in that sense of like yeah he was a political figure but you gotta give he it took to the, the easy route he took yeah, the easy he route de- definitely took the he fucking easy route and like but and he wasn't in a time where it was so important to do so sorry like, my bad like, I, I know I took that, it off yeah, yeah, um, I took it away from what and, we were talking uh, about but back to back to thing um on Friday we found out that Muhammad Ali this the sports greatest champion had on, died on uh, Friday not on, on this Friday on what and he just found out this Friday what are you bringing it up really on this Friday yeah. On that, that's what we found out. <laughs> and the very next day, we had this fight scheduled that we knew was going to be a barn burner. We knew it was going to be. It was at StubHub, which has been this arena, which for some reason has consistently provided incredible fights over and over and over again. We knew it was going to be a magical night leading up weeks ahead. And then, of course, everyone was like completely forgot about it and was so in bereavement of losing Muhammad Ali. The fact that this <laughs> presence had been gone out of the world that we were never going to see again. And then on that night, right before that main event, right while Salido and Fargus were standing in the ring ready to fucking kill each other, they gave the memorial tank count for Muhammad Ali 
Everyone lit their phones and their lighters. And throughout the fight, what we got from those two fighters was a great tribute to Muhammad Ali. Is like this Here is what the is. sport's all about. This exactly. This is what the sport's about. Like ignore. Like everyone thinks when people think about boxing nowadays, they think about Floyd Mayweather and his safety first style and how boring he is to watch a lot of the time. It's like no. This is what bo- this is what keeps boxing fans alive. so loyal to well, the sport. The sport this is what keeps yeah. us coming back. This is why we have such passion for what these men do in the fucking ring. It's about what exactly what Vargas and Salido did that night. Brutal back and forth action. There wasn't even knockdowns. There wasn't a fucking knockout. All it was was two of the toughest, toughest men in the fucking sport giving it every ounce of energy they had. One guy getting hurt, reeling back, and then returning the fucking favor. It was brutal, and it was beautiful, and it was one of the very, very few times where a draw was satisfying. Damn. That might have to be the stamp of approval for fight of the fucking year. Uh, I agree. I, I can uh, agree with that. All right. All, all, all with that. Let's go to Sam approval. Oh, oh, yes. oh, Let me say mine. Oh, yeah. I yeah, one say more. oh shit. Stevie. My bad. I apologize. He's right. He's right. That's it, it, No, no. I apologize. Is, no, no. His is definitely better than mine. I didn't realize that. I thought you were, I so, thought you were yeah, done, to be honest. Um, mine was... Uh, it recently just happened. Duho Choi versus Cup Swanson. And it wasn't... Oh, yeah. That was a wild fucking it was, but, mess. Okay, so I needed <laughs> to make this distinction. So that's the reason why I brought up the runner-up. The runner-up, for me, is the best fight of the year because it's the most technical fight of the year. So it's the most complete fighters that we're getting and we're seeing them compete. And each one of them can match them. Your striking is my stretching. Your grappling is my grappling. Your submissions are my submissions. Like, what's going to happen in that fight? Who's the that's more complete why that's fighter? For me. But Two great fighters. Just like I need to talk about. At the Two same great fighters time, put together to beat each other. The most entertaining fight of the year is not ever the most technical fight of the year. Yes. <laughs> so the most entertaining There's got to the be year? some wildness to it in order for it to meet that that level of entertainment. There's got to be Gotti Ward. That's not two of the best uh-huh. fighters. That's not those are not even the two of the best in that division. But it's one of the greatest the trilogies of all time. But yes, exactly. And that's what we got. The, the fucking Cub Swanson, like Joe Rogan said, he's every punch is coming from his grandma's house. <laughs> Joe Rogan was... brought up Dooku Kim. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck, dude? I freaked out. <laughs> Joe Rogan goes deep. Dude, yeah, dude, I know. I he was goes, like, holy shit, he brought up Dooku Kim. <laughs> I was going to write Addy, but I was like, ah, fuck, Addy probably already knows. It's funny he keeps saying Duho Kim because du- the guy du- who Kim, Addy yeah. fought was Duho Choi. Another Korean, right? Another fucking Korean. It was Koreans Koreans nutty, versus Duho Choi. It's funny that they both have Duho. Like, that's that's very common yeah. in the Korean. Kim is culture. also a very common name. In that Korea. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like what you said, like, uh, Duku Kim, who was like this very technical guy. He's very good. Everyone's like, oh yeah, these, remember uh, Superboy or something like that, right? Yeah, Duho, that's Duho Choi. Duo, Superboy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. so he's good. Superboy. And he's coming in there and Cubs Swanson's like, I don't give a fuck how good you are technically. I'm coming at you like a wild Fucking animal, like a wild stallion. Christ, you said I was a wild stallion before you, and that's exactly true. You have somebody who's technically sound, who's great at throwing one twos, not hooks at all, and then you have somebody who's the exact opposite, who does not. Tech, who is not technically sound? Who oh, is not going to throw one and two? There wasn't. He's throwing hooks <laughs> from his grandma's house. There were. There was not a single. Good looking hook in that entire fight from him. Every it was like his arms were just stri- like it was from like the schoolyard of him just his arms stretched as wide as it could be and just going, uh, 
It was fucking wild. See, the thing is, is uh, Cubs on the back end of his years and Choi's coming up on his fresh years right now. So even though it took a lot out of Choi, I'm sure it did, dude. That dude got hit with a lot of punches. I'm sure it took at least two to three years off of his fucking fight career. But at the same time, Choi's still young. Superboy's still young. I think he's about 26 right now. And Cup Swanson's about 30, you know, so you have that whole dynamic going on. So I think Choi's going to come up. He's going to learn from this. He's going to take the Floyd. Mayweather approach to this and he's going to be like okay I know my my technical striking is there and I can hit him and I'm precise and I hit him with power and it hurts him but I am getting hit too much now so now he needs to start being more defensive and yes more judicial it is going to be lead to more boring fights but at the same time it leads to him not taking nearly as much damage and I don't like seeing those fights as, as exciting as it was and yes it is going to take my fight of the year but the fight of the year goes to Salido, or or Vargas and Salido. Vargas yeah. and Salido. Uh, but this was the most entertaining fight for me because I was on the fucking edge of my and seat for all fucking. What's really three interesting rounds. too is like a lot, even with guys, even guys who are really good uh, with defense, like really good defensive fighters, when they fight someone as wild as Cub was. Like, it's hard to predict a guy that yeah. wild. It's hard to. Floyd Miller has been caught by wild guys like Marcos Maidana. A guy who is not in Floyd's class technically, and Floyd is one of the best defensive fighters of all time. Yet Marcos McDonald was landing punches because he threw wild, swinging, reckless shots. That you happens. Broke, sometimes. You break the rules. Some same people with, break the rules. Same with uh, Ricardo Mayorga against Vernon Forrest. A very great technical fighter, Vernon was great jab, but Ricardo Mayorga was just so wild. It was hard to predict, and it's hard. And mo- a lot of like fifty percent of defense is just prediction. What do you think the guy's gonna do? Yeah, and if you can't predict, setting the traps is also predictions. Like that setting yeah. traps, you're yeah. predicting that this person's gonna fall into it, and then you're gonna be able to throw your punch. It's like like we talk about boxing all the time, being a chess game. If, if someone comes at it, that's like the not the norm. They don't fit the norm. It's hard to to guess what they're gonna fucking do. So there are some punches they're gonna get caught with because it's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't expect you to come out of left fucking field and, with uh, this. And what he what happened to him is he Superboy is he just. He couldn't sit there and focus and be like, okay, how do I start? He couldn't make an adjustment. That was his problem. He got overwhelmed. And, yeah, but he's young, and I think I think he will be able to overcome it's that. Definitely great he's going to come out way more explosive. And I do think uh, Superboy is going to be a future champion next sure. year. This year, right here, you can even but, say that. Like this year might have been some, might have been the worst year for some and the best year for some. But you don't know. Next year, it's always something different. Boom, baby. Boom. Fighter of the year. Fighter of the year. I want I want you to have one for boxing. Oh, I definitely got because okay. um, of course uh, I have two main ones. I thought that Kovalev or Ward were going to be in this, but that fight was so close and just kind of so I can't nominate either one of those guys based off of that. Oh, uh, I gotta nominate Joe Smith Jr. because he beat Andrew Fonfara and Bernard Hopkins, both knockouts. Fonfara in the first round, a guy who like was one of the best heavyweights in the world. And it was an upset. And then the dude went to his job, literally three days <laughs> later. On a construction site. Uh, and so, yeah. Well, what do you need? Do you need a fucking? Uh, you need a ratchet? And a, okay, that's fine. Let me grab my belt first. Um, that's <laughs> this was before that. that. This was before that. Wow, this was like, before that. Like he was a nobody. And they're like, okay, we're gonna have you fight Andre Fonfara, who just destroyed Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. So we're gonna have you fight him, so so that he can look good, and maybe he can get a fight against Hopkins. Nope, Smith uh, upset him. It was a brutal first-round knockout, and then he fought Hopkins and did what we talked about a minute ago. So I think he needs to be nominated. Um, and I, as as dumb as this sounds, I'm coming at it from the fan base of uh, all combat sports. 
my fighter of the year is going to be Ali because he passed this year. Because I think all fighters in the division, whether it's UFC or whether it is boxing, <laughs> I want to do Lomachenko. No, 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 no. I want to do Lomachenko. I fucking Here's love the Lomachenko. Thing, I, I don't like anything but the, the postpartum kind of thing, like the the whole like. Where do you go? Where died. do you go? For I don't. That? I don't like because that's the thing. If you start doing that, that's the Academy Awards type. Oh, thing. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like you give it to somebody who doesn't deserve like, it. Oh, we kind of like even like oh no. It's just okay, so my bad. I'm, I'm talking 1978 best. Uh, so I'm gonna go yeah with him there. Yeah. But this year, <laughs> Lomachenko, that's my favorite fighter this year. That's the fighter I've been mo- most interested in. As in, once I discovered, once I was told about Lomachenko, and once someone, like, I got to see clips, I actually went back and started watching his fights. I didn't just, like, oh, he looks cool. I actually spent time on my own and went back and watched his fights. That's how exciting it was for me, and I am someone who doesn't watch combat sports at all. I actually took time, and he came up, I'm like, dude, did this fight, you see the, you see the knockout, you see the third round, this and that. I was excited to talk about it because it was something that I'm not used to. I'm not used to watching uh, combat sports, and yet I went out of my way without somebody telling me to. Went out of my way to, like, this is someone I actually want to and see perform. His actual, uh, and, like, in the ring. What he what actually I mean? did, of course, was he... For, like we talked, like one of the candidates for uh, knockout of the year was his just destruction of Rocky Martinez, who was a top ten fighter at least in that division. And then you had his most recent fight against fucking uh, Axeman Walters, who was like this seen as this beast, this fucking monster, who was undefeated, who had just great power well, and, and strength. The history that you told us of the no moss fight, like yeah, that, and he that and, right and there. Lomachenko, remember, we were like, "Whoa, that's a history." Lomachenko was, out was so <laughs> superior that he broke him mentally. He literally he broke his yeah, mind, he broke his and he was like, yeah, I'm, "I'm just gonna give up." I didn't even take a beat. He, he, he literally gave up. Like that's that's so crazy. And I, and I was going to give it to Lomachenko. I specifically came with this category with two because I knew I was gonna have one for boxing because I felt like it was an injustice. To well, this is the year. Well, this. You both learned. Well, you both well, learned know, so much this past year. It's great. Justin's like, I'm sitting here expecting him to have one for me, and I'm not going to have one for him. No, mine's all day Chocolatito. Because Chocolatito <laughs> kept, he kept pushing it. He would raise up to, he'd, he'd, maybe it's only two or three pounds that he's going up, but he would go up. And then he's going up. He's going now. This all wasn't within this year, but I just felt that Chocolatito's work overall for me what he has done and what he is continuing to do and he's at his max right now and if he goes up one more time and wins like god damn how can he not be considered one of the pound for pound greatest greatest all because of the weight all because of the weight gain of like if he's gonna jump this many divisions uh, of like weight like weight specifically you gotta give it to a guy that's like nah fuck that I don't care like I'll jump weight and dominate this division. It's like, dude, that's someone who you definitely have to at least get, shine the light and on. The you can't just leave that out to the fucking... Dominating. He's, he's getting competitive matches in some of these matches. But, no, he's, willing but, he's, willing but he's willing to jump. But he's willing to jump. That's yeah, a yeah, strong uh, fucking yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. This year, uh, Chocolatito fought uh, Arroyo McWilliams first, and uh, that was def- one of the many defenses of his belt. And beat him, but he went the distance, but he still beat him pretty one-sidedly. He he jumped up in weight to his fourth fucking weight class, and that's when he took on uh, Cesar Cuadras. Or Julio Cuadras. That's the one that I watched. Yeah, Carlos Cuadras. (laughs) Carlos Cuadras. And uh, that was a fun fight. That was a very entertaining fight. It was the toughest fight of uh, Chocolatito's career. And it was an undefeated, one of the best fighters in the division, like number two. And... It was a great fight, and he beat him. And all we're so, looking at is is that next contender in the same weight class right now. We're looking at the next one. Yeah, he's, I can't remember um, his name. He's fighting. Uh, it's hard. To, it's a Japanese fighter. 
Naoye Inouye. Yeah, that's what Inouye. It's so hard to say his name. Uh, I think Jim Lampley can kind of do it. Most <laughs> of us can't. But uh, I, I think that at, this, at the same time, like we said a minute ago, Michael Bisping is in this fucking conversation. He is. Beat Anderson fucking Silva. Michael Bisping was my fighter of the year. He was. Until what? What just happened? Against Wait, who? Silva? Come on, what just happened? No, catch up. Come on. What just happened? What event just happened? Who was on that card? What do you mean? You 207. About He's talking about 207. Okay, so Michael Bisping was my pick because oh, because Michael of Bisping I thought, I thought, that he was doing. We're talking about Silva. And then what happened just this past couple weekends over here? Cody Garbrandt not mm. only beat, but he outclassed Cruz. Someone who was supposed to be a ghost. Someone who you were not supposed to be able to hit. Someone who gets into your head. Someone who plays mind games with you, gets you in the ring, and then starts talking shit to you. So then you're going to throw all these strikes, and you're going to get all crazy. And he's going to say, calm, composured, and hit you with the straight. And dip out. Hit you with the nice. One, two, ghost. dip out. Looked at as and a ghost. be that ghost. And what happened? Cody he got Garbrandt. straight stomped out by Cody Garbrandt. Now... Let's go back. Where was Cody in January of 2016? Unranked, unheard of, and unknown. You literally did not know who Cody... You would have to try to Google like, oh, that fun. guy with tattoos? And he still wouldn't come up. What about that guy with the neck tattoo? Still wouldn't... But short guy, 135, tattoos. Still wouldn't come up. And then what happened? He beat... He beat a 15 contender. He beat... Within the top 15, he beat this. I can't remember his exact name. Boom. Knocked him out. First round. Then he came Holy up. Shit. Beat number seven. Knocked him out. And now he's being talked First about. Round. Now he's in the conversation. And then he beat another fucking guy. I can't remember if he beat four guys, three guys this year, and then he got... But I think he beat two guys that didn't have... That were both in the top 10. He beat Mizugaki, who was top five. And then he beat another guy who was something... But then what he did was he used that leverage. And I feel like this is why I'm I'm he is my fighter of the year, is because not only was he doing what is necessary inside the ring, is he did what's necessary outside the ring. And the only reason I'm not giving it to Connor is because Connor was already coming into 2016 ranked. Connor was like number two. Is it uh, Garbrandt had four fights this year? The first one was against Augusto Mendez. Thank you. Second was Thomas Almeida. Top and then 15. Take at Mizugaki. Top 15. All leading up to Dominic Cruz. And he didn't just beat Dominic Cruz. He didn't knock the way, Dominic all Cruz th- out. Those first three fights were all first round knockouts. Bam. Holy shit. How is he not now? How is he not in the conversation? That's no, no, no. Mizugaki. He is. Like, that's he he better be in the conversation. Check it, Check it out. Someone who came from. Listen. Who wasn't known prior to 2015. Listen, listen. Or, that's, or 2016. Listen. That's crazy. Mizugaki. This is the best fighter on that list before Cruz. He knocked him out in 48 seconds. 48 seconds. Damn. That's some Amanda Nunez shit right there. You know what I'm saying? And see, that's who it's against. <laughs> it's either him or Amanda Nunez. But the only... Well, you got to give it to him Nunes for someone who... Nunez did destroy Misha Tate before she destroyed um, Ronda. But you could also argue that they were a little shopworn. Both of them. And she also lost to Kat 
like in I want to say that was not this year. August of 2015. That was so it was like I I was a couple. Doesn't count. Can't count that. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. You saw the other fighter. For him to not be known prior to 2016, not known. Nobody even for him to knock out for him to knock out no names. Three of them. He went from first unranked. Round, he first from round knockout, unranked. Yeah, unra- unranked, to, unranked. To be able to knock out three people who were ranked. ranked, who were ranked in the first fucking round, and this then he should be talked goat. about. He beat the goat of your 135 division. Dominic Cruz is the goat. You have Dominic Cruz and then Uriah Faber. Those are the two of the best 135ers that have ever fucking lived. Uriah right Faber, there. Sacramento, motherfucker. And Cody went up and he not only beat. He not only beat Cruz, but he out-cruised Cruz. He did push-ups during the match. It was the second round, I think, when when Dominic Cruz went in for like a 1-2-3 combo. Missed every single one because Cody has boxing fundamentals. And he sat in the middle of the fucking ring and made Cruz come to him. What does Cruz do best? He pushes the pace and he makes you back up. And as you're backing up, he's going to throw a fucking kick to your head. Or he's going to throw this unpredicted strike. setting the strike. pace for his fight. And Cruises. then you can't counter him because he's constantly pushing. What did Dom... Cody said, no, you're not going to push me. I'm going to sit in the middle of the fucking octagon, and you're going to box me. And Cruz couldn't box it him. It was brilliant because, like like Chris was saying, that Cruz loved to talk shit. He gets you mad. And as soon as you're mad, you're not thinking you're not right. Thinking at all, you want to knock him the fuck out. That's what TJ Dillashaw, a terrific fighter, kept fucking up on. He kept trying. He kept headhunting. The entire time he fought Cruz, he was headhunting, headhunting, headhunting. He wasn't going for the chest. He wasn't going for the solar plex. Body, nothing. He got a little too upset. And he does that so well. And Cruz... Doesn't stop moving. He always he has an awkward movement, so it's hard to predict. It's another element to his game. He throws these weird winging wild punches. They don't see the he's angles are throwing from. a he's right so, hook at you as his head's leaving. The, like yeah. it's he's so, so he's so unpredictable and he's so hard to hit and he just frustrates you on top of the shit talking. So it's so hard to get. It's so hard to well, make it out on top of also being you're defensive. Fighting, no matter what happens, you're fighting his fight every time. That's why he has such a great run. He's in he control so of it. But, exactly. here's, but here's what Cody did after those sensational three, those sensational other wins this year. He takes this motherfucker on. He doesn't. He's like, I'm used to fucking head game. This motherfucker. I'm not falling for that. I'm gonna make you fall for mine. I'm gonna talk shit back. I'm gonna try and get in your head. And during the fight, he never stopped shit talking. Never. He never stopped taunting. He was frustrating Dominic Dude, Cruz, he and he wouldn't. Fu- and listen. He wouldn't fall <laughs> during he, the fight. He didn't. Dude. He didn't chase after Cruz. He cut off the octagon. He got cut something. The ring off. No one else was able to do that against Cruz. They just followed him around the octagon. They didn't cut it off. Something like like we talked about. He. This is a guy who grew up boxing. He has great. He shows some of the best fundamentals I've ever seen in an octagon, like striking wise. I mean. He had great hooks. He had great head movement. That head movement was sublime. Dude, he, he made every time it, he was able to predict all of every punch that Cruz threw, and he got underneath it and came back and was able to counter. He dropped Cruz several times, which is what gave him the big edge in the fight. And the last round, he was able to just take it off and goof around. He, he still won. Goof around. He said he was dancing. He's getting it. Uh, yeah, he made uh, yeah twenties head the head movement. He made Cruz miss with a couple of shots. Then he started breakdancing to brag about it. It was sensational. Dude. So I've been and that's also mentally upsetting to to oh, Cruz, course, who's course, someone who's been dominating the fight and someone who's pacing, controlling the pace. He almost dis- pulled the walls. Dictating the pace. <laughs> He's someone who's, who's deciding the pace. No, you're gonna follow my fucking dance. 
And yeah, and so what I got. He's say, dancing around him. It's like yeah, of course. Cruz is being like Cruz is like, what the fuck's going on here? Why are you dancing? I'm leading. It's my right foot first. Yeah, my it's my right foot first. I'm supposed to be messing with you. And yeah, Cruz is getting fucking dominated by someone who shouldn't be dominating because he's an under. He's an under. He was, at least that's what you thought. That's what he, was like, he was like ranked eighth by the time he got yeah. that fight too. Damn. And he just jumped, and everyone was talking shit to Cruz, saying, "Oh, you fight number eight? Oh, You're wow. fighting a tomato can? Yeah, yeah." It's like this motherfucker just destroyed a bunch of guys earlier this year. You forgot that unexpected tomato cans. I forgot what I was gonna say. But I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you on fighter of the year. I'm gonna give the stamp to Cody Garbrandt. Four fights, four sensational victories, three of them by first round knockout, and then an outclassing of a guy who's supposed to be the guy who outclasses people through the. Di- he gets points and he outclasses you. And Cody just reversed that. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. 2016 was the year that I realized that boxing is still as legitimate, if not more legitimate than jiu-jitsu. You cannot start to work your jiu-jitsu if you cannot clinch them. It's, they go hand if in they hand. Have they a, go hand in hand. Ah, they don't, though. Look at, look at, look at, look at. Ronda Rousey, great at the clinch. Amanda Nunes, not great at the clinch. Great at striking. And then what happened within that fight? Oh, so you're giving examples of somebody whose stand-up game, whose stand-up game dominated So what I w- What game. I realized this year was boxing is... Such a big element to MMA that guys are starting to sleep on the entire boxing element of it, and they're starting to trying to do the whole jujitsu thing. Oh, I'll just be a black belt. It's an element worth not ignoring because that's the problem is people think that with MMA, mixed martial arts, no, no, no. You take down, you wrestle them down, you get them into these clenches everything. They ignore the fact that stand-up game is just as important, if not it's more so, like you're it's giving the, it's, always, it's always the first, every fight begins with you guys on your feet. Every fucking fight, every street fight and every MMA cage fight. And here's the thing. It's like, like what Chris is saying. There has been so many examples this year alone of where the superior striker never let it get to the ground. They used movement. They used their footwork. Something that's drilled into your fucking head in the boxing gym. Keep your distance. Make it your distance. Keep it your fight. Amanda Nunes did this beautifully this year. Uh, fucking Conor McGregor did it beautifully this year. The reason why Nate Diaz was able to get Conor on the ground and choke him was out because was of striking. because of his superior strike striking in that second round. He was able to take your shots and give better, and Conor didn't know how to cover up, and Nate did, and he was able to get that fight. Also, of course, then Conor's incredible comeback with that dominating performance against Eddie Alvarez. So- I mean, Connors, also, so it, also, remember, 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 striking remember, let's not important. forget last year. I know it doesn't count for this, but last year, Ronda Rousey, the sensation, undefeated, 12-0. and Everyone's like, oh, my God, he, she's like the greatest female fighter of all time. And then Holly Holm, who was like 37-3 and in the boxing ring and got ended up retiring because she was gotten a little too old for the boxing ring, decided to come into kickboxing a little bit, had three fights, then went to MMA, and absolutely decimated Ronda Rousey. With pure stand-up game, that kick happened at the end. Everything oh my before God. that was that kick is counter left hands and movement. Dude, was that left foot? Keeping distance, she but never let stand up. It's it's all stand up. It's all stand up. So what? Don't my sleep entire on the stand up. All we're saying is don't sleep on the stand up. That was my entire argument. That don't boxing sleep on is such a big indicator of an MMA fighter that if they are not really. Aware, up to aware of like their listen. There's more than just the takedown game. That's exactly why I'm not doing it, dude. But <laughs> let, let's not get this shit wrong. I am, I am somewhat athletic. I, I'm not fat. I'm not too lazy. I could, I could essentially get into the game. I've always known you as a street fighter. I don't know striking. I've always known you as a street fighter. Whenever I like, I've talked about this. I would have a better 
chance just because yeah i know a little bit more of the ground game but he's gonna learn that he had he has years of experience on me in striking that's why i'm so afraid to take every time that me and Addy are goofing around he hits me now he doesn't hit me hard but he just lets it know i'm like hey hey try to do that i'm gonna get you with that try to do that i'm gonna watch I'm gonna get you yeah. with that and that's when I first realized, like, holy shit, like, taking this dude down isn't... And then, all year, that same replay was happening in my fucking brain. You've watched Everybody the strikers. that it's so hard to take... Oh, oh, they're just a boxer. Just take them down. It's so easy. Uh, <laughs> boxers are really great at keeping their distance. So if you're actually going to fight against a legit person who's trained boxing, they're not just going to let you get inside of them, you know? So... Because but, it, especially it's if it's the same as it's the same house, like people like those weird self defense classes that like Joe Rogan and uh, Boss Root were making fun of. Talks about oh, I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll hit you right here in the collar. <laughs> <and I'll, laughs> That's my purse. I don't know you. What? It's like I'm not gonna let you do that. Yeah. I'm trained too, dude. So like, we got we got Cody Garbrandt as Cody Garbrandt. No, Cody Garbrandt. Though, can we get him as? Is that what we're gonna go to for fighter, fighter of the year? year? Cody Garbrandt, fighter of the year, stamp of approval from the alcoholic ass Badoosh, Bagoosh, bagoosh. That's it. That's what we got. Yeah, that's that it. was fun. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Don't mean anybody ain't gonna open on my brain library. Library, oh, come with me to be body ain't gonna open on my brain library. Library, Chris, I saw me. Alright, next year we gotta make it a point to do best library suggestions. <laughs> oh, stupid. <laughs> best book suggestion. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's not gonna be a good one. Uh, so, don't be a hater. God damn. I hope they start hair in hell. You're so self-deprecating. <laughs> it's retarded. I know. Uh, so my book this year is gonna be I Am Not a Serial Killer. <laughs> you motherfucker. Uh, and uh, it's, was that the one that's on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they just made it into a Netflix uh, in, independent film. And, and did you actually read the book? No, it's by Dan Wells. The book I have not read yet, but I watched the first movie and I bought the books. I just bought them as soon as I saw. I watched but the. This is your book suggestion. This isn't your movie suggestion, you motherfucker. That's no, a book suggestion. This I'm is not trying suggestion. to call you out. I'm no, no, just no, simply no. saying. Oh, this is a book suggestion. I mean, I've I've suggested. But you didn't, you just said you didn't read the book. I've suggested books in the past that I haven't read. Well, then you're a piece of shit. I can still suggest books that I haven't read, right? That's like us suggesting movies we haven't watched. No, it's a different thing. Is it? It is. Like, reading reviews, I mean, like, like I... If, if it's the same, if it's an author that I love, like, for Clive Barker, I will suggest every Clive Barker book that there is. I'll suggest every Stephen so then King. Why that are makes sense. I'm suggesting this book because it's not an author. Well, I'm suggesting this book because the movie was so fucking good. And every okay. when I posted about the movie, that's why I'm asking everyone that. that's on the, the true crime podcast that I follow on, on Facebook are like, holy shit, you got to read the book. So it's why even not, better. So why not read it with Stevie at the same time? You guys wouldn't want to do that. Um, I'm talking to the audience. Yeah, Jeez. so that, why don't we do that? Uh, so the, the book, like I said, is I Am Not a Serial Killer. Does it have pictures in it? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> so the... the uh, it's got some lyrics, you know, beats behind it. It's Batman in it. I'm just fucking with you, go ahead. <laughs> so the description of the movie is, uh, John Wayne Cleaver, which is the kid's name in the movie, um, is dangerous, and he knows it. John Wayne oh, Cleaver. Cleaver, Cleaver. Cleaver Beaver. He spent his life doing... nail right <laughs> on the fucking head. He spent his life doing his best not to live up to his potential. He's obsessed with serial killers, but really doesn't want to become one. So for his own sake and the safety of those <laughs> around him, he lives by the rigid rules he has written for himself. 
practicing normal life as if it were a private religion that could save him from damnation. This kid is, he's a sociopath and basically falls in the same category of every other serial killer, but he's decided his mom actually runs a, um, um, she's, she works in an, as an autop, what is it? She works for autopsies. Like she does, she does an autopsy on all the called. bodies. I can't remember the exact name of the coroner. Maybe, oh, maybe that sounds right. I think that is it. She works in we corner a office. We girl who chops the dead in the chunks, actually. <laughs> um, she works in a corner office, and her son does as well, but her son's a sociopath, so she's trying her best to not only be a corner, but to also make sure her son turns out to be a normal fucking person. Yeah, good. Yeah. But you his son, the dead body job. Yeah, yeah. yeah his, her son is interested no, at the same it. time. Take your son to work day. Look, son. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, Wait, hold on, hold on, just hold on. sawing a leg uh, off. Okay. But at the same time, her son don't be a serial killer. Her son is so self-aware. Death. Watch out! Pick up those eyes. No, you you're only growing up with death. Don't be fascinated by death. That's the only way. What if you taught them? Okay, I, I'm sorry. Well, that's what I'm you sorry, love about. It. Well, no, that's what you love about the movie in the in the book is the son is self-aware. He realizes he has he has a fucking um. So wait, does he know that his mom's killing people? No, his mom isn't killing she's people. She doesn't kill people. She just messes with dead bodies that are already dead. She she's an, she does the autopsy on him. She's corner. Now he realizes that he has he suffers from sociopathy, which he's a sociopath, and he doesn't really have emotion towards anybody around him, and he can possibly be the next. But he killer. knows that's wrong. He knows that's wrong. And he's he's self aware. What, Paradox. dude? <laughs> so he has this he has this self-aware realization moment of like, because there's murders happening in his town. There's These murders have been going on forever. There's a serial killer in his town. I'm a sociopath. That means I have no feelings, but I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> so he decides, to, like he decides as through, like through his obsession, through his obsession with serial killers and through his obsession with true crime and, and everything that is serial killers and these these terms, these psychosis terms that are pinpointed towards people that are harmful in society, he decides, fuck it, I'm going to try to find out who is murdering people in my hometown. Because if, if when you think about it, the one Dexter. kid, the one kid that is being murdered, or the one kid that is dealing with dead bodies and stuff, that's obsessed with this sort of thing, wouldn't he be blamed for it? Yeah. Exactly. It's a small town. So he decides... Fuck well, it. Get like I'm gonna try together. to cause. So he was like, he was like, the only thing that could beat a serial killer is another serial. killer. Exactly. Well, only if it's a group. Of Five serial killers. Serial killers. Serial killers. <laughs> that makes sense. But a that's group. a new Mortal Kombat. Serial killers. So um, he's he's obsessed with serial killers, but he really doesn't want to become one. That's the whole idea behind it. So dead bodies are normal to John. He likes them, actually. Um, they don't demand or expect the empathy he's unable to offer. Perhaps that's what gives him the objectivity to recognize there's something different about the body the police have just found behind the wash and dry laundromat. And to appreciate what that difference means. Now, for the first time, John has to confront a danger outside himself, a threat he can't control, a menace to everything and everyone he would love. If only he could. Dan Welsh's debut novel, which it, this is this guy's debut novel, which I can't fucking tell you how awesome that is. So Dan Wells' debut novel, I Am Not a Serial Killer, it is a trilogy um, and is the number one in the first book, it's the first book in the trilogy, so I highly suggest it. 
And we thank you all. This has uh, been a great uh, welcome back. I've had blast. This is fucking fun. Three weeks we've waited, and yet we're back. We're back to giving you another year. It's been one year since we did the podcast almost. Um, a couple more days, actually, and it'll be one year because it's, uh, the 12th is actually the first day that we recorded. I think it should be the anniversary is the first day we posted because that's when we started getting listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that should be like, okay, we'll see. So, yeah, the anniversary of the alcoholic acid is January 27th. Not just the first day we recorded. Okay. So we're, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're, we're hyping that up. But um, I miss you guys. It's We haven't had us three back together, like back, back together. With the mics recording and everything, it's been a, been a little bit of a, some time. We've been a little bit... Uh, Chris has moved. Distance. I mean, you've been moved. You moved yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I moved. Know I mean? And then my girlfriend. Woohoo. Shower. Such a loser. And you think I'm a loser, but I'm actually <laughs> really, really happy. And no, the apartment's amazing. Secretly... And he wants to love me, but he, he can't <laughs> because I'm in a relationship. No, <laughs> see, the best part, like, what I really love about Rhea is What I really love about Rhea is she doesn't just, you know, pack up random people's bathroom stuff. Like, that's, what, that's what really bothers me. Like, that's, that shit bothers me. Uh, Hell with that. They don't know what you're talking about. Like, like, bitch, don't they don't know what you're talking about. Bitch, don't be packing up my bathroom. You end the first podcast of the year punching nothing. Seriously, what? <laughs> you don't fucking pack on my bathroom. It's all I know. <laughs> Listen, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, that, oh, that, that's my shaver. No, move that over and uh, don't pack up my cocaine. <laughs>